0: This is the Joy of Gaming. Welcome to the Joy of Gaming Podcast, episode 56. I'm Rich Lapore, and I am here with...
1: Jordan Alseca.
0: Kelsey Lair. And we are back and talking about games, and very happy to be doing so. And we actually are back with a theme as well this time. Jordan, you want to fill people in on what the theme is of this episode.
1: So we're going to take a look at something that's become more and more commonplace in gaming recently, which is uh, gaming remasters. Uh, whether it be you know a last generation title making the jump to the current gen, or... Some ancient game from early 2000s getting a fresh coat of paint and slapped onto steam. There's a whole bunch of different types of remasters. It seems like there are almost as many of those coming out as there are big uh, titles that we get excited about. And sometimes it's just exciting to revisit the past. We like doing that a lot. Uh, we're in we're a nostalgic bunch. So we're just gonna look at some of the remasters. What makes a good one? What's the difference between just you know a, a where is where's the line between remaster and full-on remake? What are some of our favorites, our least favorites, uh, what games we'd like to see remastered. Just sort of a general discussion for the most part. And uh, yeah, we haven't had a theme in a while. We've mainly, because of the uh, distances between episodes uh, for the gaming... (laughs) It's been a lot of what have we been playing because we've been we've had we've had good episodes. We've talked about a lot of the big titles.
0: Yeah, uh, I, I think our last episode where we really covered you know the Doom and the Rise of the Tomb Raider and you know it's sort of in in a, in a lot of ways we covered some great ground there. Um, but we, I definitely have been playing a lot since then for us to discuss as well. I know you guys have too.
2: Oh yeah.
1: Oh yeah. Definitely. It's summertime. What what else are you gonna do but play summertime video games?
0: <laughs> playing video games? I wish I hadn't done that. Can I? Can I? My regret is already kicked in. That was quick. Um. Anyway. So. Uh, I, would, uh, I would like to say that we will be discussing uh, news first, um, I guess, right? And uh, there isn't too much, but there is one huge story I'm so excited to talk about. I'll give you a hint. It starts with an N and ends with an X. Um, and uh, so we're going to be talking about there's a huge new NX rumor, um, and it's corroborated by a lot of data and a lot of sources. So I'm thinking it's probably true, but uh, of course, it's just a rumor and speculation at this point. We'll go into, launch into that in just a second. We're also going to be talking about the games we've been playing, um, and we'll probably go around round-robin style like we have in the past and, and just uh, touch on everything, or as much of everything as we can. I'm sure we'll each have a couple games we want to focus on more. Uh, and then we'll kick into our theme. Does that sound good, guys? Sounds fun yeah, to me. Okay, awesome. And by the way, just to let everybody know, um, we are trying out recording on Skype here. So if it sounds a little different than our previous podcast, that is why. But logistically, we want to try to make sure that we get you episodes every two weeks, which is how the Joy of Gaming was originally designed to be and how we want it to be going forward.
1: And, and you know, we know that there we obviously had a lot of content,
0: but there's probably a lot of listeners out there who, for
1: three years, this was the Joy of Gaming, and now we've moved to the Joy of Geek as a larger brand. But we do want to try and get back to doing the gaming episodes more frequently. Uh, it's uh, But but we really enjoy doing the TV, film, comics with uh, Kevin Schaefer, who hosts, helps us host all of that. Kelsey I- is not local, which means we should have gotten on doing Skype a while ago. But hopefully now we can get a setup that will allow us to do this. And anytime she's in town, we'll of course record in person because it's just... Uh, it's more fun that way.
0: Oh, totally. It, of course it is. Of course it is. And being able to see each other and, and really, uh, you know, vibe better. I think uh, oftentimes you get a different dynamic. Skype podcast can also be really good, too. So uh, here's to uh, here's to this episode. And let's start with the news, uh, Jordan. Why don't you kick us off with, I know you said there's like maybe a couple stories before I launch into the NX.
1: Yeah, there's a little something, I think, for uh, everyone who's, who's excited about different things. I wanted to bring this up really briefly. Did talk about it in our SDCC show, but in case... Uh, anyone hasn't listened to that yet, though you should, because it covers pretty much every topic you could want from the Joy of Geek. But Sonic Mania and Project Sonic 2017 were announced at uh, SDCC this year. Um Well, really at a party celebrating the 25th anniversary of Sonic. But basically what these are, the first is Sonic Mania, which is a... Basically, let's take the Genesis style of Sonic and really make it look like the Genesis style of Sonic. Uh Full 3D, or uh, full sprite graphics... Um, A little updated, a little more modern looking, but with recreations of classic levels alongside new levels. Got a bunch of uh, top-tier retro developers working on it. An amazing soundtrack just from that uh, first trailer that we got. And it's just sort of a celebration of what Sonic used to be, what people still remember most fondly about Sonic, with a couple of new tricks. And, uh, yeah, the other was Sonic Project 2017. Just a cinematic trailer for that. That's going to be coming out towards the end of next year. But it
0: seems like you're pretty darn sure that that's Generations 2.
1: Yeah, the trailer features modern Sonic, and at one point in it, he gets saved by classic Sonic (laughs) showing back up.
0: Because, you know, it's kind of a metaphor for how the series needs to go back to its roots to be saved, right?
1: I disagree with that, but yeah, a lot of people have written off modern Sonic, and in fairness, there have been, like, two good 3D Sonic games in the past 15 years, one of which was... Sonic Generation. So I can't entirely blame them on that. But both of these games look great. Uh, I know I'm the biggest Sonic fan here. Uh, and Kelsey, we didn't get to, ha- you weren't on the SDCC episode. Did you have a chance to see anything about these? I know you're not the biggest Sonic fan, but...
3: Um, I saw a little bit of it. Um, I know. Well, I, I when I saw it, I was like, "Oh, well, Jordan's gonna be definitely really excited about this." <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> but uh, it's definitely interesting. It'd be it's be really cool to see Sonic go back to its old roots. I've always wanted to be more of a Sonic player and play Sonic, but it's just it never. I, I didn't know was Psychogenesis, and so I just never really got in on it. But I think it'd be pretty cool to to see it the new life breathed into this. Um. We'll stand by. You know
0: where I played the most Sonic? I don't think we ever discussed this, or maybe we did way, way back, years and years ago on, like, a Sonic episode. I think we did have one of those. We did, yeah. I played most of my Sonic on Game Gear. (laughs) I am serious. Like, Sonic 1, 2, and 3, the Game Gear versions, were, like, my jam. And I guess it it really does. And even to this day, some of the better Sonics have been, better modern Sonics, have been sort of the 2D throwback-y ones on DS. Um, so, you know, it really does, like, what Sonic Rush was beloved. Yeah, um, yeah. There's been a couple others, too. I, I think the Generations DS title was not hated, at least.
1: No, it's, um, it, they tend to be 2D titles, and they're they're pretty well loved. Um, what's interesting to me about this one is how they're really full, like, with Sonic Mania, they're full-on going, yeah, let's make it a Genesis game, because there have been attempts, and obviously the DS ones are good, um, and the Game Boy Advance ones were solid as well, but they've always kind of updated it, and you know... They they've never quite captured the the special sauce. It's interesting because I they recently for the twenty fifth anniversary they made Sonic Four episodes one and two available backwards compatible. So I re downloaded actually just today. Um, this is a game we could talk about and what we've been playing. I don't have a lot to say on it. I re downloaded Sonic the Hedgehog Four Episode One and uh, it hasn't aged gracefully. I'll say that. It, what uh,
0: happened? How does that game not age gracefully? It's just a two D Sonic game. It like, is. What happened?
1: I don't know, the controls, like, I liked him at the time, and I remember people hating on them, and maybe it's I was just so excited for a new 2D Sonic, but...
0: Or, also, or maybe you just couldn't fathom how you could fuck that up.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I was playing it, and it was fine, but it it's a little jagged, a little janky in, in how suddenly he stops, and uh, it has the homing attack in there, which is a little weird. I, I don't know why it hasn't, it hasn't, It's it's... It's strange to say, because I remember loving that game when it came out. I have a review of it that I wrote for the school paper that <laughs> talks about how much I liked it. Um, and I, it is still a good game. I don't want to say it's a train wreck, but I, I see more of why people were critical of it. So that's, going,
0: That's unfortunate.
1: So, so instead of having a half measure, I, I like that they're going to go, no, let's make a Genesis-style Sonic game as closely as we can while also having um, some, some new stuff in it.
0: Well, let's let's talk about um, Mega Man, right? I mean, that's that's what comes to mind immediately when I hear this. You know, obviously one of the one of the contemporaries of uh, Sonic, probably its closest contemporary, were the Mario games. Those obviously are a different story because they've you know gone on and evolved so amazingly, so many times. But another one of their of the contemporaries of the Sonic games, obviously, is the Mega Man games. And those a couple of years back got those really great Mega Man Eight and Nine. Is that the name of those? Yeah, uh, Nine and Ten. Nine and Ten. And those games, you know they really did kind of what it looks like this is doing and going back to literally saying, no, 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 no. We are going to limit ourselves to basically a little better, a little more refined and modern, but basically the tool sets that we had to create games back then and make these games. And both of those were absolutely beloved. So it's a formula that can and has worked.
1: Yeah. Uh, So I'm excited for that game. It comes out towards spring of next year. Uh, It looks like they're really putting a lot of work into it to make it good. It was just a cinematic for Project Sonic 2017, which likely... Maybe they won't call it Sonic Generations 2, but it does seem like that's the type of game it'll be. Um, whatever it ends up being called, I'm glad it's coming to... I'm glad they had the they had an exclusivity deal, basically, with uh, Nintendo for a while there, which meant all of the new Sonic games were coming out on the Wii U and the 3DS. So I'm glad that deal is over, and I'm glad they're going back to the Sonic Generations style. It Or... That seems to be the implication. The trailer opens with, from the team that brought you Sonic Colors and Sonic Generations, leaving out every game that's come out in the past five years. That
0: people didn't like as much, but were by the exact same teams. Yeah. Or maybe slightly different members, but, yeah, Sonic Team.
1: Yeah. So, uh, just a quick, uh, not no update there, but if you haven't listened to our SDCC show, which, again, you totally should, uh, wanted to mention it here on Gaming because that was one of the big gaming stories of the past couple of weeks. Uh, the biggest, though, I know for Kelsey happened about what twenty hours ago. So uh, yeah, I was take up us at on two AM. Yeah, you were up
0: late waiting for. This wait, 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 wait,
3: what? wait. What? No, wait, wait,
0: wait, wait, wait. I have a feeling it might have to do with Hearthstone. <laughs>
3: what? What makes you think that?
0: I don't know. I just I just saw something on IGN today, and I was like, oh fuck, that must be it. I just I just put two and two together.
1: I love the the journey your voice took there. It was like, wait, wait, what's this great big story? And then it was like a moment of oh.
0: Yeah. It's
3: like, oh, no, it's Hearthstone. I mean, you know, I mean,
0: look, I mean, I know, like, card games are are all the rage, and I know that it's Blizzard, right? Yeah. I know know that Blizzard doesn't really mess up, you know, and so I know that it's probably a fantastic, phenomenal game, but I don't know. I've been been hanging out with one friend from work, and they have, like, a home camera, uh, which uh, it's like a... It's like a uh, intelligent home it's it's a like a cable security system thing and it can film home. So her boyfriend was at home and like he knows he's being filmed or whatever but it basically you know it, it, about 2 weeks ago he started playing World of Warcraft again. And, like, he had been, like, a lapsed huge addict. And, like, so, and so before that, I saw the Intelligent Home, she'd check in on her dog with it, and then there'd be him, he'd be maybe taking a nap or doing something productive. Now, every time she clicks onto the Intelligent Home camera, you can't even tell it's a live feed because he's that still <laughs> playing it. Like, if you look at his finger, you can just detect that he's clicking the button. I mean, it's it's I mean, you know, it's World of Warcraft, you know, and I just know Hearthstone for me, especially because it's mobile. It, it just it would be like that. Um, anyway, that that aside, uh, let, let's hear let's hear the update.
3: Well, anyways, yeah. So um, <clears throat> there was a big China Joy event that was going on in, well, China. And so it was at 2 a.m. 2 a. here for on the Eastern Seaboard. And I was up and decided to watch it. And it is the um, it was the announcement of the newest Avenger which is called One Night in Karazhan. And I tried very hard to be quiet, but I freaked out because Karazhan was my favorite, not even, is my favorite WoW raid of all time. Even as like when I was a high level character, I would still run it because I basically solo it. So I just want it just for fun. I
0: didn't even how relevant my WoW comment was. Go ahead.
3: Oh yeah. Oh no, no. It, it, Hearthstone,
1: it, it, se- Hearthstone. Hearthstone is set in the world of WoW, right?
0: You. Oh, okay. The
1: world, yeah. It's the world It's, of WoW.
3: it's, it's it's the lore of warcraft they that were so, was so smart to do that the they game.
0: were so smart to do that man just take a huge automatic fan base and just connect them via iv to the latest card battler
3: oh no definitely oh no it was the smartest it's one of the best business decisions that they probably ever made and they've you know have how many great games but an overwatch is a huge success but anyways but it's one night in is the new adventure is adding 45 new cards to the thing and the the coolest part the coolest part is that the actual battles that you take place in in the game are just like the raids or as close to the raids as you can get and I was I was losing my shit Oh
0: did you wake up the whole house?
3: uh, no uh, but I was sitting there and I was just like oh my god like my dog was trying to sleep and he just was staring at me like what are you doing and I'm just like vibrating in my chair (laughs) because he has
0: some sanity about him (laughs)
3: Yeah, he's you know. like it's 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 two a.m. It's nighttime, and I'm just it. like I'm just like no. But when they were pulling it out and like the chess event, isn't it, which is probably like one of the most iconic raids in WoW, where you literally play chess. <laughs> it's literally you play you you take over pawns and the king and everything, and they made it into the game. Oh, and I good. was like, oh no, I can't wait. Um, the uh, prologue. There's a prologue to it, which is free, and it gives you two cards and um the first that's wing cool. will open up on august 11th and if you pre and if you pre-order the all the wings cuz you can you can do that with real money wings yes there's there's multiple they do wings
1: they like they they release it episodically basically
3: yeah it, it's like yes, but it's wings like an
0: episode that's cooler
1: well you fight, yeah you you basically there's usually uh th- four to five uh boss fights in each wing which makes up for around usually 20 or so fights there's going to be
3: 13 fights in this one uh oh you're about it and oh I listen I was like <laughs> I was so excited because they were announcing all the raid bosses it was like these people I'm like oh my god um but anyway I'm gonna try to contain myself but uh cause my dogs will get excited but um it was just it's just amazing. So yeah it's gonna be 13, 13 fights uh and over you're climbing up the Tower of Karazan because Karazan is a tower that Medivh lives in and to get, to get to the top. And it's really cool because unlike most of them where you kind of scroll down, they built it kind of like a tower, the actual like interface. So like you will slowly climb up the tower until you reach the top of the tower. And it tells a story as you go up of the mishap party that went afoul because Medivh goes missing uh, and uh. all of his magic goes haywire. But it, it's, it's also like even if you're not a fan of this, like you should look up the trailer because it is one of the cheesiest, most <laughs> just wonderful trailers with like just, just like dis- no 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 it's like disco music is being oh, played wow. and like everyone like has like afros and sequins on and it's what? it was amazing it was amazing well yeah because it's a party what else would you what else would you wear at a party if Her- not sequins?
1: Hearthstone plays up some of the goofier aesthetics. Um, the last adventure was uh, League of Adventurers
3: yeah the league of the league of explorers league of explorers league of
1: explorers yeah and it was essentially just uh an indiana jones pulpy world trot uh emulator and uh, it's actually a really good adventure I, that that was the one i bought uh, i would i kind of want to buy the the one before that black something black, black rock, rock mountain black rock mountain uh i didn't get the previous one cuz the thing hearthstone does now is it's like every every year the cards from more than 2 years ago get removed from standard and so the adventures stop you can you can't buy boosters or adventures from before then anymore. So I was like, I wanted to go with the most recent at the time. But I would like to go to back to Black. Oh, Rock. So,
0: so so that being said, unlike in WoW, I mean, obviously I, I've played you know MMO like games like uh, like Destiny and 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 the Division. But you know in in those games, obviously older content, older raids become sort of irrelevant. But you can still play them. But what you're saying is in Hearthstone, if you miss an adventure and it's more than two years old, you are not playing it.
3: Yeah, you can't play the adventure, but the cards have become... um, You can create them via dust, and so if you do want to play wild, you can still create the cards, so it's not like you're totally missing out on these cards. Yeah, but the adventure is
0: the
1: point, isn't it?
3: The adventure, I mean... Yes and no, because the I, event, the old adventures aren't really that great, like if uh, I'm being 100% honest. Okay. Like, That's, the yeah, I've adventures... heard
1: that, but like in a year, or two, in two years from now, if they remove, you know, the current one, or at least League of Explorers is a really fun adventure, so if if you couldn't play that anymore, it would be kind of a bummer.
3: It, it would be kind of, it, it would be, it, it's all, it, I mean, it's to it's try such to such an you... irrelevant
0: point for Kelsey, who's played it. <laughs> yeah, know? I'm like, ugh,
3: oh, you guys should just play it. Now. Yeah, like, right. How, like, like, how no, does
0: it no, affect but... me, though?
3: I'm like yeah, like listen, what you guys play it now? No, it, but it, it it is. I mean, it's the reward for players who've been there for a long time. But also, it's nice for newer players too because they don't have to shell out this money that they feel like they need these cards because they're not really True. in vogue. I mean, they are. You can play them in um, uh, wild mode, of course. But like, it, it makes standard much more accessible to the newest Hearthstone streamer. So, or not a streamer, but the newest personal player.
0: Well, and also, so. man, you got streaming on the brain too, which I respect yeah. and appreciate. I'm glad we have that perspective here. Um, but but yeah, no, that, I think that I think that does make a whole lot of sense. I just think, and Blizzard makes very smart decisions, and this may be one they make in the future, maybe not, but it seems like they should make those, like, okay, so you're saying there's, like, I'm, I'm, I'm ex- interpolating or whatever the word is from what you said, wild, playing wild probably means playing with all the cards, but it's not a standard. And so, therefore, therefore I'm, I'm guessing that, it would be possible then for them to, like, have it so you could play those old adventures and it would just be like, it just doesn't count, right? Or they could just, like, bring them back. Like, I don't know. Isn't that possible?
3: I would. No, I would think so. I I wish that they would do that.
1: Like, make them, I I think the biggest thing is, you know, people did have to pay for these adventures, so, I mean, you can get all the cards for it. I'd almost say, yeah, after two years, make it free to play, because honestly, at that point, it's not standard.
0: It's not relevant, really.
1: Yeah, if you're if you're playing Hearthstone hardcore enough to be buying the sets, you're probably more buying them for the cards than the adventures themselves, which uh, you know to Kelsey's point is probably true. Uh, but yeah, just just to be able to experience that would be fun.
0: Um, yeah, I think so. I mean, and, and I understand you know how how irrelevant these things can become. I mean, in Destiny, for example, the first two raids uh, you can run them if you would like to. <laughs> Um, but they aren't going to do very much for you, uh, as far as, like, all of the crafting materials you get from them are completely useless at this point, all of the armor is completely outclassed in almost every way. They did some things to rectify that a little bit, making, uh, you know, all armor infusible and and some different weird things like that, but, uh, it's been a while since I've, I've delved into the Destiny, uh, dream slash nightmare. I'm going to be getting back in when, when Rise of Iron comes out later this year, um, but... I totally understand that things become irrelevant, and 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 I understand MMO slash card game MMO issues have to move forward. I get that, you know.
3: Yeah, I mean it sucks, but like I, it, it comes from a place of like a good spot in like the developers because like it was just it's getting to the point where even I who played it a lot like was just getting it got like I I didn't even have the most relevant cards and whatnot, and it wasn't fun to play because I couldn't play the relevant decks, I and see. so. So this was a change issue.
0: that was made at some point for the much better.
3: Oh yeah, it was it was made uh what two months ago? Not even what a whispers month ago? of the old gods? It, yeah, or, it was. Oh yeah, it
0: came with whispers, but yeah,
1: it yeah,
3: came yeah. with whispers. The so what? Two change. months ago. Uh, the yeah. format change occurred. Yeah. Oh okay. So, so oh. yeah, so this this is this is a new thing, but like I said, they're still wild wild, which is. You know, I mean, and I, I don't want to even say that one is lesser than the other. The only reason why there is a hierarchy is because standard is what, like, the professional Hearthstone players play. They play right. in standard mode. So, that's how I mean, real-life
1: like, CCGs operate, too. They have this, like, yeah. retirement of cards structure.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Or at least anyone that wants to have any kind of competitive scene that works. I mean, I don't know what Netrunner is doing, but I do know that, like, every time an expansion would come out for that game, it was like, nope, there's a special combination that basically just dominates and... You know, or it it, or this new card we just released combines with like a card from the very first set and basically is such a brutal combo that nothing else is usable anymore. And when those kind of things happen, you kind of have to retire some shit.
1: Yeah, if if you could play every card from, you know, the past 20 plus years of magic, you, you couldn't get into the game. It would be impenetrable.
0: And not only impenetrable, but there'd be no way to balance it. Really, I mean, there just there'd be no way to do. I'll tell you this: there'd be a way to balance it, but there'd be no way to balance it and continue to put out cool, interesting cards. That's a fact. Yeah. So anyway, it's it's an interesting it's an interesting ecosystem. Uh, the the whole MMO slash Hearthstone, you know, world.
1: But uh, I'm excited for it. I liked the last adventure. Um, and I will probably it,
0: You didn't. You didn't continue it to be like a regular daily player, though.
1: No, I mean, it's it's an ebb and flow type of game, and honestly, I, I think for Hearthstone to stay varied, you need to, to be willing to play more with all of the different uh, classes, and I, I just got really much like, no, I like playing Hunter, but then I kind of stalled where it's like, oh, I'm just playing sort of the same deck every time, and you really have to play a lot, a lot, a lot, and get a lot of cards, um, either through booster packs or breaking down multiples to get dust to make the specific cards you want, you gotta play a lot to stay competitive. Uh, Especially if you don't want to spend money, so I don't know. But I will, I will play this because what I like about adventures is that the changes they make to the game's uh, system. Yeah, you do have to buy it. You have to, you know, spend twenty dollars to get everything. But they are accessible to everyone that way, and so all of the changes every player can mess with. Nice,
0: nice. All right, is that in on Hearthstone? Yes. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Anything else? Uh,
1: one last little thing, Kelsey had mentioned. Uh, we have the Xbox One S coming out soon.
0: Ooh, that is true.
1: The uh, one yeah, terabyte. August
0: twenty third.
1: 23rd. August twenty third. Not not that far at all. Yeah, it's a one terabyte or five hundred gigabyte Xbox One S, and it comes preloaded with Madden Seventeen and the Master Chief Collection.
0: What? Madden Seventeen is preloaded. Apparently. Weird. Okay. Well, yeah,
3: it, it's one of the, it's, it's the bundles that they do. You know how they oh, do there, like the the Assassin's Creed bundle yeah. and stuff like that. So it's oh, bundled okay. with those two games. Interesting. So. Okay. So, you, got, a so bad you get pair, the Xbox I mean. One S and no, I mean it's probably the two most popular titles for just the average gamer.
0: Yeah, I guess I would that's say. true. It's so hard for me to imagine, but I I, I do realize EA Sports does exist. I grudgingly <laughs> accept it, um, and uh, yeah, I'm I'm sure it. I'm sure it's a thing. I just can't. You know, sometimes it's you're so not into something. I guess that's just uh, that's my lack of imagination in that one area. I think, um, but anyway, I'm excited about this console. I'm definitely not going to pick one up yet. I don't have a 4K TV, and that's what it's all about. I mean, it does do a couple other little things. What are the other things it does? I don't
1: uh, even know. I think it's you know faster I mean, processing speed, quicker load times. Uh, no. It's a
0: little slimmer. It's white. Um, it's not that are... much slimmer.
1: I know they call it the S, but I mean, it's a
0: little slimmer. It's maybe an inch, a
1: half it, inch.
3: It's it's smaller too, from what I saw. Like when it was set up against another Xbox, it was a little small. Not even slimmer, but also like smaller. I like don't know. Getting...
1: I've never. I guess I've never found any of these. Like the the only one I've ever been impressed by was the PS2
0: Slim because that thing was tiny.
1: Oh, that
3: thing looked so good, too, compared to the original bulky brick of a PS2.
0: Although I do have a certain uh, affinity for that thing, the original. Oh, but... yeah, if it's where you
1: started.
2: Oh, no, of course. It's like Top. I still
1: have an affinity for my clamshell-looking original 2004 DS. Doesn't mean I want to play games on it anymore,
0: though. Wow. That's a tough... That's... You're... you're yeah. That's... That's... Yeah.
1: Okay. I remember playing well, I... Herb, Sims in the City.
0: Oh launch my week. god, oh my god, that is like, you know how they have that expression, that's a face only a mother could love?
1: <laughs> that, is a, that is a game, yeah. But yeah. isn't that launch week on any system?
0: <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> give... I, w- I was looking at uh, 3DS games today, and I was, because uh, uh, I'm, I'm trying to load up on some 3DS action for a reason I may discuss later, but... Um, the I was looking and it just reminded me of all the launch. I was looking for stuff to play on 3DS and I was looking at the launch titles. Like, well, as I was going through, I saw Steel Diver for like 98 cents and I was like, dude, I paid like 30 dollars for that. Uh, that's how that's how limited the launch titles were. I remember Jordan and I were like really excited for 3DS. I know I was, and and it was like it, it, the idea of that 3D screen. Like, even though it's really a novelty, it's really like it never really. It's not most like I'd say ninety eight percent of people play with the three D off. Three maybe.
1: games have made good use of it, really. If we're being honest, like maybe three.
0: But regardless um, of regardless of that, uh, do you want to mention the three?
1: Well, I don't know the exact, but you know, probably you know the Nintendo made ones primarily. But uh, Sonic or not Sonic, um, uh, uh, Mario, Mario three oh, D Land. Land for sure. That's like the king of them. But then the Zelda 3D remakes have used done it pretty well.
0: Um, oh, and the, oh, I know one that's really good. Uh, Link Between Worlds. Yeah, that, Link
1: Between Worlds. That's the other one. Yeah, that, one Zelda. So, that one
0: killed it. So and and I also hear that uh, uh, Kirby Planet Robot ro- Robobot Robobot is is exceptional, and especially exceptional are the like the 3D backgrounds, which you can still see uh, on the non 3D when you're playing non 3D, but. There, when you have a 3d turn on it's just like supposedly glorious so, yeah let's see um, I actually picked that up recently so i'm excited to see that but um but I was just looking at like steel diver and um um oh 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 you know, this is a blast from the past pilot wings resort <laughs> whatever and I, mean, I was just like oh my god i can't believe how slim the pickings were i mean there was there was, i remember you had the one and it was actually a smart pick at the time because of the launch game it was one of the best uh, samurai or dynasty warriors or samurai warriors samurai
1: warriors yeah
0: that was actually a pretty decent one of the, like, five games. But I remember we were comparing notes. We were talking, like, what launch titles are you going to pick up with your with your 3DS? And, like, we're like, it was just, like, we were trying to get excited about, like, the lamest games. It was great.
1: It's what you do. But I will say, uh, I, I do remember Samurai Warriors. It was a fun game. And uh, that's why I'm a little excited for this next news story. <laughs> Look at this segue.
0: Oh, <laughs> to the one I'm about to bust out?
1: No, I have one more I thought of oh. that's worth mentioning. Uh, right. They announced the... Xbox games with gold for August. Oh
3: my God, no,
1: no, <laughs> no! Not like this. You sound terrified. You sound like horrified. Uh, was Rise finally on the list, Kelsey?
3: I'd be way more excited <laughs> if Rise was on the list. Yeah, you. Do. I'd be way more excited. That's the white whale. On it feels the like at this dude, point, dude.
0: Rise is never going to be on the list. It's nine dollars at the store, Kelsey. It's time to go get it.
3: <laughs> no, no, no! I i, I <laughs> like, won't stand by she this. She knows as soon as she does, it's going
1: to be the free game.
0: You're so right, but, like, at the same time, yeah. I mean, you, you, now you're just doing it to make a point, and I don't blame you, dude. Like, come on. Come on, Cry Tech. Make a deal. <laughs> no, I know. I'm
3: just, I'm just like, it can't. It's like, but anyways, no, I'm not getting into it. But anyways, it's not yeah, like no, they're it's...
0: losing revenue. I'll tell you yeah. that. Because anybody that wants Rise these days will go to GameStop and pay $8. 98 and that's mm-hmm. it. But so, go ahead.
1: The, the games we did get... Uh, 360 ones were ones we've already played, so it wasn't it wasn't so much a matter of being disappointed as it was well, this and uh, there was, and now I'm blanking on those two because this Beyond
3: Good and Evil HD and yeah, Spelunky. I have that
1: already. Yeah, Beyond Good and Evil HD and Spelunky, uh, Spelunky's both
0: baller, but
1: great yeah, I've games. Played, I've yeah, I
0: played both. Yeah,
3: uh, but
1: then on the main systems, Warriors Orochi 3, which is the Dynasty Warriors Samurai Warriors crossover,
0: oh, which that's could gonna be really fun. Yeah,
1: that those games are fun as as you know, um. Empty calorie games as they may be, they're pretty fun when you play them for like 10, 12
0: hours. Just ask former, excuse me, friend of the show, current friend of the show, former co-host Tim McNeil.
1: He loves those games. And I honestly, I always enjoy them more with the reskins, I'll be honest, like Dynasty Warriors Gundam or uh, the fantastic Hyrule Warriors. Right. But what I like about this is it is on a system that will hopefully allow co-op to not be one person mercilessly being forced to shake the Wii Wiimote the whole time. That was just, that's
0: just that's horrendous. Uh-huh.
1: It's
3: calling I, the weak, man. You have to be strong. You'd be strong to play Hyrule Warriors. <laughs> I mean,
0: I've heard of people getting tired just playing um, Twilight Princess with that Wii mode or Skyward Sword. Let alone where every slash in a Dynasty Warriors game is a freaking uh, 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 arm curl.
1: Yeah, but then on top of that, the other one. This was a, this just felt like a bizarre choice. I was actually reminded it of because of the mentioning of Madden. But uh, there's a WWE game coming free. Oh, my
0: God. Please just, like, th- don't even tell me that. Like well,
1: I, that's I mean, what it
3: is.
0: I, I, just, <laughs> I just... I just... You know, wrestling is one of those things. I used to listen to Giant Bomb religiously. Giant Bomb and Jeff Gersman is... You know, along with Sessler, Gersman was, like, one of maybe the top three people that, like, were, were you know, my introducers to games journalism and my passion for, for that. And... or, or, or that, That's maybe not accurate, but I love those guys. Let's put it that way. And, um... They, Gerstmann uh, is, he likes to, everything that I like pl- and two other things, uh, wrestling and hip hop. Uh, and I'm not saying I dislike hip hop. There's some hip hop that I really like. I used to know Warren G's album by heart. I love Dr. Dre and, and Eminem and all that kind of stuff. And and some, someone, some lesser known hip hop as well. I like um, um, Childish Gambino. Sorry, this is not a music podcast, but but no love for the wrestling. No love for the wrestling, and 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 I don't really like hip hop either. I mean, you know, he's like really into like NWA, and you know, really into Wu Tang, and and he's also really into wrestling. And and it's like I, I saw him once after um and talked to him after uh, it was actually at um at Pax um Pax Prime uh two years ago or so in Seattle, and I went up to him and I was like, man, I am like so on the same page with you about everything except wrestling. What's up with that wrestling? And he was just like, man, I, I, you know, it's just one of those things from my childhood. It's kind of like, well, I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to say it's like Power Rangers for you guys. Because you love Power Rangers <laughs> and you would defend we it do, now. Yeah. I get that. But um, it's just one of those things from his past. He says, like, I just still love it. And he goes, but I can totally understand that. So even Garrison gets it.
3: No, well, here's a fun fact. I actually like wrestling. What? So, whoa, whoa, what? Oh, the, yeah.
0: why
1: aren't you fun fact. So more I used to
3: watch... I used to watch Raw and SmackDown all the time. I still sometimes tune into it, and um, The Marker Mark, which is by the Yu-Gi-Oh! abridger Little Kribo, uh, I-, I watch that almost religiously every time it comes out with an episode. So, yeah, and I'm still not excited for this, because I don't need to play wrestling on my Xbox.
1: It could so, be a you hidden know. gem. We don't know. It, it could maybe, like, blow us it away.
0: It isn't, dude. It is <laughs> not. I'm just going to, like, let you know right now. Like, I don't think I've seen a review that said, like, SmackDown versus Raw 2013 is a hidden gem. I, I think if you can find that online... Well, somebody's probably saying it somewhere, but uh, nobody legit. <laughs> anyway, I digress. Okay, uh, any other news?
1: No, What's what, we, one more that uh, you're super excited about and yes. I'm curious about, but we'll, we'll see.
0: All right, here we are. So, um, the uh, last, I'd say, year-plus... People have been talking, 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 and Nintendo's been saying, we have this new system on the horizon. It's called the NX. It is going to be awesome. It's going to be great. We are learning from the mistakes of the past. We learned, We realized the Wii U, we didn't market it right. We realized the Wii U might have been a mistake in other ways. I mean, obviously, Jordan, you know, you, you loved it when you were playing it for a while there, and I'm really loving it, as we'll talk about when we get to what we've been playing. But if you look at the numbers, they bear out the fact that the Wii U was pretty much a massive failure at least commercially yeah um, and so they really need to hit with their next one and they usually have a cycle of like miss hit miss hit so we'll see at least commercially so we'll see if, if this next one is a huge hit I'm really hoping it is but here is what the rumors say and this is borne out now there's been little hints forever little hints came out a couple months or a couple weeks ago it's gonna be a cartridge based system because you know the big limitation that that led us away from cartridges and and you know Nintendo tried to hold on for an extra cartridge gen- an extra console generation if you remember the 64 decided to still go with cartridges for the uh access speed and for other reasons while systems like playstation and and um uh uh sega cd was it yeah uh,
1: sega saturn
0: sega and saturn sega
1: cd was an add-on but yeah the sega yeah, saturn
0: yeah. uh, while well, those systems were going to a, a cd-rom based and systems you know and then finally with the next system the uh the gamecube the the uh Nintendo caught up and, and but they still wouldn't do a freaking full size disc. They were like, no no no, proprietary little discs are the jam, which were also so small <laughs> that they were limited in how much like full motion video they could put on them. The videos were compressed. It, you know, games like Splinter Cell couldn't look right on them. They've always Nintendo been
1: does their own thing. They, they really, always will.
0: They really do. They they do. They always have. But anyway, so um they they uh, finally got ripped, rip it, pulled, rip uh, uh screaming uh out of. The, uh, proprietary, they still, it's still somewhat proprietary, but finally, with the Wii, they have like DVDs. And, and then, and then for the Wii U, it's like a special kind of DVD. I mean, they're crazy. They just, they just insist on being crazy. But, and piracy is also an issue that they, that they cite. But now the big rumor has been, well, finally, um, it's been and one of the one of the real reasons that like developers, for example, wanted CD-ROM, and one of the reasons that Nintendo had a lot of trouble with third parties when they were st- sticking with cartridges was because that uh, cost a lot of money to produce. So developers, not like you know third party developers, and even Nintendo, if they want to put a game out, it costs a lot of money to make a cartridge. That's why those games are you know they stayed expensive for a while, and a lot of developers just stopped supporting Nintendo, a because of the limitations of space, but also the incredible cost. Well, nowadays, finally, the, the the tide has shifted, and cartridge media can be done, uh, you know, pretty effectively. You can have like a 32 gig cartridge. You can make it relatively cheaply, especially if you have a deal with like a car, with a card manufacturer, and um, the. Uh, The size has gone up dramatically, so you can you can have full motion video. I mean, look what 3DS rocks with you know just these little teeny carts. And then if if they put out a new standard that's like brand new and really optimized for what they're doing, they can get away with a lot with a cartridge. Plus, you get all the benefits of cartridges: the portability, the the ability to write directly to the cartridge, not necessarily the durability for kids because Nintendo's always aimed at at a younger market, and the the read the read write access uh, speed. No loading, pretty much non existent loading speeds. I mean, it's, it's, there's a lot of benefits to, to a cartridge based medium. So, there were a lot of rumors that with the NX, they were going to go to straight, just get rid of, uh, uh, Game media altogether and just do a download system, but GameStop would probably, you know, have a complete conniption, and a lot of other, you know, uh, market forces are really want them to stay with a with a with an actual media. And I think, and I'm sure there's other reasons why they're staying with one as well, probably. But anyway, the rumors were that they're going to move to a some kind of cartridge based system for the net for the NX. Well, it looks like that is true. And the other big rumor that was coming out is that was being discussed was that the NX would be a hybrid system. One that finally would be a portable system without two screens, not finally as in two screens are bad, but just like, you know, this is finally a console that that doesn't use the two screens for better or worse. And also that it would be a system that you could play the same games at home and on the go. Um, which in a lot of ways makes a lot of sense for Nintendo. People have been talking about and conjecturing and, and hypothesizing because Nintendo's biggest problem. I mean, if you look at when you had a Wii U, Jordan, you were able to play through pretty much almost the entire library of games that came out in the last four years, pretty much to your satisfaction in two months. Yeah. You know. Um. And and I mean and they they just have a real lack because they don't they have very little third party support. Everyone knows that it's notorious. They're pretty much all first party at this point, and one game comes out like every four months. Uh, or maybe every two months for the, if you count 3DS and Wii U. But if you were able to consolidate that, you could have a game coming out every two months that you could play on either system or on one system that's both portable and at home. Well, anyway, Eurogamer has sources. Another site I forget, I can't think of right now, has sources. IGN has confirmed with those sources as well. It seems pretty confirmed that the NX is going to be this hybrid system with a cartridge-based media that has been discussed but that it's going to be really, really cool. So it's going to be around the power. It's going to use an NVIDIA Tegra processor, maybe a Tegra 2, but probably just a Tegra, um, and which is like just just shy of the power of the Xbox One. So they're still not playing the power game, but that's not surprising. Um, and it will be like a portable, like it'll look like a smartphone almost, or like a little bigger than a smartphone. And it'll be a touchscreen device, one screen. However, it will have two sides to it, where you can plug in little controller peripherals. So, And and I really love this idea because, for me, the biggest problem with mobile gaming on my smartphone is I want tactile feedback for my games. You can't really play a hardcore platformer or really any kind of game where you need that, you know, to be able to do anything with precision. You know, if you look at mobile games, 90% of them, you can't really do a good FPS. You can't really do – I mean, you can try, you know. You can't really do a good – You know, hack and slash game you can try, but it just doesn't feel the same. You really can't do a good platformer. Again, there are some that pull it off with the touch controls, but it's never like a Mario kind of game. It just can't be twitched like that and and as accurate without an actual controller. And so what Nintendo's actually looking at doing here is having like a little mobile phone device, which is the NX's system, and all the processing happens in that device. I don't know the dimensions of it, but it's going to be a decent size. And then you have these controller pieces that hook on the sides that give you a C-pad, a C-stick and buttons on the left, and then uh, like a D-pad and buttons on the right. And then you can basically hook those on, play it, and then unhook them if you want to just like go without them. And then when you get home, here's the really crazy part. You take that mobile phone device and hook it up to a dock, and it becomes your home system. And it, and supposedly, now here's the big part, the resolution of that mobile device obviously has to be such that when you put it on a big screen, it doesn't look ridiculous. And that's the reason, like, having any kind of parity between 3DS and Wii games is very difficult, because the 3DS has, like, 820 by 200 resolution. I mean, it's, it's ludicrously low... Compared to what you have, you know, 1080p on your TV. So when you hook it up to your TV, I mean, it just will look grainy and just it's just nearly unplayable. So their so their idea to solve this is it's interesting one. And it's a really risky one in a way, because if you look at Vita, they were not able to pull off, you know, the whole argument, ooh, you can take your home console games on the go. That's what you really want. Uh, That didn't really work. Now, but the the difference might be the fact that you can play them at home or on the go. I mean, we're looking at games like, you know, this new Sonic 2017 project game is going to is 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 already announced for NX. So is Breath of the Wild, um the, the Zelda game. And what they what they said when they're talking about Breath of the Wild is it will be the quote exact same experience on the NX. So it's really really an interesting uh, paradigm shift. It's really cool. Again, it's it's Nintendo sort of reinventing itself and reinventing the market a bit. Uh, And I'm really excited about it, Uh, uh, obviously cautiously optimistic. Uh, That was a really long-winded, but I think I covered (laughs) all the bases there, right?
3: Yeah, definitely. I'm just – that sounds so convoluted in words. Like I'm sure in practice it makes so much more sense, but I'm just like sitting here. I'm like my brain is trying to wrap around. I'm just like – well, I mean, it'll be cool. I'm not saying that it's not going to be, but it just, oh, that sounds so confusing.
0: I mean, you know, I mean, at the core of it, you have a mobile phone, you play games on it, they look really pretty, then you bring it home, hook it into a dock, and then you can play it on your TV. I mean... <laughs>
3: No, 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 I, I get it. It's just it's just because of all the tactile feeling and stuff like that. Like, I was like, I was just like, oh, my gosh, there's so much to this. Like, it's just it was just like sensory overload.
2: You yeah. know, I
3: mean, it was the same thing when the like, Kinect was announced. You're just like, you can do what with what? So yeah. I mean, it's all it's all the same thing. It's just until in practice, it, it all seems weird until you're actually practicing with it. And you're like, oh, no, that's totally old hat now.
0: And with the exception of Virtual Boy, that's kind of Nintendo, right? You know, when you heard about the 3DS, it was like, really, they can do that? And then when you got it, it was like, yeah, it does that. You know, it's cool. What do you think, Jordan? I am really interested to hear what you think.
1: I wish Nintendo would just make a damn system.
0: <laughs> that's what that's what people, I, some people say.
1: I think the trick here, I get I get that sentiment. You brought it up, so I get the portability – the portable market is really where they've succeeded for the better part of a decade now. Right. Um. So I get the the impulse to be like, all right, let's find a way to upgrade portable and mix it with the home console experience. My worry is I think, yes, the 3DS is capable of a lot of really good stuff, but not console-level stuff, and that's fine. I like I portable know. games, and I like portable games experiences. I think the trick with a system like this is it's like you're taking – where's the middle ground between a game you play comfortably on your couch at home – and a game that you can play, you know, five ten minutes of when you're out on the go. That that's always been the trick with a game that's both portable and come to both sure. portable and consoles. Like a lot of the big console remakes for like 3ds, it's always like, is this built for that? It's like metal like Metal Gear Solid Three Snake Eater is not a game I want ever wanted to play on the 3ds.
0: The only reason I did is because it, it support it was one of the two games that supported Circle Pad, and I wanted to try it out. But sure. short of that, it is like the worst fit for a 3ds I ever heard.
1: Um And then the other part is it's like, are they, because they say, you know, obviously, I think at this point, when they officially announced, they 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 obviously couldn't say, yeah, we're abandoning the Wii U in a year. You can't ever officially say that because you still have that year ahead of you um with a system that's already struggling. You don't want to just, like, shoot it in the head a year early. But, you know, it seems pretty evident that the Wii U is just going to go to the wayside. But my wonder would be is... Are they still going to support the 3DS? Are they splitting their portable market if you have a system that looks this allegedly nice and awesome on the go? And then the 3DS, I think, will keep its fans. But, you know, the 3DS is the biggest system in Japan. And it seems like they're going to be siphoning off part of their own market. Or at least that's, that would be the, the worry to me, is that if you have two portable systems from the same... Uh, developer one of them is going to go the wayside and we've seen that happen before they originally said when the ds came out no 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 this is not a game boy replacement it's the third pillar of nintendo but ultimately it was like
2: people got rid of their game boy yeah
1: they got rid of their game boy and they stopped making games for it so that would be my worries it's like are they really going to do that to the 3ds because even if you take out the 3d gimmick it's just a really solid all-around system that has continued to get really good support um, are the, and would those experiences and developers be able to transfer as well to something that, by its very nature, has to trend towards the more console-like graphics and development? And, and, develop. and
0: what, exactly what you're saying, what you just said there was exactly going to be my next point, and that is there's a reason so many developers make games for 3DS, and that is it's cheap to develop for 3DS period you don't need the same i mean not even close to the same assets your 3d art team can be so much more limited your your the amount of work it takes the equipment you need i mean it's just it's night and day between an hd 3d fully rendered i'm not i don't know all the technicalities of it experience and and an on-the-go you know 3ds game i mean it's just night and day and and the amount of resources needed i mean it's going to be so so right now what do we have we have a 3ds and a wii u that are both uh, out in the, in the market. The 3DS is, has an amazing amount of great software coming out for it at all times, and every once in a while it gets an awesome Nintendo thir- first-party game. And then we have the Wii U, which gets almost no third-party support, and all it gets is the occasional first-party Nintendo game. So they're like, how do we fix this problem? We have a console here, a home console nobody wants to develop for. How do we fix that? And this is, I think, their attempt to to try to fix that and to do something revolutionary. Because you know, I was listening to IGN's response on GameScoop earlier, and their thought is – they have an Xbox One. Hardcore gamers like us, um, you know, a lot of them, you, you either have an Xbox One or a PS4 or you have both. You already have, so let's say, you, you know, so if you want another console exactly like that, like you already have one or two of them, you know, and you probably have a PS3 or an Xbox 360 laying around still. You already have consoles that are exactly like that. Do you really need another one? What would it be if it weren't going to be this? I guess would be my question to you, Jordan.
1: I don't know. I and I you know I see that that problem that they have where it's like we can't be the primary console anymore. We at least we've missed the boat too much. And it's if if they could come out with a system that was the huge graphics jump and that could play all the games the one and the PS4 do but also offer great exclusives and bring back those developers that would be what they'd have to do and and they obviously aren't. Either they aren't willing to to work towards that or they just aren't capable of it. But it just seems like I don't know. It, 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 it just seems like maybe they're, they're, they're trying something really new, but I don't know that there's going to be like a hardcore audience for this or something. I think you're going to get Nintendo fans. You always are. Nintendo fans who want to play Zelda, Mario, Metroid, they're always going to show up for the system, whatever weird new gimmick it is. I just don't see this being super appealing to new people. I don't know. Maybe it will be, but it doesn't seem like something where it's like, People seem pretty happy playing mobile games on their phone when they're out, or Hearthstone, or playing a 3DS. I don't know that they're going to be like, oh, I need HD next-gen looking games on the go.
0: Well, right, but then again, you know, Nintendo very wisely, in this one way, was very wise that they delayed Breath of the Wild and are making it a, a release on the NX as well, because we already have the uh, the the Wii U with a very meager install base. And almost everybody that has a Wii U, pretty much, I mean, I think they sold five or six million, and, like, they sell four million of each software title, you know? So, like, it's like two-thirds of the audience buys every game that the, for the system. It's crazy. I may be a little off on the numbers, but I do know that they're close. Um, and so it's, it's going to be interesting. You know, there's so few Wii U's out in the wild. So now it's like, Breath of the Wild's coming out. What are you going to do? You're not going to buy a Wii U to play it if you don't have one already. And very few people do have one already. So what are you going to do? You're going to buy an NX. You, yeah. Jordan, are going to buy an NX. Oh, certainly.
1: Right? But I, and maybe, maybe, maybe there is an audience where it's like if they got all of the big third-party games now, but you could like, like if you could take, you know, the new Deus Ex or the next Rockstar game on the go with you. Maybe there is an audience that wants that. I don't know. Uh, Kelsey, what do you think of this system?
3: Well, I mean, the whole on-the-go system, like, because actually, while you're talking about E3, actually something that, like, and Sony were also looking into. So it's almost like the NX has to try to, like, be, like, the best at things. Because that's the only thing that it's going to grab hold of and be like, yes, but we're the better we're on-the-go system. Because, like, you know, Xbox One has that Play Anywhere, which is what they want to do, which is integrated Good with you know, Windows 10. And Sony is really trying to put that Vita up there. We're trying to be like, you can play your PS4 games and then you can play it on your Vita. So, And, but like, no one really likes those options anyway. Cause like, if you like, it's like, okay, well, if I have an Xbox one, I'm going to play it on my Xbox one. I'm not really taking my laptop out with me and whatever, and vice versa. Like I'm taking, I have a laptop. Why would I have an Xbox one? Like, like, so they're trying to just be that, that system. It's like, yeah, but we're the system that you can take anywhere. Right. And, like, the, and Nintendo has that, has the, you know, they're the kings of that, of the mobile gaming. Like, outside of, you know, your mobile phone, like, 3 you know, the 3DS, back actually the game, like, the original Game Boy. They, they're the, the OGs of mobile <laughs> gaming. Right. So like, I feel like they're just trying to capitalize on a market that the other two are trying to get into, but they're like, yeah, but we have the upper hand on this. Now, does it seem ridiculous? A little bit. <laughs> because, right. like you said, it's so taken do- away from the 3DS. Right, but so
0: did 3DS seem ridiculous. Well, that's in a different way. Maybe – I
1: I don't know. I think for me it is the biggest thing is the quality issue because, yeah, it is easy to develop for the 3DS. I wouldn't even mind, like, if this was the 3DS successor primarily, then it's like – I mean, by the time it comes out next year, 3DS has been around six years. That's not a terrible life – that's not a terrible run for a system.
0: And if if there's one company – that has consistently been the the standard bearer for portable systems and has always brought portable systems to the next and the next and the next era or generation. It's been Nintendo. And if that's what they're doing, plus you can dock it, that's kind of cool, right? That's
1: cool, but I don't think that's... I think, I think yes, I think it would be better if it was a portable that you could also play on your TV, but I think just with the power level and the types of game they're going to be bringing to it and the audience, there, it seems like they'd probably go after with a system like this. It's going to be a... On the, you know, a console that you can also take on the go, and I think that might make it a little muddled onto to what the exact audience is. I don't know. Yeah,
0: I know. I think you're absolutely right. The one little detail that, that sort of goes away from that is only that they're, again, not in the power game, you know, and, and again, they're, you know, they're like, it's going to be a little more powerful than Wii U, but it's definitely not as powerful as PS4, that's for sure. So, I mean they're still not in the power game, but you're right, and I just hope that it is what i what I was saying and not what you're fearing it might be, and that is it is the portable system that can also be plugged in on your on your t v you know let's let I'll tell you something that everybody loves I don't know anybody who doesn't love the game boy player for the uh for the gamecube true everyone loves that um yeah. i mean, and granted you know it 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 played you know games that were graphically inferior, you know so to speak on your on your home console, but it put them on the big screen, which was great. So if that's what it is. If it's a portable system with awesome graphics, but maybe not like, I don't know. If it's going to play Breath of the Wild, though, it's got to have, you know, literally Wii U Plus level HD graphics. So I just don't know. The Breath of the Wild thing just keeps throwing me, you know? if it's going to be, you know, point for point exactly as good as the Wii U version, it's got to really be a console experience, especially with how huge we know that game is going to be.
1: Yeah, so... I don't know. I guess we'll see on that. We can't be that far from an announcement. I mean, March of next year is when the launch is apparently. Where
0: the the, uh, the 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 rumor is Tokyo Game Show, which I think is September. Okay. Yeah. Um, so that's the rumor, and there, and one of the big reasons. It's funny. It's really. Um, uh, on point that you would mention, Kelsey, that the other developers are not far behind, or are maybe up ahead with this whole we want to give you a portable option, or we want to give you an option you can take with you, or, or transfer your games over uh, with the Play Anywhere in the Vita. Vita a little less so maybe, but just because they they kind of know that, that 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 it's in a halfway in coffin already. But yeah. you know, in both of those cases, you know, Nintendo has said from the beginning the reason it's not at E3, the reason we haven't done uh, one of our little Nintendo briefings yet is because we don't want any imitation. We want this to be, like, announced and then come the fuck out as quickly as it can after announcement. And they've done a pretty darn good job keeping the hush-hush on this. Yeah. I mean, people knew kind of what it was, but, like, we really didn't – they did a good enough job where I was never sure that this is what it was. So – because it's hard to imagine, you know? At this it really point, is... it's
1: seeming more likely, though. I mean, yeah, all the, oh, the yeah. leaks, so –
0: I mean, and there's, I mean, there's confirmed leaks. I mean, once you start putting your, de- your dev kit out to enough developers, there's gonna be a developer that's like, yeah, dude, I'm tired of saying it doesn't exist. It fucking exists. You know what I mean? And, and at that point, you know, I mean, and that's why it's really hard to keep a secret of this caliber for this long. But it's, uh, it's interesting. It's certainly interesting. I'm, I, I mean, I know I want one really bad. But then again, I am not, you know, your, your main, a mainstream member of like the mainstream gaming well we'll just i I shouldn't say gaming i am a member of the gamer mainstream but but not not a a, you're not a salad dressing gamer right right yeah yeah, exactly exactly good point good call so anyway i thought that was interesting one last little thing i did want to bring up here before we move into what we've been playing and that is vr are either of you guys excited no No. not at all not at all not to play resident evil 7 in vr
1: well i don't have a ps4 but Honestly, I get I get that it probably is pretty spectacular because every games journalist who talks about it is pretty reverential. But it's like it it it's like the 3ds or the Wii. It's until you can actually experience it, it it's impossible to put your head around it.
2: Yeah, good point.
3: Yeah, no, I well, and also I'm sound so old, but like I get sick a lot of times when I do those kind of things. So I'm also speaking from like a, I might actually physically be ill when playing those kind of games, mm. so. I don't know. But no, I mean, does Resident Evil 7 look really cool playing it in VR? Yeah. But it it's not an experience that I think I need that will en- enrich it. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Like, I, I feel like, so I just, yeah, like, I feel like it's going to be, I feel like it's really cool, but I feel like it's almost like the 3D gimmick where it's really cool for a while, but then you're just kind of like... Yeah, it's fun to do sometimes, but, like, I'm not running out to get, like, an Oculus Rift or, you know, PlayStation Vive. VR yeah, well, or so, Vive or whatever. Those
0: are so pro- prohibitively expensive. They, they were, like, there was a sign-up. Yeah, sign that's up.
3: the other
1: problem.
0: There was a yeah, sign, that's the other problem. Yeah, there was a sign-up in, um, in uh, GameStop, and it said, guess what? No, really, we have the Vive in stock. And I was like, oh, yeah, really? And he's like, well, not really. We have to order it, and we'll have it in stock for you in the next couple days if you want one. And I was like, all right. And I was like, how much is it? And I was not even thinking about getting one, not that I have the money anyway. And he's like, I think it's $800 or <laughs> something like that for, for the Vive, right? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, not even for the Rift. Uh, I do like, though, I do I have to admit that I love when you look in, like, Game Informer, and it talks about a game on the Oculus Rift, and it just, like, instead of Xbox One or PS4, it just says Rift. It's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. I, like I remember that a month
1: or two ago, they had an issue where it was like nothing but those games. I was like, well, this isn't the issue for me.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm excited about it. I mean, you can't even pre-order a PS4 uh, uh, a VR kit right now, so I'm not, you know, even if I wanted to, drop the $200 or whatever it is, $100 to, to get one reserved. But, I mean, I want one, but at the same time, it's going to be a while before it really... You know, it's going to be awesome like the first time you put it on, like you said, Kelsey, but it's going to be a year or two after the PS4 one comes out before it becomes, uh, you know, a, something that has enough so- software to support it to make it worth investing in. That's for sure.
3: Oh, yeah. oh, no, I, I mean, I hate to go back to it, but it's just, like, the connect. Like, how long did it take us to get a really good connect? Well, actually, to some literally, people, we still don't have a... Literally good, made us high. have to buy one? D4? D4 is a fantastic Kinect game. I would just like to stand by right. that game. Right. No, but, um...
1: But it's also something we didn't get until it was literally a forced upon us with the new system. Oh, oh yeah,
0: just, no. I'm oh, just curious. Where, where, where's Swery? Oh, yeah, the, the development of D4 and and on connect. Blew out his brain so hard that he's been on, like, leave for ten months to get over the experience. Yeah, but he's but do writing you know what he's ass doing? Ass
3: he's writing a story, I a know. murder story, from the perspective of a cat. And if that's not amazing, I don't know what is.
0: I guess, dude. <laughs> I guess. Hey, oh, oh. by the way, did you hear D4 Part 2 is uh, announced? Psych! It's never coming out. <laughs> never,
2: ever, I that. It's so out. good.
0: I love that
3: game. It was my it's game never, of the year. Never,
0: ever, ever coming out. Game of, of out. the year. That's great. It was. That's, I'm sure it's awesome. Part 2's never coming out. I'm sorry, I was no, I know
3: it it hurts me. It hurts me to come to that realization. but hey, uh that really baller story that he's writing, I will gladly read that when it comes out. hopefully it's awesome. gets translated may, to English. They but... may
0: not even do that. <laughs> I mean, you know, they may not even put one dude on translation duty for ten hours for that. I mean, like that is how anyway, how uh, not respected like it should be his shit is. But anyway,
1: yeah, all right, it's,
0: it's a shame, but yeah, that that ends our uh, our news segment. um. Boy, man, that NX though—I want to get my hands on it. I—I got to tell you, the one—it does solve the one problem I have with mobile gaming, uh, and that is the—the the controls, man. But anyway. Okay.
1: So that brings us to what we've been playing. All right. Who wants to start?
0: Uh, how about Kelsey? You I start? can start, sure.
3: Take
1: Let's... us away, Kelsey. What magical uh... gaming experience?
3: What magical game. I don't know, I don't know where
1: I'm going with that. I don't Go know on.
3: either, especially cuz my first game is like not really magical, it's kind of gross. Um but uh, so I finally bought The Binding of Isaac Afterbirth and I've been playing Ooh. so much of that and you're, it's the a
0: you're the biggest Binding of Isaac fan I ever met. Period. Wow.
3: That's I mean, I don't know. I'm honored. I guess I'm honored. You you put it like No, like, I just I was hours. like is that a compliment? No, I put I put in so much. And I have to restart yeah. because, like when you get Afterbirth it Erases all your saves so you start from the <laughs> get go. Wait, 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 why? Because it's a whole new experience. No,
2: because there's like a no, whole, new, a whole, new a whole new bosses. You have uh, to. There's
3: uh, whole... Well, no, well, there's new bosses that you are, are making from the get go. That, that is a bad design, design decision. But you're bad design
1: decision. You're redoing <laughs> a lot of stuff you've already done, like with unlocking characters and certain and challenges.
0: the game with each character again which has no new content in that portion. No, it has not. No, a, no, no has she's, she's not
1: wrong about that. All the new, well, I'll let her explain.
3: Yeah, no, there's, there's a, a, all the new content is open from the get go. Like the new areas, like the burning basement and dig Depths, and all those other places, scarred womb. Like all those are open, like from the get go. The only things that you open up later is the blue womb. And that's an, that's like a secret boss But for the most part. Like, I mean, yeah, I, I well, I unlocked all the characters again. That wasn't hard. Um, you get to play through greed mode though, which is a whole new thing, which is amazing. Um, if you don't know what greed mode is, it's basically like this wave based combat, and you just kind of like you can uh, be really greedy and like just keep going through all the waves, and then that way you get more money, or you can click the button but you take damage, and then it kind of shorts the amount of money you get. So that but, but then you buy items and you go down, and you fight this super boss called uh, Mega Greed it's just a lot of fun <laughs> oh
0: i get it so instead of this one being kind of about um you know mommy issues and and the god thing it's like or or, or what or the or i don't know i'm, I'm not explaining the, the normal game right but what this game does is it it takes the mechanics and it embodies them in a final boss so it's like the idea is how greedy are you like risk reward is the gameplay and then at the end you fight mega greed and it's kind of like meta is that right
3: yeah, basically, yeah, no, it, it's exactly, that, that's a whole new mode, like, you still have the original mode, of course, and you still have, and then you have hard mode and whatnot, and so, but it's just cool, and it, like I said, it adds a whole new end boss who's called Hush, and he's oh, so hard, I still haven't beaten him yet, but that's cool, it adds that new thing, it's also time-based, Um, you have to, I forget, I think you have to beat, I think you have to get to, you have to beat Mom's heart in under 45 minutes, I think you have to get to it, I'm not entirely sure, because like under half hour for the boss rush and whatnot. So it's like a time boss event that you can kinda do and it's like this big epic battle and that's fun and I don't know. I just love binding of Isaac, it's such a good roguelike and I can spend hours playing it. It's just really fun too to like put it on and then like listen to a podcast or something like else. Like I, I don't really have to pay too much attention. Like does that make sense? So it's oh, really fun just like perfect. kill time game. Yeah, I need more it's of those. It's perfect. It's perfect for that.
0: I need more of those. Those are great. I, I mean, I, I veer so heavily towards story-based games in many respects that I I really need more of those multitasking ability games. Go ahead, man. Sorry.
1: I, no, no, no. I, I I really like Isaac. It's just always for me I, uh, I I I get into moods where I will play it for a while, but it does get frustrating because it they're long runs, and if you f up a long run, it's it's it can be very disheartening, and I put down the controller a lot because it's like when you go through a. And again, if you're really good at it, like Kelsey is, at, before she calls me a scrub, you can get through runs very quickly. But especially if you've been out of practice, runs are very long, and you're trying to do specific things, and to lose and have to start over after, like, 20-30 minutes of gameplay is a little frustrating.
3: No, no, it, it can be. Um, I, I mean, like it took me a little bit to get back into the groove. I, I just got really back into the groove where it's starting to, like, it's easier. Like, I'm hitting those marks every time. It's like... You know, no but you also unlock a lot of the things that make it easier and whatnot. And uh, it's fun. They added a new character too, named Lilith, and she's totally um. She actually has a little uh, incubus pet, and sh- you shoot tears out of your incubus instead of your actual character. So it makes it really interesting with positioning and whatnot, and like the kind of items that synergize with it, because y- you know you have to pay attention to this little body that's actually shooting tears, within your big body, which can take damage. And I, I thought it was clever, and interesting. It, it, adds, it adds a whole new. And it also added um, the shopkeeper, who is like the secret unlock character, like the Lost was for um, after uh, for Rebirth, uh, but. Uh, the the shopkeeper, um, he doesn't have hearts. He has coin health, and you only can ever have two coins of health. You can never have more than that, and you actually can have less. Like, I think you can take a damage, so you can only have one coin. but And then in order to heal, you have to pick up coins instead of hearts, so hearts become really superfluous, and you can't pick up wicked hearts or soul hearts, and so it makes it a little more difficult. And, uh, you know, what what used to be money is now your health, so you're kind of like... Oh, do I do I leave it here as a go back for help? Or do I, you know, use it to spend money so I can buy stuff at the shop? So that's cool, too. I haven't unlocked him yet. He You have to get 999 coins in the greed um, little uh, coin bank place. So I haven't done that yet. I'm, like, halfway there. Oh. But, yeah, no. So it, it, it added a, a few new things that are really fun. And it really it breaks up the monotony of when, you know, I was doing all those runs. Because I was like, oh, well, I always have greed mode that I can beat. And play with, and then there's the challenges, and they added new challenges. I can't think of any of the new ones off the top of my head. There's like one where you 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 can't miss with any tears, otherwise you take damage. Ugh, which is really interesting. Yeah, no, you can't thank miss, you. You can't miss with any tears, or else and, you take uh, damage.
1: The new bosses are also pretty tough. From, from you know the I'm new experience.
3: bosses, even are just like tough.
1: the the basement new bosses.
3: Yeah, the Ragman, he's pretty tough, who's a new boss, he, like, rolls his head at you, and as he's homing tears, and he's difficult to stain. I hate the stain. I always take damage on him, I still haven't figured out his patterns yet, but, you know, it's just a lot of fun, it added a lot of fun new things, and Afterbirth Plus was announced, too, so, that'll just be coming going. out sometime he's got soon, soon. The yeah, is it's that? In
1: development, so it's like, hmm, what's Plus, Kelsey?
3: Afterbirth plus it will add um it adds it, it adds new items and i think it adds new floors or something like that but Does it the, delete
0: your saves it,
3: it might um it <laughs> but, the, but the biggest thing is that it, it adds like a um Floor generator. So you can, like, make your own floors for Binding by Isaac. So you can, like, make yeah. challenges for your friends. So yeah, it's really cool. And, like, you can do these really fun things where, like...
0: Like, delete their save games. Like,
3: delete their save games. <laughs> and, uh, like, you know, like, red hearts can do damage to you. So like, they can, like, shoot at you while you're trying to pick wow, them up and stuff more, like that. it's
0: even more uh, evil and sadistic. Awesome. Oh,
3: yeah, no, you can just make your friends cry and hate you. So, you awesome. know, that's always fun. <laughs>
0: Well, I, I gotta I gotta hand it to you, man. You you really are, uh, are are ringing the bell for that game, and that's awesome. I mean, I think that's I think that's a really cool uh, thing. I just I, I I I don't know. It's it's funny knowing you pretty well at this point. It's pretty hard to. Um, uh, I, I don't know. I guess it's, I find it interesting that you're so into these masochistic game experiences, but I get it. I get well, it. I mean, survival
3: horror is my favorite game genre. So
0: I guess that's
1: true. And, uh, Binding of Isaac is a great game. Just to throw in, I'm I'm I I need to get into Afterbirth more. Kelsey bought it, and I would like to play more of it. I just haven't yet, so
3: yeah,
0: I hear you. I right, deleted cool. all my save data. I was like, motherfucker.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when I bought it, I was like, delete Jordan's save data.
0: <laughs> yeah, awesome, awesome. Okay, cool. Well, um, let's uh, let's move on. Uh, Jordan, why don't you talk about your first game, man?
3: Uh, let's see. What do I
1: want to talk about first? Uh, I'll go with one of the ones I'm a little cool on. Uh. And because uh, there's a there's a review on the website, uh, Zero Escape, Zero Time Dilemma came Oh, actually,
0: can we talk about this together? Because I'm almost done with it, too, so I want to join in. Go oh, ahead. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, any game we've all played is, is open for
1: discussion. Uh, so this is the end of the Zero Escape trilogy, which, uh, as long-time listeners know, Rich and I are huge fans of. We had a whole... Uh, just him and I episode, bonus episode of the podcast dedicated to discussing uh, Virtue's Last Reward. And I
0: got to go back to it just to refresh, because I think we went through the plot pretty heavy, didn't we?
1: Yeah, we went through everything, and it's like, uh, the, one of the tricks is I kind of wish I played at least Virtue's Last Reward again, uh, because so many of the reveals and, and moments in this game, I, I have to go, oh, right, that was a thing. And so it's not as fresh. I mean, it is four years since the last game came out. Uh, yeah, but I, not I f-
0: intentionally. Yuji Koshi, you know, lost funding for a while. Oh, lot. yeah.
1: He he did his best to get this out. Um, I, I, I've said a lot of what I want to say personally on the site. I would definitely say go to thejoyofgeek.net. We'll talk more about the site later, but I have a full review of the game there. But what I will say is just in every way that matters, I do feel like this game is a step down in quality from the previous ones. Um, and I, I, always feel like I have to, to double point out that just, when I'm saying that, I'm not saying this is a bad game, because 999 and Virtue's Last Reward, I consider 9510 games. I can, you know, they're masterpieces as far as I'm considered. Um, so, I, so for this not to be as good, it's like, it's almost understandable. Uh, he, everything he was trying, he, he did things to try and sort of switch it up. Instead of having a group of nine people together, it has three teams of three that are separated from one another. Uh, it replaces the the text with writ eh, the the text with spoken dialogue uh, and you know sort of the traditional Phoenix Wright type of storytelling with full cutscenes uh, in limited CG CG animation. It does all of these little things to sort of change it up, but in every way it feels like a step back. I like the way that it told the story before. I prefer when it's one big team and everyone's getting to know each other as opposed to these three smaller teams where it feels like. There's not as much of a bond being formed. The new system of uh, switching up and having it every 90 minutes the characters forget so you can kind of play through the game in whatever order with all three different teams hurts the flow of the storytelling, in my opinion, where you can accidentally get a big reveal about a character as, like, the first thing you do. And then, yeah, you're noticing all the foreshadowing for it and the other things, but it's like, well, this didn't really have an impact because I didn't even know who this character was until later on in the game.
0: Hold on a second. Uh are you talking particularly about the Mira reveal? Yes. Yep, that happened to me too and it completely ruined that character for me.
1: Yeah, so there's a lot Destroyed of stuff it. like that. And and beyond that, it is a much shorter game. Uh this is a game that you go through in 20 hours whereas I'm
0: at 25 but I'm a slow poke about these things.
1: Yeah, yeah. but when you look at like Virtue's Last Reward is 40 to 50 hours. Yeah. So it is half the length of Virtue's Last Reward. And then the other problem with the way the story's broken up is because it has all of these bite-sized chunks, all of the choices you make don't feel as consequential. Like, in 999, if you made a choice, you made that choice. That was your playthrough. You had to finish the game before you were going to make any idea of what the other choice might have been. In Virtue's Last Reward, it was a little different. You could jump around a bit more freely, but it was still a matter of the storyline continued for a while. In this... You, you, if, if you know that a choice one way is going to be wrong and get your team killed, you do it because you can just immediately go back and make the right choice. So it really lessens the impact of making choices. In
0: fact, in fact, the game forces you to do that because here's the deal. When you get to a certain point in the game, and it's right around when I got the queue reveal, I hit a dead end. Or really just before the Q reveal, I hit a dead end, and it was just like, okay, nothing, no, no new fragments have opened up for me to play. And so I had to go back and start looking at branches that I did before and ones that I hadn't done both choices on. And literally, what you're supposed to do is make both choices: the choice you would make and the choice you wouldn't make, or the third if there's three choices and a third a second choice you wouldn't make. And you got to do it for everyone before certain new options open up. At least that's my understanding of it. Yeah, I mean
1: that, and, that's, and, that's how I it's mean, structured.
0: You gotta go back to the beginning and make sure that, like, every different team is executed. I mean, from the end, this is a very beginning thing, you know, just to make the game continue. And then, you know, it's, it's, it's really, I mean, it's, I don't know if you can tell from my tone of voice, I'm kind of frustrated right now. I'm really kind of frustrated right now with this game. I, I feel like, I feel like I'm not, I, I don't know. I feel like I'm I, – I, also they took characters with certain personalities like, like Junpei and they changed his personality drastically. And that may have a payoff in the end and I, I'm waiting for that. But I feel like this game like in general is just going to give me a whole lot of payoff at the end. But the process of playing it is not that fun. The, the Now, the escape rooms are mad fun. I always loved those. I, I'm They're a little easier this time but they're also maybe more fun this time.
1: I, I – th- That is another thing where I I really miss the older escape rooms. There's less of them in this game, and yeah, I found them to be... uh, You know, and this is the third game, so it could be trickier coming up with original concepts, but the only one I really liked was the... I don't know if you did the rec room yet. Yeah. Yeah, that was my favorite, because I thought it had the most creative puzzles. A lot of the other ones... And this was in all of the games, but there are moments of frustration where it's like, I did this, oh, but I didn't do it at the right angle with the right item, or something like that, and that can be a little frustrating... Um,
0: Or or I was in I was in the uh, the the generator room with the, the nuclear generator and it was like I didn't see the stupid matches on the floor and I was like where are the matches I know I need matches where are the matches. Yeah, and then I finally saw the little glint of the matches, you know. And also, like you, you know, like it's 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 very order based. So it's like you, you you flip something, and it's like no. But then, like if you did something else first, then they'll let you flip it and it does something different. And it's it's just it's just a little clunky. The whole experience of the, the room is a little clunky. But at the same time, for me being not as like a hardcore survival room lover, like I like them, but I love the fact that in this one I very rarely had to look for any hints, um, and that was nice. I I. I <laughs> Go ahead. Right, well,
1: this one's definitely more story-focused. Um, right. You know, the other two games both start with a puzzle room. This game, you don't even see one for at least over an hour. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I, I don't know. As far as the ending, obviously I'm not going to give away spoilers. Rich is still finishing. Kelsey's still only played 999. Um, but, you know, it's the sort of thing where I wish I had remembered everything from the series because it wasn't as satisfying as it could be. I don't think the reveal was the best the series has given. And it does feel like there are things from the last game that, that just get dropped, and it's unfortunate. Uh, I'm happy I ended it, and you know, I said this in my review, and again, uh, I remember when, when she, I, I, Kelsey, were you the one that edited that? Yes. I think you said that it felt like I was really trying to not sound like I didn't like the game. Uh, But I am, I'm just happy it exists, and I, I'm glad there is an ending, because I'd much rather this ending exist than not uh-huh. at all. Yeah, uh, it's
0: uh, right now where I am, and and I'll tell you, I'm I'm right where I just got the Q reveal, and then and then the dice game turned out well for me, so that's right where I am. You know where I am then? Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's like about how far two thirds.
1: Uh, yeah, I mean at this point you're getting close to where it's pretty much no more puzzle rooms, so you're yeah. pretty much just pierced. Like again, the last maybe two to three hours are all
0: story. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, that's where I am, and so I'm just. Right now, I'm, I'm over frustrated. You know, I didn't love the Q reveal. I just didn't. I thought it was, it was interesting subverting expectations, but at the same time, it just, you know, it just, it just didn't do it for me like it could. And second of all, because of the assets they used to tell the story, I could tell another reveal that was coming later was given away, you know? Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah, I know exactly uh, the one you're talking about. The
0: dining room table. Yeah. Um, and that really bums me out. I mean, it's like, that's just, that's just, that's just a mistake in my opinion. I just think they, they missed it there. Even if it was obvious, I still wanted to not know, you know? And, and so anyway, that, that bummed me out. And then, there's, and then just the characters in general, they're so much harder to bond with and feel associated with. Like you said, the fact that you have three different, uh, main characters or, or, or uh, what do you call them? Focus characters. Yeah. Uh, viewpoint characters. Uh, viewpoint, there you go. Characters. I mean, that, that plays a role in that. Um, It's just... And then making Q one of them, you know? I mean, it's just, in general, it's just... I don't know. I'm really hoping the end justifies the means on this game. I really am.
1: Uh, I don't know. I I will say, Kelsey, I think you might end up having a better time, because whenever you finally get around to Virtue's Last Word, you can just play them back-to-back. And uh, I think... I think that'll work better. Who knows? But uh, I
0: gotta say, I
3: know. Verge's... Will I though? Because I was reading your review and I was like, I'm not even excited for this.
1: Game. Hey, Virtue's Last Reward is still a masterpiece. <laughs> oh, no, no, I'm sure when it, it is. But comes was like, Steam, oh. or if you ever get a 3ds, playing that, and then trust me, after you finish it, you'll want to play through. And again, oh, absolutely. I do think the story would work better because there are a lot of things in it where I'm like, oh right, that's a thing that it would have been clearer in my mind four years ago. Hmm.
0: Um, I-, I have to say this. This just crystallizes in my mind though. This game's so far, and and it sounds like it's gonna end this way, it crystallizes in my mind how amazing both of the other games are, but especially Virtue's Last Reward. That game is a fucking 10.5 (laughs) out of 10. I mean, like, it's, when you see how, like, how a, a less perfect version of that game looks, you really realize how incredibly expertly top of his game crafted that game was it's just fucking masterful everything about it and the flow of it and the scenario and the design and the execution and the way it i mean it's just the art it's just that the bunny rabbit where's my little bunny rabbit nope we don't have one of those um you know it's just it, the whole thing in virtual's Lesser reward is so 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 good Obviously, that's my favorite of the series. I like the first one as a sweet spot in my heart. That's like a 9-5 or, or a 10. But Virgil's Last Reward is like like a 10-5-11 out of 10. Like, it's that good. Uh,
1: I give the edge to nine hours, nine persons, nine doors. I think it is overall... Uh, it, it is a darker story, and I appreciate that. And it also, I think, works better at its, its reveals being surprising. Um, and beyond that, I, I just think... It is a self-contained story, which makes it the most satisfying experience.
0: Hey, that's true. That is true. That that one is that one is self-contained. That's the one you have played, Kelsey. Oh uh, yeah, nine
3: nine nine. Yeah yeah yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I love that one. I think, I think that, and that's another thing too. When you know that game so well, and then you take those characters and you move them into this game, like it's just such a different. They're so different than they were in that game. That game was supposed to be a year ago, and I understand crazy shit happens, but like they're very different. And oh. and it's and it's very hard to and it's very hard to justify um, one of those characters actions based on the fact that you know they're the same person from nine nine nine. You know, it's like I'm having trouble rationalizing your personality in this game against the one in that and one.
1: That, it, I, I don't want to belabor this game, but the one other thing I wanted to mention is that 999 was a simple game, and so when Virtue's Last Reward took the focus of, alright, there was like one crazy sci-fi concept in 999, we're gonna, we're gonna more briefly explain it here, but Virtue's Last Reward is a game that you could play without playing 999 and still probably appreciate. They try to do the same trick with, with, uh, Zero Time Delivered. The problem is, Virtue's Last Reward was a far more complicated game with a lot more heavy sci-fi concepts. So coming into this one, it, it really feels like they tried to appeal to both, but it, it fa- fell flat because there are so many things that get hours of exploration and development in Virtue's Last Reward that just get thrown out in a line in this game from characters from the other games. So for new people, I can't imagine it's that you're, you're just like, wait, what? I just, you just have to roll with it. And if you're old, an old person, a lot of the early hours of this game are just things you already know. So I feel like they should have. I mean I get why because they it's four years later they're trying to make a game that anyone can play. Um,
0: but you can't rock discussions of morphogenic fields and shifts and shit in one one line. You just no, can't. You can't You just can't. It doesn't play. And, and and more and even if you can understand it, it doesn't sell.
1: Yeah, you're year. not nearly as invested.
0: Or sold on it. I mean, these are concepts, though, that, I mean, one of the best things about the first two, and I know we have to end this, but one of the best things about the first two is the fact that it it does that really good rule of take one concept, like you just said, or maybe two concepts, and you get one or two gimmies. But then everything, like, like totally outlandish concepts, you just accept. And then the rest of the story you'll love if you just accept these two crazy out there premises. And it serves story, and it's great. But at a certain point, if you have too many crazy things and you're not selling them, um, you, you have a situation where it's like, Oh, really? That happens too. And oh, there's this technology, this pod technology you can transport. And I mean, you know, it's like, Oh my God, you just throw an idea on top of idea on top of idea. And it just clutters the simple, the simple beauty of the, of the sci-fi-ness of the, of the original two. Anyway.
1: Yeah. Uh,
0: so. Uh, without any good things being said at all about this game, let's move on. No, I'm just kidding.
1: I would say, I, like, I think I gave it still a seven five eight on the site, which I yeah. it's still worth playing, especially, particularly if you've played the previous two, you should finish it. Oh, yeah. Um, anyway, so that's me. Rich, what's your game?
0: Okay, so I am going to start with... I'm going to lighten it up and talk about Splatoon.
3: <laughs> oh, wow, Splatoon.
0: Yes, yes, so Splatoon was... Uh, one of those games, it's like one of the first new IPs from Nintendo, maybe is the first new IP, like truly new IP from Nintendo in years and years and years. Um, and it's like, you know, Nintendo is dry kicking and screaming into this new era of multiplayer shooters and, you know, HD graphics and all of that. And so obviously they're going to, when they do do a multiplayer shooter, finally, they're going to do it their own way. I think the last time they tried it was maybe Geist. Was that first party? Uh I'm not sure. I don't think so. I'll never forget that bonding moment we had when I mentioned Geist and you knew what I was talking (laughs) about like four years ago. Um but anyway, Geist is Geist is one of like these secret games I just love to like know about. But anyway, um really creepy too. But anyway, um the um they finally did their version of a multiplayer shooter, and it's Splatoon. And what's weird about me even getting this game is because it's primarily multiplayer but focused. And I do not play multiplayer games as a general rule. Don't love them. Not very competitive when it comes to gaming. Um, not the most competitive person ever, except maybe when it comes to like you know being successful in life. But generally speaking, like, when it's like sports or video game competition, it's just not really my thing. And so that sort of takes me out of like the Call of Duty of it all in a lot of ways. That said, I always, in a Call of Duty game, really enjoy the single player. And in this game it's no exception. Splatoon does have a single player campaign. When you first get to the single player campaign, it's like, "Oh no, this is going to be a huge afterthought." It's got like these little levels, there's like very little like like shaky story that starts it out, but it really will impress you. And and as as you go through the 27 levels, Um, And and also five boss battles, four or five boss battles as well. They really are longer than you would think. They're more advanced than you would think. They have great concepts. So you know the game obviously starts with the concept of you have a paint gun and you shoot stuff and it has different interactions with the world. What's great though is the simplicity of it. You really have a couple bombs that you can use for things, but generally speaking, you have a paint gun that shoots paint and what do they do they provide all kinds of awesome stuff in the world that makes that paint gun interact with it you know some of the one of the most elegant game design decisions that was made in the new in the new era in the last 10 years was context sensitivity right mm-hmm. you go up instead of because there's only so many buttons on a controller it's all about what you're standing near when you push said button well this takes that you know elegant design decision and and says you have one gun that does one thing however We're going to give you a geyser that when you shoot it, it sprays up ink. We're going to give you grind rails that when you shoot them, they get filled with ink, and then you can jump into them, jump out of them. You get extra height jumping away from them. We're going to give you these little uh, squares that when you shoot them with ink, they expand to a big cube, and then you can jump on the cube or climb up the wall. You can also turn into squid form and, like, walk around so with a couple very small mechanics they really like the the campaign just comes up with new idea after new idea enemies you can only beat from behind enemies that spray down other colored paint that hurts you and you can't defeat you just have to figure out a way to hide from them just really really cool ways to play with the paint no paint mechanic it's just really cool um that said one disappointment I had with the single player campaign was that it it only lets you use the one paint gun. Now in the multiplayer, there's basically three archetypes of paint of of paint paint implements. There's the gun that shoots uh, short range, and there's like an Uzi variation and a regular gun variation. They look like super soakers basically. Then there's the, the roller.
1: Huh. The sorry, that's the one I always thought the roller
0: yes hell yeah the roller so there's the rollers and there's different versions of them that have different attributes but generally you hold it down and it rolls paint out underneath you um and then also if you like kick it down much like a roller would or you like flick it paint flies off of it kind of in a more shotgunny way so that's kind of the close range melee shotgun weapon this is really cool sounding isn't it
1: yeah 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 and
0: and then you have um and then you have the uh Long-range weapons, which are the uh, um, uh, chargers, the 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 old, uh, supercharger or something like that, and um, the ink charger or some, something to that effect. And then there's different versions of all of these. Like there's a paint brush, like that came out like as DLC, free DLC later, that like all, is like an alternate version of the roller. It's similar, but it's like a brush that sweeps from side to side. And then there's like different kinds of, of the charger weapons and there's different kinds of the, you know, there's an Uzi version of the, of the paint gun and it's really, really cool. So anyway, the campaign, however, decided to only give you the regular paint gun and not let you use the other two archetypes at all. And I understand that, like, they found enough to do with just letting you use the regular paint gun to make a whole campaign. But what they then do, which is a little shitty, is they hide the ability to use the other two weapons in single player behind amiibos. So, yeah. So So if you want to use the charger or the roller in any of the single player, which is really all I'm playing – you need the, you need the amiibos. And so the amiibos, and then here, and then they made it even more fucked up. In a, in, a, in a great way, but not really. So in the U.S., you can buy Inkling Boy or Inkling Girl solo. They come in their own packs, they're $12.99, whatever. Inkling Girl gives you the charger weapons. Inkling Boy gives you the roller. And then there's a three pack. And the three pack, Also includes the coolest Amiibo, maybe of all the Amiibos, the Inkling Squid. He looks awesome. He is rad. He looks pissed off. He's cool as shit. He's green. He rules. Only available in the (laughs) three-pack. So, of course, what did I do? Drop $35 on the three-pack, you know? And so here I have, with $47 for the game uh, used which is, you know, whatever. And then 30 I actually got them to price match the Amazon price, so I got the uh, the three-pack for 30 there So There you go. F- so yeah, so, but $77 to play the single-player in Splatoon. I mean, I've played a little of the multiplayer, too, and it's actually really fun. And check this out. This is also kind of uh, a double-edged sword as well. So much the Nintendo is like that, right? So great and so yeah. shit at the same time. They have these things called Splatfests, and they're awesome. There's been like 15 or 20 of them since the game launched a year ago. And what they are is it's like it takes the regular multiplayer and it makes it so all you can do for one whole weekend is a Splatfest. It's a special event. A lot of multiplayer games have these now like Destiny and stuff. And what it is is you pick like Team Marshmallow or Team Hot Dog and like you square off or you pick uh, uh, Team Movies or TV shows and you square off. The very last one um, that, that that they had was called Team Maria or Team – uh, Team Marie or Team Camille or whatever the other girl's name is. And they're the Squid Sisters. And they're the other like cool characters from this. And like you've gotten to know them for the year, theoretically, if you played it for the year. And now you get to pick which Squid Sisters is your favorite. And everybody does. And it's all in good fun. Then you go into every multiplayer game you play is this mode. And, and most of the multiplayer that's not ranked, it's not super competitive, is this one mode. And it's, it's basically cover as much of the board as you can. So really, if you want to play that mode without shooting anybody ever, you can You can just run around with your paint roller and try to paint as much as you can, which is really cool. It really is like I've heard some people say. It's like multiplayer coloring, you know, and it's really cool. So you can do that. But anyway, so you go and you play this game where you're trying to cover the whole map in colors. And then at the end of the weekend, it's determined by how many matches each team has won total and how many people chose each team. But with a a weight awaiting towards how many matches were won. And then they announce the winner. And then you get, like, these special points you can buy special upgrades with. And it's really cool. Well, that is an awesome concept. I luckily got to play one the very weekend I got the game. Unluckily, it was the last one they're ever doing. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, You heard that. Yeah,
1: Yeah, but, you know, doesn't Splatoon 2 seem inevitable for the NX?
0: I'm so fucking lootly It's a perfect fit. I mean, it's a perfect fit for a for actually for the NX, you know. And this game was a huge hit. I think it sold 3.42 million copies. I mean, games like Mario Maker sold similar. So, Mario Maker's newer, but, I mean, you know... This, this is their,
2: game,
1: their newest, like, amazing IP. And Nintendo yeah. is very good at making those, so...
0: It's a smash. It's a smash hit. Um, and so, you know, it's... it's You know what else I looked when I was looking? I've been mean, really taking a deep dive on Nintendo stuff you hadn't noticed. And if... Um, I was looking at the uh MPD numbers and actually Smash Brothers, and I guess this wouldn't be surprising to you, but it surprised me just at first till I thought about it. The three D S version sold like more than twice as much as the Wii U version.
1: I mean, there are more three DS owners.
0: Of course, of course. I get that theoretically, but it's just that, man, I can't believe there's twice as many copies of the game played terribly inferiorly. You know, like the, I
1: wouldn't say it.
0: I, yeah you were bummed it with it you were bummed with it you were like i really want the Wii U
1: version yeah because it's nice to play on the big screen but it, it is what it is i mean yeah and we've talked about it before that's the reason the 3ds version came out first
0: yeah is because yeah it, it is because every so that way they could sell it twice to those three point or those six million people that that did eventually buy the Wii U version they would at least buy it twice and then everybody else would buy it just once on the 3ds because they don't have a Wii U and they'll get overall more and that was smart of them um i mean the whole thing is kind of it's kind of crazy that really they just need to rethink their whole thing, and it looks like they are. But anyway, Splatoon is a super, super fun game. About halfway through the campaign, really having a good time. The bosses are fun. You know what it's a lot like? I bet you're not surprised. Mario Sunshine.
1: Yeah, makes sense.
0: It's a lot like it. It's like the spiritual successor to that, the single player is. Um, but it's a super, super fun game, and I, I actually, anytime you want a game to just like sit down and have a great time, and it's very platformy too. Um, you know, if you like the Mario games but just really wanted a different twist, it's great for that. So, Splatoon gets my definite recommendation. Probably more like an 859. It's a great game. Awesome. see.
3: All right. My next game, um, I assume this will probably be a big hit with the other two people that I'm podcasting with, oh, yeah. <laughs> 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 is The Division. Ah! Oh, God.
1: Yeah, Bigger with Rich, because God knows yeah, he's played a lot rich. of The Division. I played yeah, Bigger
3: Bigger with Rich. But yeah, uh, Jordan picked up the division, so we've been playing that. We haven't played it recently, but uh, uh, well, it we was. We can't
1: play it right now. Yeah, we,
3: we can't play it right now. But um,
1: what? It, it... Neither of us have live at the moment. We need. To... Yeah, we don't, gold. Have, we don't have. We don't have gold. What are you doing right now? So it it, it is a it is a temporary setback, but it's it like doesn't. Make... For a month, yeah. But then you you want to get the year if you can. All right. Uh, but... but what we played of it, Kelsey.
3: No, we played a bit. We really enjoyed. We also have our own characters. Uh, I am Agent Androgyny, and Jordan is Detective, Detective Dad. Dad. So uh, we well, have our own mythos.
1: Fuck? Well, okay, if you, if you haven't oh, played... I get why. I get you, why. If you haven't played The Division, there is character customization, uh, but it is an, ext- an extremely limited character customization. So limited. Uh, Everyone
0: you run into looks like you or one other guy.
1: So there's a, there was a thing where it was like, in my case, uh, I was just like, I look like a dad who got caught out on Black Friday trying to shop, and now he's trying to get home to his kids. And and that was just the stupid reasoning I came up with. For Kelsey, is that all the women in that game look like dudes?
0: Yeah, except They're the not- one that I picked. I tried to make mine as pretty as possible, and it was tough.
3: No, I mean, it's just, not that I, I'm not smacking down anything. It's just, because it, it's all short hair and, like, face tattoos. Like, that's what you have to choose from. <laughs> and I'm just like, this is not the character I want to create. But I just I so just happened I made a very androgynous-looking
2: character. <laughs> and so... It's all uh, short hair and face
3: tattoos, you're like. Uh,
1: my girlfriend said it best was that her character looks like Jeremy Renner. And... <laughs> uh <laughs>
2: Who is arguably
0: a pretty, pretty guy, but...
1: Yeah, so it's we just went with, she is Agent Androgyny, Agent Androgyny and I am Detective Dad. We've just been making dumb jokes based off of that. Awesome. And you kind of have to when, when the characters are so limited in how they look. And then when you've got, like, essentially, instead of cool collectible items like armor and, you know, those kind of cosmetics, you're basically like, what new item from the J Crew catalog do I get to put on after... Oh, no,
3: you have no idea how exciting it was when I got the first scarf. Yeah, it's there when minds are blown, because I was like, Jordan, guess what I got? And he was like, well, did scarf. you get a scarf? I'm like, yeah, I got a scarf. You can't see it. No, you it's can't there. see
0: most of your clothes in that
1: You can't game. see
3: most of your clothes. Yeah, but sure. you get shirts and it's like, but yeah.
0: Do you remember when I first got that game, Jordan, I was telling you about the character creator, and I was like, well, it's really cool because it has some diversity in race, but it's really uncool because it has no diversity anywhere else.
1: Yeah, no, it it really doesn't.
3: Um, you know everyone everyone looks the same in that game
0: it's 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 unfortunate but you know it is what it is but um but anyway so I, I'm just glad you guys are playing it period because that game's awesome I wish you would get live back I've been waiting for you to get to 30 now I know why you're not there
1: we we're, we're um, it'll it'll happen shortly I've also um, this is a, a real life thing I've had work for like intense work for two weeks now so it's been really a for me to play anything but uh, no I, I the like it is, it is a very fun, very competent uh, shooter that's really right. fun to play. Um, yeah.
0: The shooting mechanic, it's really hard to explain, but it's really fun. So I would recommend anybody who's on the fence about this, just try it out. Play it, you know? It's really fun. And, and,
3: oh, no, definitely. I, I think it's a very its a very solid shooter with really fun, like, perks that you can pick up and whatnot. And it has a really cool leveling system. I like everything about it. I think the setting is really cool. Um, you know, it, it gets a little... Un- but it's, it's like with any MMO, where you're trying to run from point A to point B, and then you're just, like, just tripping over so many random encounters, and you're just like, I just want to get to point B. And so it's, it's one of those games where you definitely, like, you have to be, like, in that mindset of, like, I know that I have to get to this one place, but it might take me 30 minutes, because there are, like, 20 encounters in between where you are and where you need to go. Unless you fast travel, of course. Yeah, but, like, but you, you have know, to you unlock can't. that first. You have to unlock those, of course. So, I mean, uh. The- you know.
1: The thing to me, it's also is um, uh, the end game... In any game like this, Destiny, World of Warcraft, uh, mo- a lot of games where it's like you want to get to the end game, uh, getting there is a little annoying because the way the story missions are spaced out in terms of level, you basically have to like, okay, I'm going to do the story mission. Now I have to go do every side quest and encounter to get to the proper level that I can go do the next story. See,
0: see and, and, and I, I completely see that as it as an issue potentially or as a fact but not an issue because i just I, I you know again i'm not the biggest multiplayer fan and you know at the end of the day the dark zone is the end game in that game now that's changing underground came out i haven't gotten the expansion yet that's so that's some more end game slash mid game content to play and then there's also those new uh, you guys didn't realize this but those uh, uh warrants or, or whatever they're called bounty are those hunts, bounty hunts mm-hmm. are, are new they were not there when the game launched. So that that, that was a patch, uh, patch two, I think. Um, so so, so that, it, it does you know, seem
1: like they're stepping in the right direction, though, because those, I think, are the most fun side quests to do.
0: Exactly. And I just think that so for me, I loved that every time I was I actually waited as and got as leveled up as I could because I had paid like 60 bucks or no, I actually think I got it with uh, I got it some other way. But but I got the game and I paid, you know, basically full price for it. And I really wanted my value out of it um and so like i just i was really taking it slow and i wanted to level up. i did every side quest i could and then the next mission so i was over leveled for the missions which i kind of enjoyed being because i was soloing that's another factor um and so you know i really enjoyed that aspect that it gave me a lot of stuff to do between missions but i can see if you really want to get to the you know the good and i understand what you're saying about the repetition of the story of the side missions
3: I mean, well, yeah, I was no. also two levels leveled for a lot of this, so, like, I'm speaking from that point of view, because someone played a little bit without me, and well, I, I, higher than me. Yeah,
1: I stopped and, doing it. Um,
3: yeah, no, he stopped doing it. But well, that's, was two that, levels
0: that's a testament to the game being fun.
3: Two, two levels higher than me, and uh, it, it just, it was, you know, uh, until you, you get to the point where you're, you feel a little better, and you get better guns, because... Uh, I also just felt like that, like for the longest time, I wasn't getting better guns than what I had, but the game was always telling me, "like Hey, you have really low level guns." I'm like, "I know, but you're not giving me guns that are better, so I don't know <laughs> what I'm supposed to do." Yeah. So it kind of got, so it kind of fell into that thing, and I, I, I know that I'm like, it, there's play, but I do enjoy playing it. It's a really fun game. I love, I love the atmosphere of it. And the storyline's really cool, and I'm excited to get more into the dollar flu and whatnot. I'll so tell
0: you, I'll tell you when you're really going to enjoy it: when the joy of gaming crew starts rolling through and tearing up people in the dark zone. No, that's I when you're going to enjoy it.
1: Three people is <laughs> going to make it fun. Although, like right now, we're doing it pretty well. Whereas, uh, I'm I'm playing more the medic role, and Kelsey's more offensive, uh, which which is a good balance.
2: Oh,
0: interesting. Uh, that's rare for you to play support, or am I wrong about that?
1: Eh, it depends, but I, I think honestly, even when playing alone, having healing is important. So, oh yeah,
0: uh, I, I don't mind
1: hard. being the guy who can like throw out a med station and let her revive herself when she goes
0: down. Oh, so there's a se- it's like selfish help. Okay, I got it. All right,
3: revive yeah. Revive yourself! Bit, yeah, because yeah, there the one time where he was like, you can revive yourself, you know, and I'm just like, or you could? Could you just help <laughs> me, please? You're dragging me through this two-level two higher zone, and you're just like, nah, get up. There's cleaners just here. Get there's, good, there's flame everywhere. Yeah,
0: dude, what's wrong with your character? What's wrong with Agent Androgyny, huh?
3: Agent Androgyny was, was having a rough time. She's a lot better now.
0: Awesome. Well, I'm glad to hear it. Um, anything else you want to say about the vision?
3: uh no, i mean i mean it's a it's a really fun game, and I can't speak to if it's better or worse than destiny, so I'm not going to go into that but I feel like if you like post apocalyptic esque things and you want a, a good m m o with um Really fun quest lines and whatnot, and I would definitely recommend the division. And it's uh, there's so much more content too that's coming out with the underground and three other, I think two or three other
0: expansions. I think two that are announced, but there's all kinds of little like drop uh, updates, yeah. updates and stuff. Yeah. like I said, all the, those in between missions are different. They change the tiers and the dark zone a lot. They've been up. They've been doing hot hot fix updates that added in. They added in two raids that well at least one of the not raids but incursions that at least one of them maybe two of them were were not actually part of an actual uh, uh, expansion but I mean they're they're really they're really supporting that game well Um, I mean they've learned a lot of the lessons about the Destiny learned but but quicker obviously with the with the foresight of having Destiny come a year and a half earlier Mm -hmm. Um, I mean to answer that question I've played both extensively I think Destiny is the better game overall but I think that both games are incredibly good. And they, they're different. You know, they're very different. And and they both do certain things really, really well. So, anyway.
3: But, you know, but those are my thoughts on The Division. Yeah. All right. So, Jordan? Uh, so, I picked
1: that up, actually, in the big Xbox Live sale. Uh, the summer sale is where I picked up The Division. So, the other game I picked up was Just Cause 3. And, you know, it's... <laughs> I don't have a lot to say on this game, just because... Uh if you played just Cause Two and you liked it, you're gonna like just cause three um it is a it is a ridiculously over the top sandbox game not to like Saints row for example is is ridiculous and over the top in terms of like uh the narrative getting super ridiculous and and the gangs being super caricature. This game is over the top in just letting you do mass destruction. And surviving somehow to continue to, like, do more exploding and vehicle combat and uh, skydiving and having a wingsuit and doing the, the grappling gun parachute wingsuit combo to, like, fly all over the island. And uh, I don't know. It's just it's not the most serious game. The, the story is pretty ridiculous. I mean, it's your basic there's an evil dictator who's taken over this uh, country and you go to overthrow him, which is a
0: not an evil dictator.
1: Yeah, and evil, yeah no. I
0: thought Far Cry had the uh, monopoly on those.
1: No, I don't think that <laughs> gaming and evil dictators go pretty hand-in-hand. Hand. Okay. Uh, but no, Just Cause 3, story-wise, the, the one twist, I guess, if you could even say that, is that it this time you go to Rico, who is the the main character, you go to his home country oh, to help no! li- flip time, it. Oh no! This time,
0: it's personal.
1: This time, it's personal indeed. Um, oh, the Wingsuit's the biggest new addition... Uh, it does a, a good, lot of... Hmm? A good addition. It is a good addition, yeah. The 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 grappling hook, it takes a little bit to get used to. The grappling hook parachute works very much like it did in Just Cause uh, 2 to allow you to get around quickly. The wingsuit adds a lot more uh, speed, and it's a little trickier to get mobility with it. Uh, it took me a lot of practice, and I'm still not the best, but I'm finally getting to the point where I can get... There are wingsuit challenges, and I can get... Uh, usually three or four gears out of five in terms of success rating. Uh, I was originally getting like one or two because I didn't understand how to pick up and like ride drafts and and stay in the air. And I'm getting a little better. It takes practice. Um, It's got some some dumb humor. It's got an over-the-top story. Uh, The big fun of it is that it is kind of a bit, you can get really lost mindless because Just Cause has really big worlds. And a big part of it is there are all these like, Regions, and so there's like, there are three big areas that are broken up into about seven regions or so each, and each of those regions have, you know, smaller, like four to six locations that you can go and liberate. So, you know, there's dozens of these liberations where you go to a city or a military base and you have to find speakers and statues and uh, fuel tanks and generators and you have to blow up all of these specific items to take over that area, and that's, uh, for the most part, completely removed from the story. Uh, it, of course, makes it easier to get around the world and not be attacked if you have all of these extra bases for, you know, vehicles and whatnot, but it's just really fun to, to kind of put... A, like Kelsey said with uh, the other game, she talked about... What was it? I already zoomed out. Wait, Afterbirth? Yes, Afterbirth. Put on a podcast. Afterbirth, yeah, it's where you can just put on a podcast and take out some cities. Uh, yeah. It's really fun to do that, and the story is fun. Um, I think I think people like. I always try to bring up like where people will disparage a game if it's humor focused, like the story's not worth it. But I honestly think those can make for some of the best, surprisingly engaging stories as far as emotion. Because
0: well, until say, Saints Row Two existed, I, I wouldn't have agreed. You know, but that game really nails that. Yeah,
1: that game nails it. Where it's like it's so goofy and over the top. But you end up really liking the cast of characters, so when something bad might happen or does happen to a character in that game...
0: It doesn't matter how goofy it is, it hurts.
1: Yeah, and so Just Cause 3 has actually, uh, maybe not to the level of skill of Saints Row 2 quite yet, I mean, I'm still playing through it, but it it it's done a moment like that where it's created a really likable character because of how good his friendship with Rico is, so when something bad happened, I was like, oh no, that sucks. Um... So, not a lot to say on Just Cause 3. I don't know how interested in it either of you will ever have been. Oh, uh... I'm
0: very interested in both of those games, only because... Uh, An open-world game like that is super fun, again, for the same reason you mentioned. You can just sit back and just, like, tear some shit up. I'm still playing through Far Cry 3, and then there's Far Cry 4, too. I might switch to Just Cause at that point. But it sounds like, if you're new to the series, 3 is the way to go, not 2 at this point.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's no real connection other than that Rico Rodriguez is an agent who goes around the world liberating places. And I think there's maybe... A few brief dialogue references, but yeah, nothing. No, if you, if you haven't played any other Just Cause, Just Cause 3 is a great place to start. And there's just so much to do from all the different side missions, uh, races, and time trials, and explosion challenges, and just all that. There's collectibles to find. The it's just a you very really, full game.
0: The thing that you told me that really got me excited about it, too, was that it's like like with a lot of games that have evolved to their second and third and fourth iteration, in this case third iteration, it has... Updates to the uh, uh, quality of life issues. Biggest of those that you mentioned, obviously the wingsuit's a nice um, uh, uh, partner to uh, complement to the the Mm zipline. And then also the fact that you said that you can be halfway through liberating an area, die, and then get to go back and you're still halfway through it as opposed to having to start from scratch searching down every billboard.
1: Yeah, I mean it, it very much doesn't make waste your time.
0: I love that. A lot of games that games need to respect your time. That was the big change a lot of people say Destiny finally made uh, halfway through this year when it had an update. It's like it finally like respects the fact that you don't have unlimited time to fuck around, you know? Yeah. So Anyway, that's cool, man. I really want to play that.
1: It's a fun one. Um, so that was my next game.
0: Am I up? Yeah, you're up. Yes. Okay, so here's what I was thinking for, for moving forward here. Uh, I have one more that I'll talk about here, and then I was thinking we could do... Uh, each one more big one or maybe one more that we wanted to talk about and then if you had any other ones just do like a quick quick hit on those. Yeah, that's you fine. Know,
3: that, that sounds good, yeah, because, yeah.
0: Okay, cool. So I'm going to do um, my uh, next big one um, and uh, it's it, not super big but um, I have been playing uh, Song of the Deep um, yes. which I heard from Kelsey earlier in, the, like, in our pre-show that in some circles on the
3: air
0: is would love um is that right
3: yeah no um uh, game over greggy from kind of funny uh when he was tweeting tweeting about it like someone had asked him about um because inside was a game that came out at the same time as song of the deep and i, I assume they're fairly similar I, I don't know why you'd be portraying the two i'm not i'm not entirely sure what inside is about i know it's just from the of limbo but um he was like, no, Song of the Deep is the game you need to get. It's still stuck with me. Like, I still think about that game. And I'm just like, oh, my goodness. Is, this game, Over like...
0: Greggy, is game Over Greggy? like, the guy from What's It Called?
3: For, he's kind of funny. He's an Oreo oration dude. That's what I meant. That's what okay. you're talking he's, about.
0: He's yes, well, yes, yes, XIGN. Yes.
3: yes, yes, yes. Okay, all right. But, yeah, no, he was, like, 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 like it was a like transcendent experience. And I was like, I need to play this game. And so when Rich brought it up, I was like, oh, it has to be, you know, well, I'll let you. Say how you feel about it. Yeah,
0: well, no, so here's my thoughts on it. And I was a little bit biased because from the very beginning of this game, like, it was getting sixes and sevens. And it was like, this game is half baked, period. Um, and, and it's like, it, you know, it, it, it's a, it's a fun game. Um, but a lot of what I read was like that the combat as you go through the game gets really, and this is really, I mean, I'm a, a little ashamed to say I was really impact influenced by what I'd heard, um, what i'd heard about it and they were saying like the combat is fine initially but you really aren't that well suited the controls aren't that great they're really floaty and there are instances like when you have there's these i'll give you an example there are these bombs i mean just to let people know real quick what it is uh Mm because it's kind of got an interesting backstory it is a metroidvania undersea game a little bit like extremely twisted shadow planet although i don't think that's undersea or is it i don't know um i forget but
1: you are on a spaceship but.
0: Yeah, but it's similar, and it and there and you know it's there's another one I can't think of right now where you're where you're underwater, but it's like an underwater Metroidvania type game. So what that means is uh, your progression is gated, and and there's this big world that's all interconnected, like a Metroid game, uh, past a certain era, or like uh, the Castlevania games on the DS, for example, or or the, the one that s- started with Symphony of the Night. Um, And so there are these games where, you know, you're going to the right for and you play through a chunk of the map and then there's a gate you can't pass. And then it says, like, whoa, Medusa's down there taunting you. Go after her. Go after her. You get an item from Medusa, and then that might take you in another direction. And then you'll get an item there that will let you open that gate that you were first stopped at over to the right. So it's like this real circuitous thing where you're, like, you know, going through these different ways. It's maze-like. It's really fun. I love them. To me, Shadow Complex is one of the best examples of a modern Metroidvania if you want one to play. That game is fucking phenomenal. It's by Chair. Uh, who uh, is, is, was working with Epic at the time or is bought by Epic now. And uh, Anyway, I, I digress. They need, I think they re-released that game, but that game is phenomenal. Um, but anyway, this is a Metroidvania underwater, and what's really unique about it is it's a GameStop-funded game. And now I don't mean GameSpot. I don't mean GameScoop. I mean GameStop, <laughs> the store, funded this development. And they worked with um, Insomniac Games, obviously, of the Ratchet & Clank series and, and others, Um, and uh, they they basically had a game. To me, it very much feels like a passion project along the lines of Ubisoft's... um, uh, What is that one I always talk about? They're
3: talking about... um Child of Light?
0: Yeah, Child of Light. Very similar in that it's beautiful, focuses on a smaller story, 10 hour campaign, 12 hour campaign, a little shorter, smaller, passion project from a company that generally brings out huge epic games. That's the connection I make there. And it is that, you know, a couple people at the company are like, I really want to make this beautiful game underwater. A character named Marin, her dad, you know, goes underwater and disappears. She has to go after him. And it's like this emotional story told in storybook form and, you know, very, you know, uh, surrealist and, uh, and a little, you know, different things under the ocean represent things. There's really mm-hmm. cool, like, different races under there. It's a really cool game so far. But it doesn't, I gotta say, I got about halfway through it and I just stopped and I haven't given it much thought since. So that doesn't mean that it doesn't go on to really take advantage and opt, and, and, and opportunize on, on the mechanics that, that it's so far introduced. But at the same time, like, it really, I don't ever feel compelled to go back to it. But now that you tell me that somebody is respected as Greg Miller, um is saying that it's phenomenal um and he keeps thinking about it i mean i gotta go and finish it um and so i'm glad i brought it up here because that that is encouraging but it's a fun game it's a cute game it's a cheap game that game is fifteen dollars on disc at gamestop um and you can either get it on disc or you can get a download code and i think you have to go to gamestop for either of those but it's really inexpensive and affordable it's maybe it's twenty but either way uh, – I, but I think I'd put five on it. So maybe it was – I think it was only 15. I mean that's a great deal. Um, mm-hmm. It's very pretty. Um, oh, I remember what I was going to say earlier. There are some frustrations with the floaty controls. So like when you're in combat, you can't like – I mean it's underwater, so they want to make it a little floaty. But you also want to make it satisfying and feel great. And sometimes it doesn't, especially because you have limited weapons. That's not supposed to be the focus. And I realized that if, as the game goes on, if it gets really combat-heavy with wave after wave after wave of enemies, it could get frustrating if the weapon set doesn't improve dramatically by that point. But also, it's floaty, and you're trying to do these puzzles. And I'll give you an example. There are these unwieldy, bomb-like things. And they're like, it almost looks like a, a helium balloon attached at the base. And it's a, this bomb is the balloon part. And then there's a big string on it, or like a big long part. And you have to grab it from the bottom of the string, basically. And wind it through, and you can imagine, these are tight little passageways in the water. And so once you pick it, like a flower, it's like a mechanical flower you pick. Once you pick it, you have to, like, move your ship in such a way that it becomes a long-moving tail, but that it doesn't hit any of the walls. So it's that it, miserable. <laughs> yeah, and so you're trying to, like... Right, get through and like wind and lead it in such a way that when it winds through it doesn't tap any wall. And even that is hard, but even that's not the hardest part. The hardest part is once you get to the place where you have to bomb to open it, you can't just be close to it. You gotta wind it so it is literally touching that wall. If it's even at like a quarter inch away from the wall you're trying to explode, it explodes and the wall doesn't doesn't disappear. So it's really finicky. And the controls are floating and it's not that that that's that's frustrating. So I can see what people were complaining about and why some of the concepts feel a little bit underdone or half baked or or just not not really like, you know, perfected. But that said, if the story is really great and it continues to have a lot more combat and and, and content than I thought there was going to be – not combat, content than I thought there was going to be, and, and it ends up being a really compelling time, the world is beautiful. And so far what I've seen, if there's more than what I've seen, it's really well realized. The art design is gorgeous. So it's very it's very hit or miss so far, but uh, hopefully it's hit by the end.
3: Yeah, no, I, I would hope so. – I mean I saw it at E3. I liked the look of it. I also – because I've been reading low – uh, which is a comic book series. Oh
0: yeah, which kind of looks very similar art design, except a little bit more abstract.
3: Exactly. So that like, I was really excited for it. So I I would probably take, I would definitely check it out at some point.
1: Yeah, also, so, so. it's on my list as well. I like Metroidvania type games, and I like Insomniac. Uh, just yeah, I I considered getting this when it came out. It actually came out on my birthday, but I just uh, I ha- I had a lot to play, and so I didn't want to. Uh, I, 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 honestly, I still have one because I haven't finished Ori in the Blind Forest yet. <laughs> I need to go back and finish <laughs> that
0: up. Ooh, I really want to play that. I've heard that one's like a masterpiece.
1: It's really good. I, I don't know why I stopped. Probably another game coming out. Um, yeah,
0: that happens. I mean, well, I didn't finish Doom. I don't even think you finished Doom.
1: I've yet to finish Doom. I need to go. I don't know why I haven't finished
0: Doom. And Doom is that amazing? Doom? I mean, I
1: Doom's on the short list for Game of the Year, so I don't know why I haven't gone back and finished it. Uh, You know, it's, well, probably, you know, the story's not anything that, like, is propulsively invested Which you were, like,
0: raving about previously.
1: No, 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 well, the point, the story's good because the story, you were were more into the story. I love the fact that that the story isn't, like, a necessity, but it makes it so it's not like I'm playing through to get to the end. I'm just playing because I'm enjoying it.
0: Yes, at least it gives you an A to B, yep, for a good reason.
1: Yeah, so I don't I'm not like dying to know how Doom ends. I'm just I when I when I wanna play it I know it's gonna be solid.
0: I see. That's a really good point. That is a game that doesn't necessarily have a time limit and it is long. It does have a lot of content there. So that is a good point. You have it sort of waiting in the wings for when you're ready for some awesome kick ass basically what Dude Nukem should have been.
1: Yeah, pretty much. Um Uh so let's see. Kelsey, I guess, is up with her game.
0: Yeah, so it uh, is Pick a pick a big one and, and a couple little ones you wanted to like quickly mention.
3: Yeah, no, well, I guess I was I was asked to, uh, so uh, I guess I'll talk about Pokemon Go, uh, which is I can't believe it's as big of a game as it is for how just <laughs> a little like it's just an app on your phone. And it's, it is it is all consuming to me. Um, I check it, oh, it's way too many times in a day. And I'm just obsessively, like, min-maxing things. So I get the most experience and try to catch, catch them all. And my brother and I have a day where literally we go out and we, like, walk around, like, areas around our neighborhood or just areas around where... Um, I live and hit Pokéstops and try to take over gyms and try to find new Pokemon and like we literally will plan it out like we're like all right where are we going this week and I'm like I want to go by water he's like all right we'll go by this park and this and that and on go
2: that's
3: why I don't play it I can't believe how much I I if you were like hey Kelsey there's an app coming out and you can catch Pokemon in altered reality it'll be really cool be like yeah I'll probably check that out no, yeah, I'm, like, going on, like, so many walks around my neighborhood. My well, you're dogs are the like
0: you're not the only one, dude. You're not the only one. Oh, no, I,
3: I know I'm not. It, it is, it is. I can't believe that it's still... For a game that started off as an April Fool's prank that I never thought was actually going to become anything more than an April Fool's prank, I can't believe how much it has taken the world by storm. And how much it took for the world by storm before it was even released in, like, huge countries like Japan, which has just just lost their minds over this. Like, it... It's 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 amazing. I honestly can't believe I'm saying this. It's amazing. It's so much fun, and the community that it's built is kind of reminiscent of like the community that like when I played WoW. That you know you just you had a bunch of people that all were able to get together and you were able to do this one thing. And same with Pokemon Go. Like my brother and I, we went to this one shopping mall and this guy happened to a drop a lure and he was like, hey, you know if you guys want to sit. A lure is like um you can put it on a Pokestop which is like a landmark. You put a lure down and. It, in that area it'll increase the rate of Pokemon that spawn there. And he was like, Hey, you know, if you guys want to sit down, hang out, like feel free. And so we just hung out with another dude just talking about Pokemon and like talking about what teams we're on and what we'd like to see. And he team was Team Mystic
2: just... for Life. Team Mystic. Are you Dylan's... Team
0: Mystic
1: too? I am. Yes team I'm Mystic. Team Mystic. So is everyone I know for the most part, which is nice.
3: Yeah, Dylan's team Valor and you know. Whatever. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for him. But uh but I just I can't believe like and like I said, it was just amazing. And you're making these all these really cool connections and whatnot. Now, I will say that there are some dangerous things, of course. So if you're, you know, maybe a younger listener, don't go out by yourself. Or even an older listener, don't go by yourself. Don't go to places that you think are sketchy just because you're the dragonite right there. Like, just <laughs> please, please use your common sense. Just that's all I'm asking. But yeah, um, it, it's so fun. And I can't, like I said, I can't believe how... Really simple of an idea it is, and it's just it's just like well, I mean,
2: it's genius. everywhere. It's, it's, oh it's, no,
3: it is. It,
0: and what's really what's really compelling to me about the whole movement is the fact that first of all, the whole thing annoys me. You either here, this is one of those games. You either play it or it annoys the fuck out of you. I mean, those are the two categories. Period. <laughs> um, and I understand like very firmly why people would love it, and I also understand why I don't want to play it. Um, but at the same time, it, it it shows me how important a good IP is, but also how important good mechanics are, but also how much games can fail if they don't have both, because mm-hmm. you have Pokemon, which always did well, but if you put Pokemon on Pokemon Mystery Dungeon, that doesn't mean that game's going to sell the same as Pokemon the game with the good mechanics, and mm-hmm. if you put Pokemon, you know, some other offshoot Pokemon game, like Poke- Pokemon Tournament, it's not going to sell as well as Pokemon X or Pokemon Y. Vi- and vice versa, you take uh, Niantric or Niant- whatever the company Niantric. is. Niantic, Niantric, and you take their game. What is it, Incurve? Incurve, or what is that one that it was based oh. off of? I don't, In-
3: I don't remember.
0: Incursion or Incurve or something like yeah, In- something
3: like that. Something
0: like that. Basically, it was Pokemon Go without Pokemon.
3: Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: it was this concept. I mean, this is why the two companies came together. They said, we have this great concept. We have this great IP. Boom. And you have basically this this alternate reality. It was just like it. It just didn't have Pokemon to catch. It had other shit to do in these real world locations. And it did okay, you know. But it wasn't Pokemon Go. And now you put these two phenomenal things together: amazingly good mechanics and a good IP. But not only that, an incredibly good cohesion between the two. They fit mm-hmm. really well. And so when you, ha- it's like a special magic sauce. And and all at what comes out the other end, the joy of gaming. You know, I mean, it's, <laughs> it's true. One knows with it but you know it's just it's there is a formula a magic formula and i it plays a role in that because that game was not a huge deal until the pokemon ip was added although the gameplay is pretty similar
1: it's i mean a big part's nostalgia you have people who probably haven't thought about pokemon in or, or at least haven't been actively pokemon obsessed for 20 years but again uh 90s nostalgia is a powerful thing for people in their 20s right now so yeah. it, it makes perfect sense and there's a, that's a big part of why it's the original 150 to start. I mean, they are the originals, but um, that's what people remember. And they're going to be adding more Pokemon and they're continuously updating it. But this is a game. Uh, I just I, I thought Kelsey would bring, should bring it up because again, she has been playing a lot. I haven't had a chance to yet as much uh, because I've been a little landlocked lately. I've been working a lot, and even though it's on because it's on the phone, uh, it's a it is a bit of a battery drain. So so to just kind of try to casually play it kills your battery life pretty quickly. Yeah. Uh, so I've been waiting till uh my girlfriend, who's she's even bigger, she's like level 15 already. Uh,
2: which oh, by way, did
0: you see the news? Level 40 is the cap.
3: Yep. It takes yeah. 40 million XP to get to that.
0: And and the guy who did it, like, said, I just did this. Uh, he hacked the game just to prove what it was to find out the limits of the game, and then he's, I mean, to save face because people would just hate this guy. He's basically <laughs> like, uh, by the way, Nintendo, uh, hint, uh, you know, nudge, nudge, please delete my account because this was just a test. You know, but it is level 40. Go ahead, man. Sorry.
1: No, um, yeah, But yeah, I just, I'd like to play more of it. I'm only like level 7, and there's way more Pokemon I'd like to catch. I don't even have some of my favorites yet, like Scyther. Uh, but it, it it's fun. It is just something fun. I think, I, I wish the battery life wasn't a problem because it would be something that would be much easier to just casually have out. Uh, but I, I do it when we're out on like a weekend for just a few hours as opposed to all day at work or something. It, it's really fun, and it's brought a lot of people. Uh, to exercising and socializing in ways they might not have otherwise. A lot of people who have social anxiety have found this to be just a really good way to get them out of the house and and have common ground and connect, which is awesome.
0: Oh, that um, couldn't be that couldn't be better for humankind. Especially, it's almost like a targeted drone that like directly targets people. <laughs> you know, some geeks, some geek. Well, I'm a geek myself, so I'm not criticizing. You know, do have. You know, do do you know sort of turn in and and do do a lot of. Um, solo stuff and 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 some of them do because do it because of social anxiety uh or, or or a combination of factors and this sort of like hones in on that exact target market and it's just like hey guys here's an awesome reason to get out and meet people let's do this yeah i mean in, in, in a beautiful way in I, a beautiful way
1: i'm i'm like that and i'm you know not That's to, to yeah, misjudge yeah. kelsey is too so having oh, that yeah, she no, has a
3: story definitely. like that <laughs>
1: at all is crazy
3: yeah, no, I have huge social anxiety. I don't like the people in the next for the most part. Um, so the fact that I was talking to some dude who was just sitting in like, you know, a little cafe area and we were just having this like in-depth conversation. And even other people that you just like randomly, it's like, oh, you playing Pokemon Go? It's like, yeah, I'm playing Pokemon Go. And they're like, oh, do you know, there's like a Star You across the street or like over around there. And you're just like, oh, hey, thanks. Like, it's just really cool that you can. And yeah, no, as someone who has like social anxiety and gets really nervous and shy around talking to people like even i have opened up and i'm talking to you know people who share a similar interest or have a similar interest because of pokemon go that's so.
0: awesome that's awesome wow some anecdotal let's do this that was anecdotal as hell <laughs> cool man cool um all right kelsey what else you got give us a couple little quick hits
3: um well the only other one that because the other one i we will talk about when we get to the theme um is xcom enemy unknown it was the free game last month i yeah. think it was a game last month? Yeah, June. Yeah, June, yeah, June. Um, it, I can't believe how much I like this game. Uh, I hate games with permadeath, because they give me anxiety, and I'm this game still will lead me to an early grave. But, oh, it's so much fun. <laughs> I'm so glad that I finally picked it up and played it, because it's not a game that I would normally play. It's a game way out of my comfort zone of, like, strategic, sort of, I don't grid-based combat, stuff like, um, type game. And it's just a lot of fun. And if you, you know, had a, had gold in June, you, you definitely should have downloaded it and definitely check it out. Even if you're not into those types types of games, because it's just so so much fun. I, I, it's just it, it really does it well. There are a few things that are a little, you know, like you're like I can't believe I missed that shot. That was like ninety five percent. But besides that, like it's a lot of it's a lot of fun. And, and I enjoy I enjoy playing it. So I, but that's really.
1: I I've been playing it too. Um. And this, this, because this kind of leads into the my last big game, I, w- I would like to make the note. What I think it does well with Permadeath is that I think the best games for Permadeath are, are games where th- your unit's max level isn't that high. It's yeah, like, definitely. You, you, you can level them up, and having like a fully leveled up unit is awesome, but it doesn't take forever to get, like, the disparity between a starting out unit and a max level unit in that game isn't insurmountable. Um, and it makes it so that if someone does die, it is a bummer. But the new recruit that you get has the opportunity to get back to that level.
3: Yeah, exactly. And there's no real like level cap to gear. You so can turn that off, have...
1: though, right? The, the permadeath. Not in XCOM, I don't think.
3: Not on XCOM, I don't think you can. Wow. You can turn off where it autosaves after every permadeath, so you can load a save file before it. But you but I permadeath is is you know is a part of XCOM, so I don't think you can, oh, wow. you can turn it off. But but like but I mean you no could reload. Yeah, you can reload. That's yeah, that's you can reload the save point. But, yeah, but there's like no level cap to gear for the most part. So like, you know, just because your I think it's major is the highest you can get. Your major sniper died, your rookie sniper, while it doesn't have all the cool perks, can still use that sniper rifle, still use that armor, still, you know, have all that stuff. So it's like there's not a huge disparity between you know, damage that will be, like, the damage output. It's just, like, the cool stuff that they can do. Like, the extra perks that they get. So, you know, I, I don't feel like... I mean, it, sure, it sucks, because you kind of like these people, and they get cool little nicknames when they reach a certain level, and you're just like, yeah! But, you know, I, I, I when I ever, you know, one of my high-level people would die, I'd just be like, oh, well, I guess, you know, have a rookie, or someone else, and, you know, take, go, take over, and they're almost the same, minus a few, like, perks. But, but, yes, that's, that's my last game for what I've been playing.
0: Interesting. Coolio. Interesting. Awesome. Uh, Jordan, hit it.
1: So the last big one I'll mention is one I just kind of started getting more into, um, and that is the Banner Saga on Xbox One. Uh, so this is a game that uh, picked up the – well, Banner Saga 2 was the free giveaway. It, like, premiered for free as the game uh, this past month. And it was kind of a case of, oh, The Banner Saga 2 is free. But I've always heard that it is a pretty straight sequel, so I'd really like to play The Banner Saga 1 first. And Kelsey picked it up for my birthday, which was very nice of her. You're uh, welcome. And so I started playing it, and I'm having a lot of fun. And it is another, it's an SRPG game, um, and it's been out for a while, the first one. It came to Xbox One back in January... But I'm pretty sure we, we'd there. we have to check the tapes, but I'm pretty sure we can find episodes of uh, former co-host Tim McNeil raving about that game. Oh, he
0: loved that game. I remember it really well.
1: Uh, Tim loves the Banner Saga, both of them. Uh, and he's d- super excited for whenever 3 finally comes out. Is
0: that going to be the, c- the conclusion?
1: Yeah, yeah, it's the end of the trilogy. Um, but so the Banner Saga is really interesting. It's, it's a very unique SRPG, and I'm a big fan of SRPGs. Uh, and what it is that it does so interesting is you have a very, or so far, I mean, I'm not too far into the game is you have a limited number of units and they all have different uh, classes and each of them get a, a special skill and a special pa- special passive ability. Um, but it does a few unique things. One of which is combat is set up in a way that instead of being like a, a specific uh, turn order, there is a turn order and you can always see it. But, it's the case, if you have six units and the opponent has four units, um, it's still a one, two, one, two trade off. So it's not like your, your six guys will go in the same amount of time, their four will. It's, so if your first guy goes, then their first guy goes. Your second guy, their second guy. Your third, their third, your fourth, their fourth. Then when your fifth guy goes, it like circles back around to their first guy. So even if they have less units, they get the same amount of turns. That's so, cool. It is cool, and what it sets up is, and uh, I'm going to name drop Tim a few times because I already have a specific story with Tim on this. But what he what he explained is, it sets up a system where you kind of want to try and weaken everybody before you start killing them off, because when you now when you get it down to one enemy unit, it goes to pillage mode, and you just you know basically can gang up on them really easily. Um, but if it's like two or more units, if you have a bigger force, your your guys just aren't getting to go as much, and they the enemies start kind of going faster. So it sets up a system where you're like what you kind of want to do is like get everyone down to one or two hit points so that you can kill them all like in one go. Um, and interesting.
0: that's interesting. Yeah, it's an it interesting. It takes some thought to even figure out why that makes sense, but it does.
1: It does. But what is also interesting is the way combat is set up. And it makes it a little hard to wrap your head around. So I'm going to do my best to explain it. It really is hard without visuals, but uh, in combat you have two things that you can attack on an opponent. There's their shield and then there's their strength. And their strength represents both their health. So if they have a 14 strength, then you know you have to hit them for 14 damage for them to die. That makes sense. But that same number is how much damage they can do. So if if you have a unit who has 8 strength, that means that when they're at full health, it takes 8 hits to kill them, and they can deal 8 damage with 1 hit. Um, and so what you can attack is, if you attack a unit and you get its health down to like two, not only is it almost dead, that's the max amount of damage it can do is two damage. Um, so that's that feeds into that whole leave everyone alive thing because then you have turns of theirs that are basically garbage. You know, they, they can't get through because what shield does is if you have an eight shield, that prevents eight points of damage that they might be able to do. So if they attacked you with ten strength and you had eight shield, they would only do two damage to you. Um, and then there's another thing where you can attack their shield specifically. So it's like there's two different meters that you need to whittle down or figure out how best to combat, and it makes it a little tricky because it's not just a health bar. You know, in most games, you can, like, look at the battlefield really quickly and be like, all right, he has this much health, he has this much health, he has this much health. In this game, it's like, okay, he has this much health, and he has this much shield, and this unit of mine could do this much damage, or he could do this much damage to his shield. So it's a little crunchy, But it's really satisfying when you start getting your head around it. And it was funny because uh, after work the other day, Tim was over and he basically did, like, a a presentation where we, like, went to a training map in the camp. And he was, like, explaining the stats and, like, working through, like, he was doing a tutoring session on the Banner Saga. That's Uh,
0: awesome.
1: And it was really fun. Not everyone can have that, obviously, Uh, Well, I mean, if you want to hire Tim to tutor you on video games, I don't know that he would say no to that. I don't know that anyone would, uh, if they're good enough at it.
0: He'd be pretty good at doing it, too.
1: He would be pretty good at doing it. I know a lot of streamers do that, like pro-level gamers do it. Uh, They'll, like, rent out their time. But the Banner is really cool so far. I like the different systems. So even though, I mean, I'm sure it sounds complicated, but you can... It's unique, and you can tell it just from the way I'm describing it, I think, even though you might not be able to fully wrap your head around it. Um, but I mentioned earlier with Permadeath, this game has it, but it does it in a unique way, too. Like, if your units fall in battle, they don't automatically die. Or at least uh, Tim, Tim was explaining that if they go down, it usually just means for the next battle they'll be operating at a weakened state, but they'll get better. What this game has are these plot decisions that you have to make between fights, where something will come up, and you might not be sure what the outcome is going to be. It could be something like, oh, we just finished a battle, uh, but because of the fight, all our supplies are scattered, scattered around. We can hear that more might be coming. Do we take the time to try and gather our supplies? Do we get out of here? Do we stand and fight? And you have to pick one of those three things. And in some cases, I did a choice where it was like, all right, let's really quickly finish searching this village. And one of the dredge, which are like the mechanical enemies in the game, showed up and was about to like mace someone unawares and kill them. And so I had choices where it was like, do I yell to them? Do I try and fire an arrow at it? Do I, you know, try to aim the arrow off because they're so close together and I might hit my person. Um, and it creates these really tense moments where you could lose actual units from the game in these story moments. Um, but again, you only can rank up your, the, the way your characters rank up is they get a, a point every time they kill someone. And when they killed enough people, uh, it's not like an experience. It's just killing someone gets you a point then they can level up. The max they can rank up to is five. So, yeah, there's a there's a max, and those units tend to be better because you can upgrade each of their individual stats, but it's limited to... The losses are limited to the story, which is also interesting because it means they can build the game out in a way that it's based... Like, they know what units you could possibly have leading into a mission, as opposed to Fire Emblem, where someone dies, and, you know, anyone could die at any point. So it's an interesting way to do permadeath. Um... I'm really enjoying it so far. It, it's one that I've heard get a lot of praise for both its story, its decisions, its gameplay, which is complex, but, but seems like the sort that's going to be really fun once I fully got my head around it. Tim helped out a lot with it. Um, I don't know if you guys have much interest in the banner saga. Uh, I think Kelsey does at least. I
0: theoretically do. It's just one of those things that like, it bums me out that I got the second one for free. It's very clever of them because <laughs> all it does is make you want to buy the first one. Yeah. It's like, all I gotta do is buy the first one, and then I got two games.
1: I mean, it's—I've heard the second one is playable, but yeah, you do. Uh, want sure,
0: it. sure. <laughs> you know what I mean? You, you do a lot. You play a lot of games. You know, you shouldn't, <laughs> but whatever.
1: Kelsey, are you excited? You—you've played a little of it, right?
3: No, I did. I just was really exhausted when I started playing it, and the combat ah, is so—it's a just to thinking wrap man's game. Head around, and I was just like, yeah, I'm gonna go back to Isaac because that's where my brain is at right now. Yeah, <laughs> so you need to—you want to go, go into
1: it fully energized.
3: Uh, yeah. I can only really
0: imagine. There are a lot of games that are like that. I recently well, go ahead. I'll talk about it in a second.
1: Uh but yeah, no, that that's the big one I wanted to talk about. You know, I've had I have other ones I've been playing. Uh The Witcher Three is really fun. Um I, I re downloaded or reinstalled SWAT four because I, I really enjoy that game and the So crazy. The that is a Ken Levine
0: it. game <laughs> That is a Ken motherfucking Levine game.
1: Well, he made a good one. Uh, I
0: know. I love it. He makes a lot of good ones. <laughs> Kidding
1: me? Yeah, no. Uh, so SWAT 4 is just really fun. I like I like the commanding units and the way you have to, like, uh, try to not use deadly force at all and actually handcuff everybody and report them and collect their weapons for evidence. like that game a lot. And, uh, yeah, I think that's it in terms of the major things I've been playing. So that's it for my games.
0: Awesome. All right. Well, I will go. Um... And I will say that – let's see. I'm trying to just pick from my list what I think is important to talk about. Um, Okay, well, I guess I'll start with um, uh, the one uh, I'll talk about maybe. They're all going to be kind of quick hits on here, and that's fine. Um, Dragon Age Inquisition. So I was looking at that big sale, that big gaming sale that Xbox had, and I was really trying to decide. I was like, hmm, Dragon Age Inquisition had the game of the year uh, version. Was it like 15 only, I think? It was like crazy, crazy cheap. And then there was The Witcher for 25 and it wasn't Game of the Year. Uh, it was just The Witcher as it is. And obviously, I, I kind of wanted to play The Witcher a little more than Inquisition, but I really want to play Inquisition because I played Dragon Age 1 Origins completely. I played Awakening, uh, and I played m- half of Dragon Age 2, and it always bummed me out because I really wanted to finish Dragon Age 2, but my Xbox uh, 360 doesn't play th- games anymore. And so, I, I don't know. And long story short, I was like, F it. Dragon Age Inquisition is only fifteen dollars and going by jordan's often very wise logic when it comes to um economizing with video games uh i compared you know how much the game itself costs versus what you can get it for at the store anytime you want it um you know like the sale price versus regular price basically yeah and, but a little more complex calculation um and the witcher uh three i could get you know for roughly that same price or, or maybe a little more but dragon age inquisition um uh, game of the Year edition is like 40. So I was like, all right, I'm going to get it. it, comes-. And, it and, I, and it was kind of worth it because when, when I bought it, man, did it download like 15 things. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was like this pack and that pack and this pack and, 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 and you know, these five DLCs. And, I mean, it, it's pretty complete. So anyway, I started playing that, and I'm really enjoying it. But it's just one of those games you need a lot of time, a lot of time. And I'm trying to like – I still haven't gotten out of that first area. I know that's the advice everyone gives. Is get death. out of the
1: hinterlands,
0: right? <laughs> I know. I know. It's what everybody says. I've only played like four or five hours, but I'm still in those damn hinterlands, and i got to get out. I want to build my my team up, you know. But um, I'm excited. There's a lot of content there. But I do have to admit that when I was at the store today, all of a sudden there was this precipitous drop, if that's the right word. Uh, uh, in price for The Witcher, and it was only $23 used for the beautiful copy with the soundtrack, with the map, all of it. And I was like, dude, I gotta get that. So I picked it up. So now <laughs> I have to decide, like, am I gonna finish Inquisition? Finish, quote-unquote. Um, or, or keep playing Inquisition or go to The Witcher, because I played The Witcher 2 more recently, and I really, really liked it, and it's fresh in my mind. So I may switch over to that, but I'm, I'm nervous to do that. Um, I've also been playing a couple other Nintendo games, which I may talk about more in the future. Um, New Super Mario Brothers U I got. Um, really was disappointed by that one um, just because going back to that. I don't know. I just wasn't in the mood or something. I think I'll like it more one day. But I, it's like for some reason New Super Mario 3D World is 20 bucks because it's on like that select Nintendo selects. But New Super Mario Brothers Wii U, nope, still 60 bucks. you know. It's, bizarre. So it's just,
1: Nintendo, man. Yes. What That's how they, they roll. Do?
0: They do whatever they want. So I got that, and I played it a bit, and I was like, nope, I'm trading this in and getting Mario 3D World and, like, three other games. That's it, <laughs> you know? So, anyway, I got Mario 3D World so much better, so fun, so great. That game is just, like, you, you got to play it, Jordan. It's master. Right. Um, and then I played some DKC uh, Tropical Freeze, which, which is, like, really, really good, too. So of those three, definitely Tropical Freeze and Mario 3D World over the Mario Brothers Wii U. Um, anyway, the last one I'm going to talk about. Um, today, and I have a bunch more on my list that I, that I haven't got a chance to get to, but once I play more of them, I'll talk about them on future episodes, um, is Mighty Number (laughs) Nine.
1: So. I got a little preview of this.
0: Yeah. So I got to GameStop and it was like a week after the game came out and the torrent of hate for that game. I mean, that game is so maligned. It's so hated. Like it couldn't be more hated. At least it came out, you know, at least it wasn't like that comic book by Tony Harris. But I mean, it was kickstarted. And for people that don't know, this game was kickstarted like crazy. Of course, you know if you're in gaming. It's basically the Mega Man, but it's not Mega Man because they don't have the license from Capcom. But it's so, Keiji Inafune. Right, it's the guy who did Mega Man in his new company. Well, instead of making this game, right, apparently they effed this game up and started making three other games at the same time. Uh, and not only that, but like all the really beautiful like sprite graphics are gone, and now they have these horrible like 3D graphics that everyone hates. The explosion looks like looks like bad pizza. Like that's that's, <laughs> oh God. that's how bad it is, right? I mean, it, it, it looks horrendous. But that isn't even enough. Like I was like, okay, so anyway, I get the game stopped about a week after it comes out, and it was only seventeen ninety nine, and and already the game was ridiculous. It was like a forty dollar game or thirty or forty dollar game coming out, and like totally unacceptable. Take a page from Song of the Deep, bro. You know, like and 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 release your game for what it's worth. But anyway, they didn't. Uh, they brought out this 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 bad boy at like forty bucks from Mighty Number no. Nine. And, I mean, even, like, Mega Man 9 and 10 were, like, 15 bucks, you know?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: But anyway, so they put this thing out. This game is really hard and unfair as hell. It's so fucking unfair. There is this part, and I, I'm never going to be able to do this justice verbally, but I'm going to try. I tried playing through a couple of levels. I was like, yeah these are kind of hard. They're not, kind of not that fun, but they're okay. The absorbing. So every enemy you kill, you're basically supposed to absorb them. So as you play through the level, like you, you shoot a guy a couple times, he becomes like this weird like, you know, Morphe looking and look, and then, uh, you you like shoot through him with a dash move, and you absorb his like robotness or whatever, his little like, chromosome robot chromosominess. and like you absorb that for god knows what reason. They don't really explain it. The story's horrendous. The characters have no personality. They're just like there's like Mega Man and there's uh, what's the girl in Mega Man? Roll. Peck and, and call in this one, right? Right. I mean, it's just stupid. And, I mean, they have no personality. The story's horrendous. Um, but even all that would be fine if the gameplay was really fun. A, the, like, the, the 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 gameplay mechanics are like, eh, they're all right. The levels are, like, hard, and that's fine. Challenge is good, but dude. So there's just one level that I got to. There's, like, the third or fourth robot boss that I tried to fight. I never beat one of the robot bosses, and I played this game for hours because it's just <laughs> – like, I, I mean, there's no, like, good way to, like, order to beat them in. It doesn't even seem like there's any room for you to get powers from the robot bosses because it's like you already have, like, this this moveset that I can't really understand how powers would even work with the button layout. I mean, it, it's, it's, it's a mess. But there's this one part you get to, and there's, like, these fluctuating energy circles. So imagine a circle, and, like, it has, like, so, so imagine a circle within a circle. Um, there's one big circle and it's like basically like a big cheese wheel sitting there, right? Like on the wall and you have it, right? And then it like radiates like from the core of it. But really there's basically like a quarter inch of it that like recedes and goes back out, recedes and comes back out. Um, and it's like fluctuating super fast like wow, 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 wow. So there's like a little quarter inch that like sort of opens for a split microscopic second and then comes back. And it's just like this constant radiation. Well, I couldn't believe it, it's, but after, like, the 15th death, I looked online, and you're literally supposed to dash under it when at the, at, in a literal middle, millisecond. There's no way to predict it, too. It's, like, it's so chaotic, and, like, non, It's like, it almost feels random ha- how much it, like, radiates and, and fluctuates. I mean, I couldn't believe it when I found out that's what you're supposed to do. I saw some guy playing, and I was like, oh, my God, I can't believe that. He was chuckling. He was like, I can't even believe this. He was <laughs> oh just, like, he was appalled he was like, oh, my God, I can't believe that was what I'm supposed to do. Come on. You know what I mean? It's that kind of experience. And it's really too bad because there's so much potential there. Like, go back to basics, dude. Make freaking Mega Man 9 again. I mean, like, it's just such a fuck up. It's such a fuck up. How do you fuck that game up? Years and years. And all they got to do is make a 2D side-scroller with the guy who invented Mega Man. And And I guess what it really shows you is that there's a lot more value. I mean, not that I didn't know this, but this just proves it again. And that is that the team that makes a game is very important. Like Kojima is important, but so is maybe that's a bad example because Kojima is really important. <laughs> yeah. But- but generally speaking, like just because you take the director away does not mean you're 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 it may hurt your company really bad. But it's not just that director that makes the game. The whole team that was put together was a magical moment in time when the best games were created. It was this magic synergy. Games is a collaborative medium, just like comics, right? You can't just say oh this this director in every case is all that matters and he's magic and he can just put together a new team and make Mega Man again. Lightning can strike again just because he's K.G. Inafune. And it's obvious that's not the case because if if it was, it wouldn't have taken three or four years and sucked. You know, I mean, I don't know. I just don't know how this game went so wrong. I'm sure there'll be big exposés about why Mighty Number no. 9 went so wrong. But so many people put so much money in. They had to ask for more money like three times. They delayed the game like eight more times with weird excuses like online leaderboards. I mean, just ludicrous. And it'd be all fine if the game came out and was awesome, which it is not.
1: Yeah, so. it's unfortunate. Anyway.
0: It really is. Were you excited about this game or what, guys? I mean,
1: I didn't ever. I never thought to back it, but I'm. I I've I've actually never backed a video game because I'm always like, I'll just be able to buy it when it comes out, (laughs) Uh, and it avoids things like this. Uh, This is probably the biggest one where it's like, this really should have been great and it wasn't. But it's happened a lot before. But you know. uh, There are other games too where I I I wouldn't say I'm not the biggest Mega Man fan, so I wasn't super excited. I'd say the biggest game I'm excited from the Kickstarter that I kind of almost wish I had was uh,
0: exactly what it is.
1: Yeah, it's ukulele. Like number one with a bullet. I'm I'm and I'm bummed it got delayed till uh, early next year. But I like Mega Man. Had this been good a good Mega Man game, I'd have been really excited for it. Um, and, you know, it's a bummer when you think of all those, like, comics and fan videos talking about, yeah, Beck's the new Mega Man. We're so excited for it. Now it's like, oh, never mind.
0: Yeah, Beck is lame. And uh, he's at your beck and call with a shitty game. <laughs> and uh, anyway, all right. So that, that's my last game to talk about. And um, uh, I guess we roll into the theme. Yeah. yeah. Um, I know. We've been talking for a long time. <laughs> No, like you know,
1: this is a bonus sized episode. Hopefully you guys out there have been craving it or yeah. loving it. Uh, they should be more like if we get on a to every uh, ideally every two weeks schedule of recording, if Skype works out, which I'd say it has so far, yeah, not in a you know, knock you on wood on. I am. I think this works. I like this. Uh, Kelsey.
3: Oh, yeah, no, no, I mean, I'm enjoying this. It's, it's nice to be able to since I am not local to be able to contribute.
0: There we go. All right. Well, there you there you have it. A joy of gaming is It sky. Hope you've been
1: there too. Okay. So yeah, there's not. So so remasters. Uh, this was just kind of an off-the-cuff theme, but it's something we've noticed quite a bit. Is that there's a lot of gaming remasters that, that come out, whether it be collections of older games, uh, games with updated graphics, sometimes just straight re-releases, but they're they're considered like the the gold edition or the the edition or if you're lucky, something as glorious as the DEFINITIVE edition. Uh <laughs> But we've just seen that it's been kind of a hot thing to take older games, give them a new coat of paint, and bring them out on new systems. And in a way it makes sense, especially nowadays when game development cycles really have only gotten longer um, in terms of getting funding, how long it takes to perfect them. And and if you want to keep a franchise hot, you want something for fans to get into, and these remasters kind of offer that, a way to uh, keep the franchise alive, as it were. You know, Gears of War 4 comes out this year, they had Gears of War Ultimate Edition last year, um, and it's something you see a lot. Resident Evil has a new game coming out next year, but this this... This year has been all about the let's bring every
0: three...
3: Let's try to bring every Resident Evil... Every Resident Evil to the new consoles go. Yeah, that's well, well
0: the, well, the only thing... The thing about that that's so kind of... um, I mean, I know you guys are really enjoying 5, and not to spoil that, but, you know, the thing is that those games already had HD remasters or re-releases. Like, like all these games already... Like, okay. Ex- I'm saying it wrong. Xbox 360 already had, like... Ten remasters of Resident Evil games like it was like and, and then before that, like there were other really releases like hasn't Resident Evil Resident Evil 4 has been re-released on. Let me get through it. PlayStation 2,
2: mm-hmm. Wii, mm-hmm.
0: PC, Yep, Xbox 360 and now Xbox One. And there's more I GameCube. Well, that was the start. No, that was the start. Oh, the start. Oh, yeah, no, that's the start. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. There's I was a saying, Wii U But, but still,
3: too. It's still, it's still it all on. It's all on every platform basically. Now.
0: Oh, there's a Wii U version. Oh, and I, and I and I and I. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Because I was thinking, and PS4 of course, and PS3 of course. Um, I mean, it's it's crazy. Um, and I it's it's it it's, it's probably the most remade game ever uh, in the modern era. Would you guys yeah. say?
3: No, de- definitely. I mean, de- that's definitely. One of, yeah,
1: it's definitely. Yeah. Well. I I think with a game like that, it's like, especially as backwards compatibility has stopped being a thing, uh, it, it, it's kind of like the, the answer to it. It's like, instead of having every game be backwards compatible because the system doesn't allow it, it's like we can, we, they're, they're cherry picking or bringing their particular games that they want to make available again. Um, but with a remaster, you get to update it and make it maybe look a little prettier, add a few new features. Um, and, and give fans a reason to repurchase it.
0: Well, that's you know, that that's great when that happens, but looking at Resident Evil 4 for Xbox One, which is, you know, an interesting game to look at, does that have anything new in it? I don't think so.
1: I don't think that one does. Um, oh, I don't even
0: think it's has. any different from the 360 one.
1: Probably not. Uh, Resident Evil 5, though, did add a new multiplayer mode. Now, I'm not playing it, but... Really? Yeah, the Mercenaries United, I think, which is really just yeah. like a fusing of the past versions, but it makes it into a single lobby where you can play everything all together. So it's like it wasn't a zero effort port. And it that, does look a little better.
0: There's no new content.
1: Uh I think there might be a new I
0: thought one. you said it was the same maps, they just fused it.
1: Yeah, but it is a new experience. Look, I'm not saying ah! <laughs>
0: I love it because you like that game. You're reaching for it. Hey, that's loyalty, man. Stick up for your team.
1: Hey, I don't even think you need that. Like again, just the excuse. Like when Resident Evil Four comes out next month, it's Resident Evil Four, and I haven't played it in a while. I'm I'm excited to maybe pick that up and play it again. Uh, you don't really need to give Kelsey much reason to play Resident Evil Four again, anyway. So I my- no, I
3: play it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I have it
0: on my 360, and it's a, and it's a downloadable game, so I could go on there anytime I want and rock out. And it's going to be the same experience. You still have your 360. Don't you have Resident Evil for that?
3: Well, yeah, but I mean, I bought it for the PS2 and I bought it for the 360. So, like, why not the Xbox One? you're (laughs) going
1: to buy Resident Evil. It barely works anymore.
3: Yeah.
0: You're really going to buy 4 again?
3: Probably. Uh, Probably, yeah. My brother and I love 4 so much, yeah, we will probably buy it again. Oh, it's top
0: 3 for me of all time. But, I mean, I already have it. Are they not going to do anything new?
3: I'm not sure. Do you really... I'd have to look into it, but I don't think they're going to, and honestly, I don't need much reason to have it on my Xbox One, so I don't ever have to turn on that that 360 and it possibly burst into flames.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. There is a convenience to it. It's nice to be able to just have it as a tile on my Xbox One home screen and bring it up, Um and I think that's what remasters do. It, there is a level of convenience to even the simplest ones, just being able to edit. And you have to remember, this also brings it to the most current system. Uh, now, Resident Evil 4 is a bad example because it's single player, but Resident Evil 5, we get to just play co-op on our Xbox One, which is way easier and more up-to-date than uh, the 360 version. And it's also little things, like the loading times are insanely fast. Oh my gosh, they're so fast. To, yeah, compared to... The, like. One of the things is you remember when when loading times, and you still get that this with modern games, but like loading times are always notorious for it. Like if you have a long loading time, uh, Resident Evil Five does a thing where it has a like the history of Resident Evil title cards that you would read between loading screens. In this version, it goes so fast you're lucky if you can get through half of one before the game <laughs> started up again. So that's but a even nice even like the single
3: thing. sentence ones, not even like the paragraph ones that they had up there. Like like sometimes we would have like contests to see if we could finish the sentence before it flipped off the screen.
2: Yeah, that's
0: crazy. I mean that that in a very good way. That's crazy. I mean, and I'm sure that content's online if you ever want to read it. Um, but that's 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 interesting. That's interesting. I mean, I, I that's cool. That that is. See now when you mention that, you know, a load time that is a fundamental improvement in the game. I mean, yeah, I, and I
1: think remasters is offer that sort of stuff and that, that's what's important to consider because there are re-releases um, and sometimes they, they make a point of saying whether or not. It's like The Last of Us Remastered for PS4 I think upgrades the graphics and yeah, probably the load times but I, I think it is a tricky thing where it's like with, with PS3 to PS4 or Xbox 360 to Xbox One, we've seen a lot of those type of ports it's like, isn't this really just an excuse to re-release it more than it is anything else?
0: Like, well yeah, I mean uh, that said though um, like the Definitive Edition, I haven't played it, but I've looked at videos, and the Definitive Edition of uh, Tomb Raider, for example. I don't need to play that game yet. It's been too recent. But if I were going to play it, the only version I'd want to play is the Definitive Edition on the Xbox One. So that is cool for games you want to play more than once. And if I'm going to play a game more than once and there is a Definitive, I'm not going to play the old one, generally. Sure. There are exceptions to that. Uh, one of those might be Darksiders, but even still, I kind of want that Definitive. You know, I mean, I just, it has all the DLC. Supposedly they, they distributed the weapons throughout better. It just gives, one thing that's really cool, if, if we could sort of merge into a topic of what makes a good one, right? Unless you had a better plan than that. No, no, that's fine. Um, what makes a good one is uh, when they use the opportunity to their advantage, to fix things, to make things better, to even if it's as simple as, like I said. Uh, first of all, one thing that's really nice about these is is, is when the game is more recent, like let's say Dishonored. And they put, I mean, they already had a Game of the Year edition on the last console generation, but for this generation, they did the uh, the Dishonored Ultimate Edition, and it's basically Game of the Year just on this system. But what you're getting above and beyond what you got in Dishonored is a lot of DLC that costs twenty, thirty dollars even now, you know. And 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 then you get the game, and when they make it forty dollars. I mean, you're getting a lot there. Plus, it's a huge graphical overhaul or at least a significant or, or some kind of graphical overhaul. Every time I use the word like huge or significant, I feel like, man, maybe I'm overstating it a bit. Mm-hmm. But, but you know, it, it does have a graphical increase. And it, with a game like Tomb Raider, Rise of the Tomb Raider, um, no, so, excuse me, just Tomb Raider, I mean, it's it definitely makes me – I mean, even – I just played Rise of the Tomb Raider. I haven't quite finished it yet. But even the fact that that's coming out on PS4 with all kinds of updates and these new modes and stuff – like, that's intriguing to me, and I, and I, it makes me wanna like, almost say, ooh, maybe I shouldn't quite finish it now so I can play it again then. <laughs> um you know, it really is kind of cool that these, that the, when these games do that. And I was saying, um with Darksiders, with Darksiders 2, they, I read in depth what the differences were, and it was hard, it's hard to find out. If you really try to read it, it's like, no, it's definitive, it's awesome, remixed, remastered, whatever. And it's better graphics and all that, but that game, the kind of, the, the, um assets and the, and the, 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 textures are so kind of basic that it's kind of just the the very design of it you can res it up but it really hardly matters you know Mm -hmm. Uh, but but even still that game what they did was they took things like uh, it used to be that when you downloaded the DLC for that, like the really great weapons, it gave them to you in like a weird way, like all up front. So they'd be under leveled or some aspect of it that I don't really understand, but they weren't spaced out properly. So in the Definitive Edition, they took the opportunity to take those weapons and space them out throughout the campaign. So you get them from like a boss you wouldn't have gotten it from before or something, as opposed to front end loading the game with all kinds of cheat gimmies at the beginning and or weapons that, you know, you want to get it at level 20 when it's really beast, not at level one. you know? Right. So, um, it, that's a cool thing that they do.
1: One thing you brought up that I think is definitely worth mentioning in terms of what makes a good one, uh price. <laughs> yes. Yeah. When you're considering a age of a game and b how much or b how much they've actually done to the game, price is a big thing and this brings us to something we could have talked about in news. I saved it till here, uh that we also talked about in SDCC is uh the Marvel Ultimate Alliance games that just Ooh. came out this past week—they're um, out,
0: actually, right?
1: They are out, actually. They basically were announced and released two or th- two to three days later. Yeah. Um, these games are, you know, decade-old almost titles for the first one. Uh, certainly, very last gen, like deep back into last gen, and uh, they were released for forty dollars each, or sixty for a combined uh, version, which. Might be worth it if there was a lot of updates and a lot of work done, but this is essentially almost straight port level.
0: So tell me what you've learned, because it sounds like you've done a little research.
1: Uh Basically, the what reviews the reviews have been very unkind to it, just being very old games, very little done, a lot of glitching and audio problems. And they, now Activision has said they're working on it, but it's the sort of thing where it's like. It, it very much feels like a quick – a cheap cash grab almost because these are games that should be great on a co- next console. And yeah, there's obviously servers they put in so you can play these games with friends over uh, Xbox Live on the new console. So that's an addition that's good, but they've done almost nothing to make this game – these games feel worth revisiting.
0: Yeah. I mean I just I, – I just think it's disappointing um, that they're so expensive. They should be $20 or, 40, or, or 30 for both. That would have been perfect. Um i mean now now granted i think they're they're playing, basing that a little off I understand the original one, especially because it was packed in with so many consoles um you know did go down to uh uh did did go down in price, but that the second one was a little more expensive and it's still pretty expensive to get or at least it was like thirty bucks maybe for a while the right. second one, but even still like it's just the, the whole point is you bring these games out now, and they, they you're supposed to charge what they're worth. And I mean, they got to drop the price on these; they just have to. It, do I hear something dying or some something? I'm hearing a beeping. Is that you guys or what?
1: Ah, uh, no, I think uh, Kel, we dropped Kelsey on the call here.
0: Oh no! Okay.
1: Uh well we'll, we'll we'll try to get her back. Um, or well, Rich is in charge of the call. Yeah. What are the Skype problems we might run into from time to time? Um. Oh no. But. And as far as other things are t- worth talking about, there have been a lot of good ones. And I think there is a question of how much is a remake and how much is a remaster. Um, but the ones I always like to think of in terms of some of the good ones are, you know, The Secret of Monkey Island that was basically a full graphical overhaul. And that's obviously to the next level because that's a game from the early 90s that came out in the late 2000s with the remaster. And it gave, you know, a completely new vo- vo- vocal. <laughs> vocal soundtrack to it. Uh, they added in an ability to switch between the old graphics and the new one a new interface um but at its core it was still running off of the same game engine so it is a remaster but it almost functions like a remake where they just completely remade the game from the ground up right um and it's interesting to see that there there is that distinction between the two types
0: yeah i mean there there's that is very Um, And really does upgrade the game experience drastically. And I think really the distinction there is how old is the game, right? You know, the the older games deserve an update and they deserve my money when you take development time and manpower and hours and you like make this game, you know, a new game essentially. That's very different than when you take a game from Xbox 360, port it over to Xbox One. Give me some DLC. That's nice, but calling that a new game is and charging accordingly is 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 tough. That's that's a tough act to follow. It can be tricky. Support. Yeah.
1: Um. But but another one. You can still do impressive stuff with newer games. Like the both of the in recent years, we had both Halo and Halo Two get huge overhauls. Um, both graphically That's and true. in terms of story, and, and touch- they were
0: smart too. They they said Halo Four, we are not touching, right? Or no, which one was it? Halo Three, they didn't touch.
1: Yeah, they didn't touch Halo Three. Well, because cause a few two years ago now they did the Master Chief Collection, uh, which you know was a matter of hey, let's take um, let, let's take all of the games, put them in one package, and I, I think there were slight upgrades to Halo Three. In fairness.
0: Okay, because um, I that, didn't realize that.
1: Yeah, there were some slight ones. But uh, what, it was, what was cool about it was that they, they were like, all right, here's everything we can do. Here's um, fully new cutscenes, the ability to switch between the old style and the new style, uh, even some new terminals to give new story content that would tie into the future sequels. They really like went over the top to make it the best possible re-experiencing of a classic. Um, And now that's next level. Obviously, every remaster can't go in and do new story and completely redone cutscenes. I mean, that's unrealistic to expect. But when you see the developers going the extra mile, it justifies me wanting to spend, you know, near full price for it again.
0: Yeah, I I, I completely agree. Um, And I guess uh, I'm having some trouble here uh, getting Kelsey back. So I guess we'll pause momentarily and um, try to get her back. That sounds good. Um and uh, you guys will in uh, listenerland will probably hardly notice uh, we'll be back and there will be a time lapse and you'll just be like, oh wow, the content started again. Woo. Oh, wait, All right, cool, we'll see you all in a second. So Kelsey, uh, we are back. Um, what uh, why don't you share your thoughts now that you're back out of uh, a Skype hell? Um, share your thoughts on on what makes a good remaster?
3: Um I well I'm sure it's concession, but definitely bang for your buck is always a, a good. Addition to it, like, you know, in the case of, like, the Master Chief collection, you get every Master Chief, you know, you get every Halo game for the most part. That was um, one of the
0: best values ever. Even at $60, it was ridiculous. And didn't they add Reach later because of the technical No,
3: they added ODST. They added later. ODST later. Uh, reach is
1: the one game that's not in there.
3: What? Yeah, and Reach re- is the only one that's not in there. It is backwards
0: yeah. compatible, though, so. Okay, well, that I guess that makes it, like, slightly better, I guess? I don't know, who well, needs to Reach?
3: Yeah, I know, i kind of it's <laughs> <laughs> kind of an ant game. I'm okay with not having it. But uh and it's backwards compatible anyway, and it was the free game too, so it's not like you had to pay money to get it. So That's a good point. That's a
0: good point. Everybody kinda has reach anyway. Um so and it was three sixty, right?
3: Yeah. Yes.
0: So it's not too too ancient. You can go back and experience uh uh what's that team
3: called? Oh my gosh, what is that team called? Uh Oh my god, you don't remember,
0: that's awesome.
3: Noble I know team. you're called... Yeah, noble, there It's yes, Noble go. Team. I was like, you're called the Lone Wolf, I know that. Noble <laughs> Six,
1: that's who you are in that game. Yeah, I was noble like, six. wait, are you yep. Noble? In o- no, but in ODST you're the rookie. Wait, you're are the you? rookie. Yeah, you're the rookie. Okay.
3: In, in, in ODST. Now
1: I'm not even sure. <laughs> anyway, go... Anyway. But yeah, no, bang for your buck is a good point, because it's like, sometimes you get ones that aren't super updated, but you get these collections where you get two or three games, like, all of the the big PS2 platformers had PS3 remasters where you got like the entire Ratchet and Clank trilogy, the entire Jack and Daxter trilogy, the entire Sly Cooper trilogy, and it's like that's an incredible deal for like or the entire Uncharted thoughts. experience. Yeah, they've done it with Uncharted. They've been doing it with more recent trilogies too, and that's really impressive.
3: That's a, that's I mean, a
0: really good point.
3: No, definitely, and I think one that is a collection in those All Street HD remaster. That I don't think a lot of people really talk about too much is one that's on my list, which is the Metal Gear Solid HD Collection, which not only moved it to three, six, not only like you know collected all three games, it moved it to the 360. So it moved from platforms, so you were able to play it on your 360. So having a, a system also that can uh, a series that can jump systems is um, always
0: really you mean you mean like that's jump good... uh, types of systems?
1: Yeah, yeah that is yeah, a good types point. Of systems. I didn't even think about it. yeah, but that whole collection jumped from the. PS2 and the Vita.
3: Yeah, jump from the PS2 to the Vita. For the PS,
1: just...
0: P, PSP.
3: Oh well, yeah, 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 no, yeah, but then yeah. They, they had, had Vita, Vita versions
0: too. They also had Vita versions.
3: Yeah, but yeah, um, Peace Walker, which was a you know primarily PSP slash Vita game, you know you can now play it on your 360. You didn't have to own a Sony product in order that's to play a really
0: these. Really good point. And also just big games. And also just in that case of Peace Walker, playing it on a console, which, yeah, takes, yeah, a game, on a console. which takes a game that a lot of people were. You know, raving about it. It's time. That's one that I have not played. That I'd still love to play. I mean, I haven't really played uh, uh, the new one yet either. I'm like waiting to play that. I'm really going to enjoy it. I know I will. Um, but because it's such a you know masterpiece, I just wish it had more of a story. But whatever, you can't have everything.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um. But but uh, what's interesting there is it doesn't always work though. Like sometimes games jumping platforms can be bad. Like Final Fantasy Type Zero HD came out last year. Um, that, that game felt like, see, this goes back to that NX worry, right? Because that game felt like a portable game trying to be slapped onto a TV.
0: Yeah, but see, that's exactly what I think they, that, that the NX is trying to combat, right? I,
1: I do. Well, not to go back to that topic, but I think you get those issues when you put a console on a portable or vice versa. Certain games just work better
0: in certain styles. Yeah, that, that may be so, but I mean, you are literally taking, wasn't that a PSP game? Yeah. I mean, PSP is like... It's not even not even a Vita game. like It's a PSP game. And PSP was... Man, that system was like PS1. Yeah, but it I worked mean,
1: with Peace Walker.
0: Yeah, but...
2: <laughs> no, but, look.
1: But, I, not to... Again, not to bring the... That's just one of my worries there. But I, my point with... In terms of remasters is just that... Uh, sometimes you can miss what made the original good... Or why it worked. I think... Like, having played Type 0, I did not get into it as much as I would have liked... But I would have liked it more probably as a handheld game, just the way it was set up.
0: That's a good point. And, and, you know, that's a really good point. When I look at a lot of games, like, uh, I'll give you a really interesting example. Hyrule Warriors Legends, you know, came out for the 3DS, and it has more content. It's $20 cheaper. um, But at the same time, that game is just so much better experience. I know it's going to be. I don't care how many people tell me the frame rate's better on 3DS. I don't give a shit. Like, (laughs) I, I know that game's better on Wii U. Don't even front. You know what I mean? Like, just don't even front. Uh, I know that that game, Glorious HD with Link that looks like Link as opposed to some cel-shaded facsimile, is just not going to cut it. I just know that. You I'm know, tempted so.
1: to get Legends, though. I'm not even going to lie. Really? Really? Yeah, well, I don't have a Wii U anymore, but and that game has so much new content, and it I think does have
0: a lot of content. It
1: would be fun portable, so maybe it does work. Like, I, I think what it, it is, it is that gets to the heart of remasters can find new audiences and give it the ability to play games. Like we haven't right. even really talked about Steam. Steam has hundreds of games that have found a new audience, uh, just for being on PC or for talk, the first time.
0: We're talk smaller scale about GOG. Uh, yeah, good, good old games with 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 the whole point and click world uh i mean there's a whole you know world of games that that have gotten uh you know new mm-hmm. attention and there is something there's and once once we finish with this little subtopic i do want to mention one other thing before we move into the games we like okay are you ready
2: yeah mm-hmm.
0: okay so what i wanted to look at real quick is just a couple of the ones that are that, that are coming up um and and what we think of them right okay so let, me give, let me give you an example this is this is a nice uh uh a couple nice controversial examples arkham Mm-hmm. <laughs> so arkham city arkham asylum arguably if not quantifiably the best two games in that series no doubt right um
1: no our origins man that's where it's
2: origins at. Is oh, my bad. oh origins my bad fit, yeah.
0: the one game not made by rocksteady <laughs> word um but anyway i liked origins a ton uh, i think i may have enjoyed it more than arkham knight Ooh, did i say that i might have yeah. um but I, but I would have to say, though, that the first two games, especially Asylum, and by the way, we were the, i got to just like claim some credit here because Jordan, you, me, and Tim were the first people saying Asylum is better than City, and now the tide has shifted, and everyone's like, nah, dude, I really think Asylum was the best actually <laughs> And it's just like, I know! I've been saying it for like five years or four years, ever since the City came out. Uh, We were really, like, the first to say that, man, because I'm telling you, everybody now is like, you know, Asylum just had a little something better. I'm like, no shit. Yeah, it did. Uh, I know. It really did. But anyway, so Asylum and City are going to be – now, here's what's really interesting about this. This is in between a remaster and a remake because of the interesting factor of Unreal Engine. Because Unreal Engine had an update to – I think it's Unreal 5 or 4 or – whatever it was, Unreal Engine whatever, let's say 2, when the Asylum and City games were made and now they're on unreal engine three so literally to put these games out in this new collection and do an up res they're moving to a new engine and that game was it's a it was a huge story because it was announced to be released like a couple weeks ago maybe or maybe in in a week from now somewhere around now and now they've pushed it back indefinitely and now the rumor is like christmas um And a lot of the reason for that is uh, some of the rumors are that when they tried to switch it over, they thought it would be an easy port process or relatively easy to move to Unreal 3. But what they found out was that the art style and the mechanics and the way the character feels and the way the game plays is completely fundamentally feels different on these new engines. So I'm really curious what those games are going to turn out like. And really, if there was even a point to doing it in the first place, I kind of wanted to get your guys' thoughts on this.
1: I am... You know, I, I I like those games, um, yeah. and especially in the case of Asylum. Like, I've played through all of Arkham Asylum three times, and... Oh,
0: really? I didn't know that.
1: No, yeah, because I played it through once, and then I played it through again at some point, and I know when Kelsey hadn't played it, and so we played through the Game of the Year edition, which had separate achievements.
0: Yep. Um oh, yeah, you really know that game cold, then.
1: But I really want to, I wouldn't mind playing it again, and the idea of it maybe being a little prettier and apparently p- feeling different, even, possibly? I know. Is, uh pretty interesting to me. So I, I I can see playing that. I do kinda wish I do kinda wish they had um
0: Origins in there. I know. That's the thing that's weird about it is that it's like it's the Batman uh, Arkham Collection, and Arkham Origins is not there, you know? And Arkham Knight really... But Arkham Knight's obviously on the new console. But yeah, that's the only one of the three you didn't finish. Or the
1: Origins, yeah. Thing. So I, yeah. I I, get why it's not in there, but I wouldn't mind seeing... Or maybe make it backwards compatible around the same time. Yeah, you yeah,
3: because... Yeah, uh, definitely Arkham... Well, I'm excited for this, because... It's been long enough that I haven't, since i played the games, to play through them again, that I'm excited to play through them. Also, I game a lot with my brother, and he's never played Asylum. That's oh like my god. The, the one that he hasn't played, so to play through it again with my brother is like a really exciting thought. And if it's going to be all new and pretty and polished, and I'm just... So, no, this really excites me. I mean, I am bummed out that Origins isn't on there, because... I Dylan, actually, my brother, beat it and played through it. But after he beat it and played through it, my 360, basically, the disc reader died. So I never got to play through it and beat it. So yeah. I have it. I have the disc. I stare at it all the time just like, Long wish i play played late. you. Longingly. Well, cause I, have, I keep all my 360 games. So I have, you know, a bookshelf worth of, well, I'm two awesome. shelves worth of games. But, um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm really excited for this. If they I, ever come
0: uh, out. I mean, I don't think they've been yeah. reannounced officially. Um, or maybe they have, but uh, you know they're really they're they're struggling with putting those out. But I think it'll be cool. The other question that this brings up that a lot of people are asking is, when does it was an ultimate collection or a collection become complete? You know, like what makes a collection a complete collection? Because there you have Asylum and, and City, but no no Origins, no Arkham Knight. Yet it's the Arkham collection. I guess it's the Arkham Origins collection. What is it called? I think it's Back to Arkham collection. Okay. Okay. I mean, I don't know, it's just an interesting concept, like, do these need to be complete, or is it okay to grab two games and say, hey?
1: Yeah, it is what it is, I, I, they're the games from last gen that were made by Rocksteady, that's the collection they're going with.
0: Yeah, um, it's a good point. It's
1: you know, they point. just decided Rocksteady didn't make this one, uh, but then you have a collection like the Bioshock collection, where it's like, Ken Levine oh. wasn't involved... In Bioshock 2, but that's part of that collection.
0: Right, and that was the next one I was going to bring up, is the Bioshock uh, collection, which, as it gets closer and closer, I'm starting to really want it. Um, I know it's coming
3: out on my birthday. I'm so excited. When is it? It's uh, um, so like
0: the
1: week of the 15th, I guess? Then? No, the week of, yeah. the my
3: birthday, so it's week of the 15th. I want... Of September. September.
0: Yeah. September fifteenth. Yeah, I mean, I'm really excited for these. All of a sudden, because I played through, I, I looked forward to Bioshock Infinite for four years. If you listen to the podcast in that time, it's all I would talk about is how bad I want to play Infinite. Because Bioshock, the very first Bioshock, is, is top three for me of all time. Um, and and so I really and I like Bioshock two, but you know, um, and then and especially Minerva's Den was good. But then Bioshock. Ever played Infinite,
1: it. I really want to. It's going to be collection. on this
0: collection, right? And so is all the DLC for Bioshock Infinite. And also playing through Bioshock Infinite again will be really fun. I mean, I obviously know where it goes, but at the same time... Lowered like,
1: expectations?
0: Right. will help that game. Exactly. It will really help that game because I just had too high of expectations for that bad boy. Too high. Uh, I, and, I could, and also the other thing about those games that people forget, and people actually malign them, I think, unfairly, is I think they're fun as hell to play. Like, I think the mechanics in Bioshock Infinite, when I think back on them, that game's fun. You know? Like, I remember having fun killing shit in that game. Yeah. Uh, and I do remember that. I mean, I was just, like, so bummed about all the ways it wasn't, like, the same level of quality world that that Rapture was. But, I mean, like, that's like saying... I want this lightning to strike in the same place again because Rapture is like maybe one, you know, at least top three best locations ever in video games for me, at least
1: there's a list uh, we could do someday.
0: <laughs> yeah. That's a really interesting list. Actually. I'm glad, I'm glad you pointed that out, but I mean, that's it. That was one I was going to bring up also. And another one I want to bring up is Skyrim. Uh, this is an interesting new, new development that just got re- recently announced. What do you guys think of this?
2: Uh, they like, know
1: the scoop?
0: You know the scoop? They're redoing it. They're making it pretty.
1: Look, they're not going to have 6 for a while or Elder Scrolls 6, so they probably just want to throw it out there. I, Again, it does bring in all the DLC, which is I think a big thing with any remaster or re- recollection
0: for a game that maybe didn't it's get a like, Game of the Year edition. Yeah, or, or even if it did and gets a Game of the Year edition, but a re- you know a new definitive Game of the Year edition.
1: Um, I think it it really is a game-to-game basis with these. Like, I'm excited about Bioshock the most because I love those games. Even, you know, I would like to replay Infinite and play the DLC for that, play the DLC for Bioshock 2. Um, I'm interested in the Arkham ones, uh, but I played the DLC for, for that. But then with Skyrim, I don't really like Skyrim that much. Or, or at least, you know, maybe it's been long enough that I want to go back to it losing all the data and it hurt a lot. But I'm not yeah. chomping at the bit for
0: it. Yeah. How about you, uh, Kels?
3: Uh, yeah, I wasn't the biggest Skyrim fan. I tried like on three separate occasions to get into it, but then again, I'm not the biggest Elder Scrolls fan, or like even Bethesda open world games in general. Like That's even okay. Fallout, it's not
0: sacrilege. There's a lot of reasons to not like those games.
3: You yeah, know, they just were never my like. Even Fallout Four, which I I, I really liked and I loved it playing it. Like I stopped playing it, and I don't really regret stop playing it. And, like, maybe one day I'll go back to it, but, like, pardon me, but, like, I don't know, I just couldn't get into those games, so, I mean, it's really cool, maybe I'll try it again, pick it up, because I heard the DLC for Skyrim is really cool, so maybe the addition of the DLC is enough of, like, a draw to bring me in, but, yeah, I didn't, I, Oblivion, I tried, like, five times to try to beat, and I just didn't, couldn't get into it, and Skyrim was, like, three separate occasions I tried to jump into it and just couldn't, but, I don't know, it might even sound cheesy, but... Maybe because I've matured as a gamer since I last played those, I'll give it a, a better shot. But it's not—it's not. I mean, it's cool. Yeah. But it's not well, something that I'm like going crazy over.
0: Well, you know, and like like Jordan just said, I think it's a good a good point. It, it is case by case. It's what you like. It's what you haven't played yet before. Like Tomb Raider Definitive Edition. If I hadn't played Tomb Raider, I would be so happy about playing Definitive Edition but as it happens I had played Doom Raider you know so mm-hmm. and it was too new and too recent so that game really wasn't aimed at me but I think it's interesting that games go a couple different directions with this and I was just thinking of another case in point uh, and that is Rockstar and how they handle this. So Rockstar, they did the Bully like definitive edition from bringing it from PS2 to Xbox 360, which was kind of a re-release back before yeah, re-release. the scholarship edition. Yeah, back before re- which was cool. Back before re-releases were all the rage, and they also did a kind of a unique thing. And they actually took I remember they took and released them like one, two down in this game way before anybody else. Now I think about it. Um, and actually, Elder Scrolls 3 was re-released Morrowind a couple times, I think. Maybe I'm wrong. At least once, like a Platinum Hits, but that was just that was just the same game. What am I thinking? But Rockstar, they just had the option of doing Red Dead, and I and I wonder why they I don't I don't know if anybody knows why they decided to delay. Um, to delay doing, you know, putting out Red Dead for the uh, through Xbox One. But, it, you know, a lot of people were like, the, the, and the reason it reminded me of it is because Skyrim and Red Dead are the number one and number two most requested games for backwards compatibility. So with Skyrim, they went the route of saying, nope, no backwards. We're putting it out again. With Red Dead, they just put it out again, and it is smashed. They're selling it again hugely. So that game, I think they just decided we don't need to do anything to this. People like it that much. And with Skyrim, I guess it was just so ubiquitous and so already purchased, the only way to really get interest geared up again. I don't know. What do you think about that? Jordan, do you have any thoughts on that?
1: I I just think, yeah, it comes down to how much remastering is actually done. I think a slight graphical overhaul isn't that exciting. I think you can just do a very simple backwards compatibility or re-release. Like, they could have, I mean, they could have just as easily gone, here's Red Dead Redemption uh, at a retail price, and and just slapped it onto the new system. But, you know, they realize there's a lot of fans who already have it, so why be dicks about it? We're not putting that much effort into it. We just want to make the game available again. And I think that's an entirely legitimate way to do it.
0: And then also the same thing with uh, Grand Theft Auto V. Didn't that thing? I mean, at least spanned two console generations, you know? Or you know, it's it really they took that that last GTA game, and that game has just been out. They didn't make a big fanfare. It just came out for the one, and it just came out for PS4. The same way it just came out for 360.
1: And GTA Online is still going. It's worth noting uh, they're That's still a good point.
0: updating it. That's a good point. And, like, there's petitions. That's a very vibrant community. It's, it's one of those things. Whenever I hear news about it, I just feel so foreign and disconnected because it feels like it's so old, but yet it's not. It's very current for people. It was people super
1: have... janky when it came out, though. I was so... going to say,
3: it probably just started working not too long ago.
1: <laughs> I was going to say, it might be worth revisiting just because it's probably solid now
0: yeah that's 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 true uh one one uh one other thing um what do you think about uh this is a big topic and maybe this will cut in a little bit and segue into our next topic which is or our final little section which is where we're going to talk about uh, our favorites and maybe least favorites if you have any of the uh, remasters but one thing i wanted to sort of say was nintendo on the wii u has been about and the 3ds has been all about some remasters and re-releases how have you guys felt about those
1: uh I mean, I I like them, Uh, or I like them because they have a much deeper library of games that they can really put the time into remastering, and again, it gets to that question of, is it a remake? Um, Like, they did a lot of extensive work on both Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask.
0: For the 3DS.
1: Yeah, re- re Like, redoing
0: the Water Temple.
1: Yeah, redoing how they're done, new controls, Um, Majora's Mask has the Bomber's Notebook, which makes it much easier to track side quests. Uh, and then Twilight Princess is a more straight one, but again, there's less of a time disparity there, so it's more just an update on graphics and controls sort of thing. I think they yeah. have, they did add a new dungeon there, but
0: oh, that's cool. Uh, and then, like, but they've been doing this from way back. Uh, one one example, my, I'm not going to give away my favorite example of it, which which I'll talk about in our favorite games. But one example that I will mention is uh, a game that I love, The Link's Awakening. Um, and then they had that DX Color Edition with the special extra bonus color dungeon. So Nintendo's been doing this long ago. This is almost yeah. a lesson we all learned from Nintendo.
1: It, it, they, they know what they're doing. They know that their games are classic, and they really—I mean, heck—they have the entire Virtual Console system built around just re-releasing their old games. So, That's a good point. Uh, just putting the effort to to re-release them and give it a retail-worthy price makes sense with the titles they
0: have. Yeah, um, th- I think you're right.
1: Majora's uh, Ma- Yeah. Well, I was going to say, Majora's Mask is on my list of favorites. Like, I loved the 3DS version of that.
0: Tell me about one... Well, let's go into these, and why don't you start? And what, what is it that makes that one so great?
1: Just... It, 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 it's really good-looking.
0: Does it work on portable?
1: Yeah, the, both of them do that, and Ocarina of Time. They're They're just really fun on portable, because... Uh, they're they're pretty straightforward games. They're not superly super complex, and they look really gorgeous. I mean, we're updating from Nintendo 64 to 3ds. 3ds is obviously a more powerful system, uh, so it looks great. And the two screens work, making like Zelda 3D. Zelda's work really well on 3ds when you have the inventory on the bottom screen. It's a very nice convenience addition. I mentioned the Bomber's Notebook for tracking the side quests. Uh. It's just a really gorgeous game, and because it was a full like remake remaster almost again, it's on top of that original system. They just do all these tweaks to make it nicer. So I like that one. Um, another one I, I we've talked about, but the the Secret of Monkey Island. I really like that because it's it, it's just a gorgeous modernized modern bleh, modernized version that makes a few control tweaks, but with that whole switch back and forth graphically, you know, it's just a remaster that's built on top of the original. Uh, that makes it feel more modern and makes it feel like an, a worthy update. Uh, same for the Master Chief Collection. That's one for content. I just I love all that you get in there, and the Halo Two Remaster is freaking sweet. It's like
0: gorgeous. The CGI yeah, they that, really nailed that. They really, really, really. Oh, kill. you know
3: that that game is be- I, at, at E three. I remember the E three when it was announced. I told Jordan I was like the one thing I wanted to know of E three is a Halo Two Remaster, and all of a sudden it was like you're getting that plus all the other games. And I was like, oh, my poor little mind was just.
0: i remember you talking about that at the time i remember like how excited and i was like i was having trouble understanding why you two were that excited about master chief collection but when it came out and i saw how freaking packed jam-packed with not just old content but remastered content that was i was like yeah i get it now
1: yeah uh and then a couple other quick ones i wanted to mention (laughs) <laughs> this is a weird one, but uh, I really liked Sonic Adventure 2 on the Dreamcast, and I liked it even more when it was re-released on the GameCube a couple of years later as Sonic Adventure 2 Battle. And it, Although you know, that was
0: an unfortunate uh, subtitle. It made it confusing.
1: It did. It, it, it Basically, it just added a versus mode. It was a really dumb versus mode, but I played it a lot, uh, and it added some Easter eggs into the campaign, and it, it was just kind of fun. They did a similar thing with Sonic Adventure di- Director's Cut, uh, but it, it should, that was just a fun one. And then I I have to mention this one, even though I can't play it, but one that my heart aches for is uh, Earth Defense Force 4.1 on the PS4, which apparently removes, like, it puts in all the DLC content, adds even more content, and removes all of the lag and loading issues that are in the 360 version. And really the worst thing about EDF is the lag, so the thought that it would run smooth as butter is, like, so exciting, but it's like, ah, it's on PS4. Yeah. What are you going to do, though?
0: This is true. Uh, is that your list? Yeah, that's oh, no. my list. Uh, and then we'll go through on, on if there's any we, we, we didn't like. But um, all right, I'm going to do mine now. Um, I'm, mine's just two right now that I can think of that I really wanted to mention. One of them is the PS2 version of Resident Evil 4. That game added so much great shit. That was the one that had all the content from, from like, the Wii version. I mean, the, not the Wii version. The um, GameCube. All the the content from the – I played it on GameCube first, and then I played it through with my girlfriend at the time on PS2, and the PS2 version was just, like, even superior to the GameCube one. I mean, it was just better. It had slightly less graphics, maybe, I thought, but it was just – it was just perfect. Everything about separate it was so. ways. Weird. It had separate ways, and that just made it. And adding that content, it was really the first time you got to see, like, the magic of a remaster or a re-release with all the content. And the, it had better controls. The controller was better for that game on the new con, on the new system. It was just masterful. And then even the Wii version. I had the Wii one of those as well, and I loved it. Like, it was really fun, again, to play that game with the Wii mode. Uh, if It was really cool to have, like, you know, aiming reticle that you could just move around and point. It was really one of the best like game shooter games on the Wii that there was, and then and then you know so anyway, Resident Evil Four is one of the best experiences I ever had with remasters, and the other one also has a lot to do with Nintendo, and this is my OG pick, and it and it is and I stole that from Kelsey, she called that uh, when I mentioned this earlier, she said this is OG, and uh, it was uh, Super Mario Brothers All Stars
3: okay yeah, no, i mean that's like remastered before even remasters were a thing i mean
0: <laughs> it was the original maybe
3: yes, it was, a, it it was probably like a, is.
0: i think it was just called a value pack at that point <laughs>
2: yeah,
0: some... it, but it was awesome it it really put everything together in a beautiful package it gave you this great menu where you could select either any of the games you wanted to play um and uh i'm worried we may have lost jordan now no no, no i'm here Oh, okay, cool. It was, it was looking weird. Um, it gave, it let you select any of the games you wanted to play from the menu, um, and that was where I played. Dun, dun dun Super Mario Brothers, the lost levels, and I beat the lost levels. And it's one of my most proud gaming achievements. And I did it uh, when I was like 10, or whenever that game came out. I mean, and that was great because that was when we got to play, and it wasn't that long after. We didn't get Mario Two. It was it maybe like four or five years after we didn't get Super Mario Brothers, the official Mario Brothers Two, which in Japan mm-hmm. they turned into like this really hardcore Super Mario Brothers game, and then in the U.S. they were like, "That isn't gonna fly. We're not into masochistic games here. Super Meat Boy needs twenty years to come out." <laughs> um, so instead, we're gonna put out uh, Doki Doki Panic, and call it Super Mario Brothers Two, and maybe change a couple characters, and they did, and it was amazing. It brought us things like the Princess Peach floating, and you know. Toad being a big issue and and, and a playable character and Luigi having the big jump. I mean, it brought about some tropes that you see in Super Mario World 3D now, um, which is really cool. So that game was just seminal. Um, I also played Mario 2 extensively on that game. In fact, I played all the games on there and beat them all on there. It had Mario 3, I think, too. Did it? Yeah,
1: I'm pretty sure it did. Yeah, Yeah, it did. I think
3: when the completionists did it, that was also a part of it.
0: I mean, it's just the most the most amazing package. I'd have to say that that probably those two are the ones for me. Those are just the, the greatest hits. Um, I, I I just really I can't say that I've ever enjoyed uh, you know re release of a game better. And, and like you said, Kelsey, they're they're both pretty OG.
3: Yeah, no, they 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 you have some really OG picks. Yeah, <laughs> I man. Mean, and I'm I'm really glad also that we have that sort of insight because I didn't play those games.
2: What no.
1: what, uh, what about you, Kelsey?
3: Um. Well, Resident Evil, 4, of course, is on my list, sure. of course, because it's easily one of my favorite games of all time. But um, uh, What what probably isn't thought of a lot, like which I mentioned earlier, is the Metal Gear Solid HD collection, Great which
2: point.
3: brought, you know, this Sony exclusive games, and it moved it over to Microsoft. And that was so amazing to me, because at the time, I didn't have a PlayStation 2 anymore. My PlayStation broke. But I absolutely loved Metal Gear Solid 2. It was one mm-hmm. of my favorite game. You like I love playing through it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's his favorite, which is an, an interesting pick. But, um,
1: it's the only one he likes. Yeah, it, it's, art. it's pure art. It's an amazing game.
3: But uh, it's just... It, I was so excited because it was everything that I wanted, and it also had Peace Walker, which was a game that I was probably never going to play if it didn't come as, as part of this collection. I was never getting a PSP. I wasn't big into mobile gaming, and I to have those three games, Metal Gear Solid Two, Metal Gear Solid Three, and Peace Walker in one package on my 360 was just amazing, and it was an m- a phenomenal amazing
0: collection. Now that you mention it,
3: yeah, and it, it you know it, it's HD, so they did like mess with the graphics and made it a little prettier and whatnot for what the 360 could do. Of course, like that is of course they're already beautiful games, but. uh I remember I sang so much, like, I played through them, like, just bam, 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 when I got them. I, like, I got it for Christmas, I sat down, I didn't really stand again until Peace Walker was done.
0: That's a I lot lost. of game.
3: It is a lot of game, but I, I had such fond memories playing with my friend on the PS2, and it was just so cool to finally have it and be able to go to it whenever I wanted to instead of having to, you know, go to his house and be like, hey, we should totally play Metal Gear Solid 2, you know, nudge, nudge. Right. <laughs> but, uh, so, yeah, that's on my list. Um, the Master Chief Collection, of course, is on my list because, I mean, if you're looking for, Halo like...
0: Halo 2, if you didn't need any other reason.
3: Yeah, Halo 2. Yeah, Halo 2, if I didn't need any other reason. All those new cutscenes, just everything. And it was all the Halo games were at your fingertips again. And I, it was so cool, also, because it brought Halo to another generation. And I remember when they were talking about it, they were like... Because when they were releasing Halo 5, they they're like... There are literally people who will buy Halo 5 who were, like, not alive for the first Halo. And they were like, they deserve to play through this this wonderful epic of a story. Yeah. And so it, it came from such a, like, good place in their hearts, too, where they were like, we want to share this story on the platform that's the most popular for a new generation of gamers, which is why right. I really love re- remasters, because it opens up the door to games that I would never play or, like, you know, anyone else would ever play. So, but yeah, so that's obviously on my list. And then, not shockingly, another Resident Evil game, Resident Evil 5. Nice. Uh, Resident Evil 5, of course. I mean, the, the Xbox One remaster uh, also adds in the two DLC missions, which I never played because I wasn't big into buying we DLC. We still haven't. Why I did still you play? Haven't. What are
2: you doing?
3: Because we're going through our professional run.
1: <laughs> we're so. on our third playthrough of that game.
3: Yeah, we're on our third playthrough of that game. If, if that's nothing else, that game... I always defended that game because everyone's like, no, that game was so crappy. Like, why would you even play that game? I was like, no, that game was such a fun co-op experience. It was
0: always really fun. Even in single player, I enjoyed it originally. It was a little more frustrating in single player. But I always enjoyed that game. I played that, except for that Wesker battle at the end back in the day. I played it with Tim, and Tim was so frustrated with me because I just, like, wasn't getting it. Um, And it's just, it it can be really frustrating. Sorry if that's a spoiler for, you know, 10-year-old, 8-year-old game. But, you know, it's just a really, really fun game all the way through. It really takes it's here's what it is. It's a game that was very unfortunate to be Resident Evil number five Mm -hmm. or is one of the most masterful games of all time. It's top three on my list, probably on yours, too, Kelsey. Um, Definitely. So many other people's lists. I know you love it, Jordan. Um, Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just it's just I mean, it's one of the best games of all time. There's no way to say it any other way. One of the best games of all time. Uh, hands down and definitely the best Resident Evil I mean you know all things considered um, and it, it it's just that Resident Evil 5 was a good game coming out after one of the best games of all time and it was going to be a letdown I mean it would be really hard I mean they really should have just hewn closer to what Resident Evil 4 was I think and maybe made that game I don't know I don't know what I'm thinking but I just feel like how could they have gone about making a real worthy follow up to 4 do you think 5 is that
3: uh, I mean, well, you said it it's, like it was never going to be.
1: <laughs> it yeah, takes sure. the mechanics and puts them in a slightly different genre, but you know, at its at its core, it definitely. I mean, it's 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 a co op optimized game, but it's yeah. a co op optimized game using the Resident Evil Four mechanics.
3: You know, yeah. I mean, like slightly
0: bad mechanics. Uh, the Resident Evil Four mechanics as they evolved once they re released it a couple times because you could move better and things like that. But yeah. Because I remember when they were talking about five, a lot of people were worried. They were like, "Uh oh, you can move in all four directions and shoot and all." No, this you different...
1: can't. Well, you can't do that in five.
0: There's something you can do in five.
1: I don't know what is, but yeah, you still have to stop to aim and shoot in that one.
0: Okay, there's something that you could do in five that you couldn't do in four. I remember that, but anyway, I don't know.
3: Yeah, I don't, I don't remember, but yeah, but I mean, in 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 a, like this atmosphere of like where there's not really a good co-op game to play like like pure like two player co-op and like MMO like Resident Evil 5 just hits that spot like if you're looking for a game to sit down with your buddy to play that's a lot of fun and you'll get so much many hours of entertainment like Resident Evil 5 is definitely that go-to game and I'm just I I really hope this new generation of gamers really gives it a better shake than it was given when it was first released and I think that definitely the remaster will a al- al- the remaster allows that that it for be been... like Go ahead.
0: Hmm? I was going to say, I've been seeing better buzz. I mean, people are talking about this game is fun. I, I've been seeing a lot of the buzz on a lot of, like, the blogs and stuff is uh, Resident Evil 5 is actually better than you remember, as long as you play co-op, you know? That's what a lot of people are saying. It sounds like that's what you guys are saying, too.
3: Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely.
0: Awesome. Wait. Well, is that your
3: list? Yeah, no, that is that is my list.
0: Anybody want to uh, make any dishonorable mentions? I can't really. Oh, I... I know what I forgot. I want to talk about ones I wish would be released. Oh, yeah. Um... Yeah. Dishonorables, though, Jordan?
1: No, I don't. I can't. I, I mean, there are bad ones, I'm sure, but a lot yeah. of times, probably these Ultimate Alliance ones. It sounds like they're pretty yeah. terrible.
0: Yeah, that's pretty much the, that. They take the jury prize there. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't know. Uh, I, I think one thing that was a bummer was when the Vita versions of uh, uh, that that Metal Gear Collection came out. This is by no means a bad one, but they like left out certain games. That was annoying. Um, but <laughs> you, that was very minor.
1: I do have one more because I, I I don't I don't think of it as such, but it really is one um the lego star wars complete saga
0: oh god that's amazing
3: oh yeah that's a good one
1: um that is a fantastic because it added a bunch of new content it put them all in one package it
0: completed the package it made it like a whole different new game a complete saga game
1: yeah so that's one more for my list i love that game
0: awesome all right let's get our wish list out and then end this episode all, all
3: right, right sounds good
1: um
0: wish list it jordan
1: for me i don't know There are—honestly, I I I would think of Nintendo games, but it really does feel like they have um, done most of them. I I think the biggest one, I would love for Sonic Colors to get a proper re-release for uh, other consoles. There are probably legal rates why they can't. Nintendo might not let it go. But maybe after enough time has passed, I mean— Uh, Sonic Adventure 2, Sonic Adventure... Like, almost all of the old Sonic games have been re-released at this point on modern systems. I think Sonic Colors is just such a fantastic game uh, that anyone who enjoyed Sonic Generations but didn't have a Wii would also enjoy. So that would probably be top of my list. I'd also just really like to replay that game. It's it's fantastic. Um, Other than that... uh, I don't know. I I, I always like... I would actually really like to see... um, Maybe nine 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 get a this is this is like this is legitimate wish list because it's never gonna happen but like see it get updated to more of the Virtue's Last Reward uh, zero time dilemma style and just like see it like updated with new graphics and voiceover track and I'm like this is just zero chance of that ever happening but that'd be really cool to see as well. Hmm. Uh, those are probably be my big two. One seems realistic, the other one is never gonna happen. But uh, this this is about dreaming, right?
2: So. It is.
0: is. <laughs> yes. Yeah. All right, I'll go. We'll let you finish, Kelsey. Um, So my picks are um, two that are kind of similar, one that's uh, a double game, two games in one that I want to see redone um, that uh, makes a lot of sense, and I hope it happens. It may happen. And uh, the last one is a complete pie in the sky. Like you you guys will laugh when you hear it. Okay. (laughs) So the first two are Deus Ex the original and System Shock 2. I want to see System Shock 2 redone by ken levine i want to see him come and take that game and show modern audiences why it proved his brilliance to the world that's what i want what do you think of that pick, Jordan?
1: that's a solid one i i think it seems like something i'm I'm surprised they haven't done i know Uh, that seems like it would be a perfect port to console type of game too
0: i know and remaster it another one is deus ex right i mean that one could be really cool i know they did like some kind of ps2
1: version of it yeah but
0: it wasn't Mm -hmm. it wasn't right no I want to see, like, a good version of Deus Ex done. That would be great. Um, Here's the pick that I think makes a lot of sense, and I think it may happen. And I really want it. Mother 2 and 3.
3: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, those are good ones. I
0: really want to play Mother 2, a.k.a. Earthbound. I don't want to play Mother Origins. (laughs) I want to play Mother 2, and I want to play Mother 3. And I want to play them in America, in English. And I don't want to have to download some port, although it is beautiful that they did that. I want to play it legit on my wii u or my 3ds virtual console um and i would even like it if they remastered them and made them better i think the earthbound i can do that with yeah um but i want it redone. be you know i want to just like see what they would do with the earthbound series now and if that has to be a new game so be it um but i would love to see either of those games like redone and like 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 the final fantasy 7 remaster treatment or something but mother Yeah,
1: we didn't even talk about that. That's a remake. That that's just straight up a
0: remake. Oh yeah, yeah. We could talk about all that kind. We could talk about that all day. But yeah, that's just a straight remake. It's episodic. It's nutty. There's so much of this topic to talk about. We can talk about little elements of it in the future as these games get released. Um, What's your pie
1: in the sky, Rich?
0: All right, you ready? (laughs) So recently, the news has been released uh, that Arcane Studios, who has now taken over, Prey. Um, has, uh, has like basically taken the game that was gonna come out for Prey, that was gonna be Prey 2 and just trashed it. And like, not trash it, but just totally redone it. It's not Prey 2 anymore. Mm-hmm. It is its own new Prey 2. Spiritual successor to the original Prey. First of all, I, you know, seeing the original Prey redone would be great. That game's really fun. I, I don't know if you guys have played it. Oh, I did. But Pre- Prey, rules, Prey rules. It's so cool, all that weird alien tech you get to play around with. And It looks <laughs> like Arcane is gonna make a good version. What I wanna see is the Prey 2 that got left on the scrap room floor. Completed. <laughs> How is that
1: a remaster, though? That's because just Because like... they had
0: a game pretty much done, and they said it's not good, and they scrapped it. I want them to take that game that wasn't that good, tweak it up, fix it up, remaster that fucker, and put it out so I can play it. Because, dude, it sounded so good. It was Prey, but it took place on the alien world. And it allowed you to be like the character from Fuse, that detective, like a space detective, going around undercover and like using alien tech to do like, oh, it was so amazing. Oh, that It'll sounds
3: actually cool. really
0: awesome. Oh, my God. It was like the best premise ever. I almost – my brain almost exploded when I heard it, and then it got canceled. And I don't know how close the new one's going to hew to any of that concept. It looks kind of good if you see the screenshots. There's a dude with, like – his eyeball looks red, and he's, like, using some kind of weird alien tech, and his name is Morgan because it can be a he or a she. Uh, it looks like they're really going all out with it, and Arcane obviously knows how to make games. It's got – um God, I always forget his name. He made uh, Black Sight – I always remember that he made Black Sight Harvey. Um, uh, Harvey something. The guy Not named
3: Harvey. Keitel, right? No, no, no. He's the guy. <laughs> yeah, who
0: Harvey did, Keitel. No, he's the dude who did. Um, he's the dude who did Dishonored. Um, and uh, Harvey Smith. Is he the uh, guy you went up to at a steakhouse? No, no. Oh my God! You know who that guy is? Corey Barlog. And that dude is now the director of the new God of War.
2: <laughs> okay.
0: Oh my God! So I went up to him, and he hit. That was him and his wife at a steakhouse. We were out. That was at E for All and I was going to a steakhouse before Efor all and he was there with his wife and I just walked over to him you know cuz i think his wife went to the bathroom and i just said dude i just want to come over i was a lot younger i was like i just want to come over and tell you i like really respect and appreciate your work and he like couldn't believe i knew who he was like he couldn't even believe it uh, cuz he's like he's like the director of God of War 2 you know what i mean <laughs> like the guy that like like when 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 david Jaffe rolled out in a huff they were like all right uh you you know, like, he's that guy.
1: They threw a dart um, at the, at the right. development room.
0: Right, and Cory Barlog got hit with it. So, Cory fucking Barlog, um, is like, he's like this, like, closet classic, classic dude. So here's what he goes on to do. After God of War 2, he, like, started working on God of War 3, got it moving, and then he left. He went on some, like, vision quest working with, like, Lucas, like, uh, George Lucas on some shit, some, some Star Wars game that never happened. Then he went to work with, um, some other awesome experience that he can't even talk about, I think he was saying on his blog. Then, he went on to work on with um, uh, the guy who did Mad Max. Uh, what's his name? George Miller. He worked with George Miller for like two years on a Mad Max George. team. Huh?
1: He's, he's got quite the impressive work, to work with him. He does, yeah. I mean, wow.
0: Then, then he went to join the Crystal Dynamics team to be the cinematics director for the Tomb Raider reboot. Jesus right Ow. and so he made that game story phenomenal then he bounced so that the next game story is not as good and then he's back at fucking santa monica and he's like it feels like coming home you know and i'm just like fuck yeah it does god of war three God of war whatever it's called reboot it's gonna be amazing it's gonna be amazing oh my god cory Barlog's back <laughs> I mean, anyway so i went up to this dude he's a really nice guy so normal though so normal but really talented too. I mean, he's got some magic in his veins. He's like the most average every man that that ever like like blew out every expectation. I mean, the guy is like he's like a journeyman. He's 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 awesome. He's like the most unsung genius in gaming, I think. Anyway, uh, that's my Corey Barlog story. Um, I also go ahead.
3: Quite the story. No, that was quite the story. I'm wow. I, I didn't realize he was so. I don't oh, know what dude. the word is I'm looking for.
0: He's ridiculous. Yeah. His his blog about coming back to Santa Monica—it's like—it's—it's one of the most crazy things I ever saw. I ever read. I was like, what on earth um, is? Let's see. What I I just had it up. I just want to see what that Vision Quest game that he worked on was that he couldn't talk about. I I just saw it. Oh, here it is. Here it is. Here it is. Here it is. Okay. Uh, here we go. Um. Um. Uh, here we go. Um. Here, uh, I'm almost here. I'm almost here. Oh, okay, here we go. In um, uh, God of War, Ghost Sparta, at the start of my journey, and then headed off into the wild blue of creativity, employment, and uncertainty. I wanted to go on a creative walkabout of sorts in order to get the experience. This is after God of War 2. I knew I needed to become a master craftsman. Oh, my God. This is starting to sound bad. It sounds pretentious. Oh, wait. His next line is, it sounds pretentious and probably is, but I am totally not meaning for it to come off that way. Yeah, It does anyway. In my creative travels, (laughs) I found myself working on a game concept on the deck of a yacht in Monte Carlo with a crazy German music producer who carries around a furball dog everywhere he goes and the heir to some British toilet paper fortune. I'm not kidding. The name of the yacht was Le Tissue. I seriously cannot make this stuff up. Later that week, I had dinner with this other crazy guy, Eric Von Daniken, a hotel industry worker turned vocal ancient alien theory proponent. He actually created a theme park based on his beliefs, and his books are translated in like 32 languages. He told me everything I believe is wrong. I told him I believe he is right. I took a good few years to hone my understanding of writing and drama with George Miller, that crazy guy who made the Mad Max franchise. In the years I worked with him, I think I learned more about story and character development than I could with than I could with ten advanced degrees. Because he doesn't have a degree, by the way. Plus, I got to sit in the driver's seat of Max's new interceptor. That was a very big nerdvana moment. I even got the chance to hang out with George Lucas. Man, I had this story pretty right. Uh, For a short stint at the now defunct LucasArts that was pretty amazing experience I actually got to stay at Skywalker Ranch something usually reserved for the visiting filmmakers and writers and kick around story and character ideas with head writers from CSI 24 the shield and the creator of the IK show life on Mars Oh, he meant to write UK all the rooms at the ranch are themed after George's favorite filmmakers I stayed in the Kurosawa suite decorated (laughs) with items from his past as well as some of his original drawings and watercolors, it was awesome. I tried to swipe a few for myself. Turns out Skywalker Ranch Security was also awesome. Shut up, you did not. Um, while the Lucas, <laughs> while the Lucas, while the Lucas Arts thing didn't shake out exactly the plan, it was another great experience that added new creative weaponry to my growing arsenal. Man, you kind of sound like a douche. I went to Sweden and worked. Hold on, what?
1: Well, <laughs> I was gonna say where's. Can we get Johnny Depp attached to, like, a Rum Diary sequel about Corey Barlow? I know! <laughs> like, his life. Jesus.
0: I know. It's awesome. All right, here we go. It gets better. And then it ends. I went to Sweden and worked with those ace-of-base-loving cats over at Avalanche, even though they seemed to have forgotten that or were misquoted. Then, after much travel around the globe, I came back to the U.S. and kicked around in San Francisco for a year, where I got to direct the cinematics on that Tomb Raider game that just came out. This is a little while ago. If you haven't played it, do yourself a favor. Stop reading now and go pick it up now. So after all the great travels and great collaborations and wandering, did I become the master craftsman that I originally set out to become? Well, no, not yet. Oh, that's good. I learned that the master part is a goal best left on the horizon, always appearing attainable but just out of reach. Guy's a pretty good writer. That keeps you hungry and at the top of your game. That and a healthy dose of gut-wrenching fear that you're going to screw it all up. Destroy the thing you're working on and disappoint legions of fans and players around the world. That is important, too. I felt it was time I was ready to come back home. Home to where it all started. Santa Monica Studios. My God. There, I would use my newly honed powers of awesome to create something that will rock the free world. In an instant, I decided to move my family, my wife, who I saw, by the way, who is nothing short of a superhero every day, and our newborn son, Hilo. Named after our favorite character in Battlestar Galactica, as well as our shorthand for the sun god Helios. Nerd family for sure. Down to the sunny Shangri-La that is Santa Monica, California. It's almost over. What am I working on, you ask? Good question. Sadly, I cannot tell you yet. But I can say that it's freaking huge. It's got a war. And it will live up to the standards that I helped establish here at Santa Monica Studios, it's God of War. We're putting together a team as I type this, an Oceans Eleven kind of thing. We are searching the high and love for the best of the best in come up and be on the floor that will eventually become God of War Reboot. Say, So, hey, if you are a freaking rock star, under sleeps up and take risks. Reading this thinking that your current digs are feeling well, a bit small, a bit dull, and in need of some Corey Barlog, excitement. You need to contact me at Santa Monica Studios in Sony Santa Monica. That is all for now, PlayStation Nation. I will sign off with this. Your continued support is the reason I get to make these crazy big games. I thank you from the bottom of my black heart for all the time you play. I will keep working hard to create them if you promise to continue playing them. If you don't, God will kill a puppy. This puppy. And there's this cutest picture you ever saw of a puppy here. And it goes... Corey Barlog. Yeah! He's the shit! Oh my god! I just looked below it, and the first person wrote, Hell yeah! Just like I said. That's awesome. Alright, anyway. That was a little indulgent, but I wanted you to hear it from the horse's mouth.
1: It's a fun way to end it out. Although, Kelsey, did you have any games?
3: I mean, yeah. It's hard to top up, though. <laughs> oh, no, you don't have to top it. You just have to lay down the. I'm gonna, gonna sheepishly say something. Oh, well, my first one's actually a little bit of Because it actually might what is it, it? It's, a little, it's a little bit of a cheat because it actually might be happening, but if okay. it so, but it's um a game that like no one really talks about, and I'm pretty sure I'm one of the few people who loved Bullet Storm. Bullet Storm oh, might be getting a remaster.
2: Do
3: no, I love Bullet Storm? Bullet Storm was one of the is one of the best shooters that I've played. Oh, okay, I'm, it's good. I love that the, game. And for it,
0: it was it was like when 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 uh, uh what's his name uh, uh Douchey B I mean Cliffy B um put out, he was like, I want to make a game with Chair, I think it was also Chair, uh, and I want it to be uh, like, a, a, like a, a score shooter or something, right? Mm-hmm. Like you you, sco- you shoot for score even though it's at FPS. Isn't that something like that?
3: Yeah, you shoot for score uh, depending on how you kill people or shoot people or use the environment. You get different scores to that, you know, for time travel and stuff like that, you can then like go against your friends and be like, well, I got this score. And so it's really fun because then you would like, try to find new ways to do it and It was just, it it opened us up as like, this sounds so serial killer, but the entire playground of new ways to kill people. (laughs) And it was just so much fun. And the whip was really cool. And just, I loved that game. And if it has a remaster and it comes out on Xbox One, I'll be buying it day one. But, um, so that's my first one. That's kind of a cheat. Okay. My my second one, which is definitely going to get a big groan out of Jordan. And it's also a cheat because kind of, I would like it to be in a collection, are the Fable games.
0: (laughs) I don't oh, know. that would be nice.
1: I'll give you more of an yeah, They're so yeah.
0: Except I the first it. one where you plant a tree and it grows up. Ugh. <laughs> There's one. <laughs> but Fable Heroes was such a beautiful
3: game. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't you love those little,
0: those little chibi creeps?
2: <laughs> but right, I,
3: I just have really fond memories of playing Fables. Like, whatever with the story, they were always fun games to play for me. So i love to play them through again. And like I said, it's been long enough. And also, another reason why I like remasters are I get all the achievements again. So, you know, get, get, get sure. those pad that achievement score. is always nice. But, um... So the my second one, a Fables collection would be really cool. And my third one, which is probably never going to happen...
0: Uh, it's God of it, War 2! No, it's just God saying. of
3: War 2! Uh, because it became backwards compatible, so it's finally we talked about it, is Red Dead Redemption. I would love, love a remaster of that game. Oh, yeah. That game... Is so oh, it's one of my favorites. Like, uh, yeah, it's, really oh,
0: I'm great, but, not. But Red Dead 2's coming, man. It's gonna be a prequel. It's gonna be sick.
3: Yeah, no, I know it is. But just, uh, it was just all those fond memories and going getting a playthrough again. I mean, I know it's kind of greedy because I can play through it again. It's it backwards compatible. Stay, just don't play it. No, I know I will. But okay. it was just one of those games that I was just like, oh, I think like like a nice, fresh cut. I mean, it's still a beautiful game. But I, I just I, when we before even it was announced, um. With all the remasters coming out, I was like, Man, I really wish they'd do a red Dead redemption one and then it was announced as backwards catalom I was like, Well, I'm never getting that game. But I just think I don't know, I would love to to play around with it on um upraised and you know, play through all those things once again. But those are my, my three my three remasters I would like to see. Nice. And probably will never get
0: <laughs> very, very nice. Speaking of which, God of War did have a nice collection, didn't it?
3: It did, yeah. it did. That's
0: that's that's what's up. Awesome. Um, well, on, on on that note, let's talk a little bit about the site and a little bit about the future, and then end it up.
1: Yeah. So as always, you can find us many places online. You can find us at more the, than ever
0: before. More
1: than ever before at the joy of game on Twitter. You can find us at uh, the joy of gaming or the joy of geek on Facebook. Both of those should work in finding us. Uh, most importantly, you can find us all at thejoyofgeek.net, which is the relaunched, revamped site for the joy of geek. And uh, it's popping off, let's just be honest.
0: It is popping the F off.
1: So much content, even just in the last week since SDCC, had several reviews, Uh, look at The Killing Joke, the super controversial animated adaptation. Could, Could it
0: possibly be good in some way? You'll have to ask Kevin. Yes, Kevin took a
1: look at that. I took a look at the third se- the phenomenal third season of BoJack Horseman and wrote a review of that one. Oh, nice. Uh, I also had an article out about the top ten runs of the Marvel Now era from 2012 to 2015. Uh, that was an, quite a large undertaking, very big article, but uh, take a look, see what you think on that one. Kelsey, following up on my ga- top five games, since we never got to do the Game of the Year episode, we decided to do uh
2: lists lists right yeah
1: uh, so i had mine a few weeks ago kelsey dropped hers this week with her top five games of 2015 her first article for the site first of many
0: awesome and My, uh, mine, mine will be coming shortly thereafter to, to cap off the trilogy
1: yes and uh, so a lot of great content on the site uh, we've the past couple of weeks we've had like an article a day at least
0: that's, that's crazy. That's, that's how it goes. Uh, we have, a, well, we have four contributors now. Um, you know, uh, and so there's going to be a lot more writing. Where that came from, I have a couple articles I'm working on for this weekend. Um, so there's just a lot of uh, a lot of great stuff there. And I mean, we have more podcasts than ever before. I think it's starting to shape up like we're going to have a podcast a week on the site. That uh, that's the goal. And so it's going to be uh, either joy of geek, excuse me, either joy of comics, joy of film, or joy of TV one week. And then the next weekend, joy of gaming. And then the next weekend, one of those three. And then the next week, joy of gaming. So, joy of gaming fans don't despair. You're still gonna—I know it's been sparse, but you're gonna be getting more content than anybody else come moving forward. Here, it looks like the Skype thing's working out. Hope you guys agree. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. No. As
1: always, you can find me on Twitter at. The or no, that's our main Twitter at Indigomaster. Indigo e N D I G O M A S T E R. You can also find all of my general stuff uh, for TV equals where I write reviews. Uh, website stuff: Jordanalseca.tumblr.com. That's my new website for writing stuff.
0: You can uh, also you can find our main content on the Joy of Geek website. There's a there's a RSS feed with all the podcasts, or you can go to the Joy of uh, For you guys, that'll be second nature. Um, for any other listeners, they may think it's weird that it's still joyofgaming.com, but uh, that is where you can actually get all the podcasts from all the different categories. Sorry, Jordan, go ahead.
1: No, no go ahead. I was just going to say, what about you guys on Twitter?
0: And also just uh, at Rich Lapore. Uh, I got that one locked down, and, and more content is going to be forthcoming. You can find my writing on Joy of Geek. Uh, Kelsey?
3: Uh, you can find me at Nerdy Loki. You can find, as I might like, catch the days for Pokemon Go, uh, I post a lot <laughs> about those. So if you're into Pokemon, definitely give it a follow. But yeah. Uh, hashtag and catch of the day yeah. is that like
0: or, a thing or did you make it up
3: no it ha- no, it is the catch of the day yeah that's a, that's a thing hashtag catch of the day and then you know team mystic might retweet you and that'd be really cool if they did one day
0: <laughs> interesting Okay, oh, <laughs> catch of the day is a team mystic thing period
3: no it's for any team but because I'm team mystic I would you know team mystic senpai noticing me would be really nice but oh, anyways
0: my. oh there's a senpai
3: there, there's the Team Mystic PGO Twitter, so I'm, I am plug them, um, but if you're Team Mystic and you want to hang out with more Team Mystic people, you should definitely check them out.
2: Wait,
0: I don't but, yeah. get it. So how does that work? Like, is it is it a thing? Did, like, people come up with these teams? Or does
3: no, it no, come- there's
1: in-game you pick a team. Yeah,
3: yeah in-game. There's, there's Team Mystic, which is based off of Articuno. There's Team Valor, which is based off of Moltres. And there's Team Instinct, which is based off of Zapdos. So yeah, yes. you, you choose your team, and then whatever team you're on, then you can battle in gyms with the other team members, so you can, like, take gyms from them, or, like, bolster your own gyms, and stuff like that. So it's hey, so... Team like, members,
0: they're... or other teams?
3: Team members.
0: Oh, you mean you have to fight with Team Mystic?
3: Well... well we rep...
1: No, 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 we, you, you you rep Team Mystic. Yeah, we, we rep Team Mystic.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's what I was saying. No, you fight other teams. Okay.
1: Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. Got it. yeah, 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 yeah.
1: Um... Well, awesome. So, the eternal question, what
0: will you be playing, Rich? Oh, man, there's so much stuff. Uh, It's funny you would ask. Uh, I just finally picked up a Monster Hunter game. Oh, wow. I I picked up four, um, four Ultimate, because it's half the price, and because everyone says it's really great. Uh, You played it. You loved it, right? I did. So I'm going to try that one. I may switch to Generations if I can find it used, but buying it new and not knowing if I even like a Monster Hunter game is a big risk. Um but I'm gonna try it. I'm excited. Um, I also am gonna get I got like I said, I got the Witcher Wild Hunt, so I may restrain and just play Dragon Age Inquisition for now, but I may move on to that. Got a bunch of Wii stuff I wanna play Wii U stuff I wanna play. So lots of Nintendo and a little bit of Xbox One. How about you, Jordan?
1: Uh, me, I'm gonna be probably trying to get more into the banner saga. I also uh, probably pick up more of the uh, just cause three. I love that game. Uh, I also downloaded Path of Exile, which is a Diablo-like game on Steam. It's free to play. Uh, it's been going for about three years, and it's, like, chock full of content. Uh, Kotaku had this article, the top ten action RPGs, or isometric action RPGs you should try out, if you like Diablo, basically. That one seemed interesting, uh, so I'm going to give that a try. Maybe try and pull Kelsey in on that. Uh, it has a ridiculously massive skill tree. Like, <laughs> it, it is, it is daunting and terrifying it's like it's like imagine the the sphere grid from final fantasy 10 if it were 10 times bigger it's
0: if, it, crazy. if it was multiplied by the license board by final fantasy 3rd 12
1: <laughs> basically <laughs> yes it's it's insane
0: right
1: but i hope path of exile is fun that's probably those are probably what i'll be playing kelsey
3: well uh shocker i'll be playing more Afterbirth. um <laughs> which is
0: in it's, its own way kind of a re-release remaster sort of
3: yeah. It is, yes, in its own way, it is a re-release remaster from the, you know, original Steam PC, to porting it over to the Xbox, so, yeah, no. Well, no, that's not in. what
0: I mean. I mean, like, from the original, uh, I guess it's just DLC, isn't it? Yeah, no, it's DLC. All right, fine. It's <laughs> DLC. All right, but, uh I'm trying to but, be all thematic with that, but, all right. I uh, know, I'm
3: sorry. <laughs> okay, you gotta keep it
0: real, gotta keep yeah. it real. Keep it a 100.
3: But, uh, 100. to learn more... <laughs> more Afterbirth. I actually would like to get back into Alan Wake. I got that um, for free when I bought Quantum Break. So am going to go back into Alan Wake, dive back into some... Uh, especially because of just watching Stranger Things, I really have that itch to play. it. Now, oh, yeah, so. Ooh, I can see that, yeah.
0: By the way, speaking that- of uh, Jeff Gersman I'm oh, sorry to interrupt. Speaking of Jeff Gerstman, uh he's the guest on the Nintendo Voice Chat this week on IGN, so if you really want to like geek out about Nintendo, Jeff and Gersman, who's like the king and Nintendo stuff and Nintendo Voice Chat. That podcast looks like it's going to be a great episode, and they're talking all about the NX rumor. So that sounds interesting. I'm going to be checking that out shortly. Awesome. Uh, well, on that note, I'm Rich Lepore. Jordan Alseca. Kelsey Lair. And we will see you in two weeks. Bye-bye. Bye.
3: Bye.